warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 299. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good at toss it, good at take Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over, counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftovers. And we'll be uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm a leftover. Jake is not with us this week. He's out watching a wrestling match or something somewhere and uh, watching uh, oiled up men uh, grapple with one another and pin each other and uh, and all that good stuff. So, um yeah, I am not alone though. I am joined once again by uh <laughs> was it like four or five weeks straight. Rebecca Daling, welcome back. <laughs> well, you did book me for the whole month of August, so yeah. we're at the end of August. You're almost done with me. <laughs> I know. I, I'm I like uh, like I'm a I book people like two months out. It's crazy now, Rebecca. I'm like I'm <laughs> and for August people are busy, you know. You gotta you gotta get get those invitations out, you know. August was just coming up, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> And we're also joined, you can hear their giggle back there, we're also joined by, by Melissa Sloter. Uh, how you doing, Melissa? I'm good, how are you guys? Great, great. Yeah, Melissa I'm Sloter so of the, excited. you're excited. You're like, you're like Jesse Spano on fucking Speed Pills. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's here and the feminists are taking over. Uh, it, everybody. I knew, I knew, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I'm out, I'm fucking outnumbered. <laughs> Speaking of feminism, no. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to keep this episode really loose. I I had, I I like to call this episode the Lindsay Lohan episode. We're going to keep it real loose. Um, Feminism. I I knew it. Um, We're going to keep it really loose because I worked a a fuck ton of hours this week uh, and barely had time to do anything, watch anything, but I tried. I tried. So I'm going to give you the best show I possibly can, which probably won't amount to a lot. Man, I hate it when I just made a little bit of a promise there. I don't like I don't like to do that. I like to You know, I take it back. You're going to get a show. How about that? <laughs> best show possible. What the fuck? I hate that shit. 
special. That's, well, I mean, it's not a not high like, bar. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's not like you were like, you're in for a great show this week, everybody, yeah. because then, you know, then that's a big, you know, hey, you're mad writing checks, your body can't cash. So, you know, it's a big promise. I don't think that you can make that promise at the beginning of the episode before you've even recorded anything. I think you know I, what I mean. It's a it's a it's a it's a big task to kind of come through on. I agree. It's like it's like you know uh, calling the home run and being like, "I'm going to hit that home run," but you don't know what if what if the pitcher throws a knuckleball and you can't hit that home run. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Listen to sports ball, Rebecca, over here. <laughs> Baseball is the only sport I really follow. So <laughs> you're busting out knuckleballs and everything else. I know. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, a little slider, maybe a spitball or something. I don't know. You never know. Yeah. You know the spitball. The um, there's lots of there are lots of um, of uh, pitches in baseball. I like uh, baseball, and I am like the other girls. So. Lots of girls like like baseball and sports. There we go. There you go. That public service announcement was made there to you, you by our, <laughs> our number one resident feminist, Rebecca Daly. <laughs> girls like I baseball, I'm, too. I do. I don't know if I'm the number one feminist. I'll take it, though. Thank you. Why, why, are, you, why, why are you beating up on our listeners so early? <laughs> Up. <laughs> like, I, I, it's like it's almost like you were thinking like somebody's out in their car listening to the show like girls don't like baseball oh i guarantee somebody was though somebody <laughs> said it in their head when they were like girls don't like baseball now they're saying the only reason you like baseball is because you had a boyfriend I get you into it and long before any guy was ever in my life. That's what I'll Who just tell you that. Who was the coach of the Yankees in 1982? Oh, jeez, I know. Are you really a fan? Because, <laughs> you know, actually, yeah, I know. I know. Now I have to prove it because I have a vagina and I said I like sports. Now I have to prove it. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, we are off to a fun <laughs> no, start <sorry>. here already. <laughs> 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 uh, but I can promise you equal pay for everybody by the end of this episode. All right. Yay! We fixed the pay <laughs> problem in America, everybody. We did it. We did it. We did we it. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, um, blah, blah, blah. I did, uh, I did, and we talked about this earlier off air, but I did the, uh, Disney Plus deal for three years for the price of two. Uh, if you want to take advantage of this special offer, you can only do so until September second, I believe. I think I think that's when it's uh, ending. You got to sign up as you got to go. What is it? D twenty three dot com, and mm-hmm. then you got to create a you got to sign in, create a username, and then from there they'll send you an email, and then you'll log in to that email, uh, log into your account that you created through that email. You got to do it through that email. And then you click on my account and then view your account and then you'll see a special offer where you can get three years for the price of two. And then I signed up for it. Basically, I'm getting Disney Plus. If you break it down, I believe it's like $3.90 a month. That is a fucking great deal. 
Yeah. And it's you, you, when you sign up, just be aware, like it takes up to 24 hours to get that email from D23. So like, don't worry if you sign up and you create an account and you're like, where's my email? You'll get it like in 24 hours and then it'll have a code which you have to put in like to redeem the offer. So it's only a good for a couple more days. You might as well do it because, I mean, I did it today and it's, I, I mean, why not? And, you know, allegedly, if you share that with a couple of people, <laughs> allegedly, you, the cost per person is pretty low. So, you know, NSA who's listening, I wouldn't really do that. I just threw it out there. I but, would. Yeah, I, would to- I would totally do that. <laughs> I don't give a shit. But you have to say allegedly so you don't get in trouble, right? So, like, allegedly you could share it. Like, I allegedly share my Hulu account with three other people in three different states. Allegedly. Allegedly. But, I'm agreeing not to say allegedly, and I'm just going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. Come after me, Disney. I don't give a shit. I haven't given out my information to anybody anyway, so allegedly I haven't done anything wrong. Allegedly. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any I don't have any fun banter this this week either. None of that you know what I mean? Like eh, I'm gonna bring up something cute and we'll talk about it for a little bit. <laughs> Giggle and shit, you know? Well I, I do have from a listener a Michael Cannon mashup for you. Okay, we'll do the Michael Cannon mashup and then I'm I'm telling you, we gotta put we gotta put these to bed here for a little bit. We gotta let this guy catch up. I mean, we're throwing, I, Rebecca, we're throwing knuckleballs, we're throwing, uh, spitballs, <laughs> we're throwing, we're throwing sliders at this guy, like he's getting bombarded by balls, I and know. He's, he's not <laughs> even getting, yeah, he's not even in a fucking porn, so it's like, I know, you know, and so, <laughs> nothing wrong, well, nothing wrong with getting bombarded by balls, you know, no, what I mean? not at all, if that's what you want, then that's fine, yeah. so, I've had, yeah, I've um, always had this dream of being a bukkake queen. Queen. Did I just say that out loud? Anyway. You sure did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Brian? Dreams are free. If that's your dream, my friend, I hope it comes true for you. I am I am chasing it. I am ch- I I hear it's a good moisturizer, so it's like, yeah, why not? Oh my god. You know, get to ha- get to have fun and get nice skin too on the you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean I just use oil of Olay, but you know, to each their own. So I asked my dermatologist. <laughs> my dermatologist to do it but now i don't i don't have a dermatologist anymore um yeah. <laughs> just, i was like can you just whip it out we can take care of this problem right now like, these blackheads ain't going anywhere the more you yap about me using fucking ox- that oxy bullshit or whatever the hell you're talking about saint eyes blackhead remover just whip it out wow yeah fucking wow. Sp- <laughs> spray me Dr. Stevens. Anyway, um. Should have called Louis C.K. He loves to do that stuff. Oh. <laughs> Feminism! <laughs> Didn't Sarah Silverman come to his defense about that? Uh, I think she did. I mean, whatever. Was she like a participant? Yeah, like he whipped it out and she was laughing. Ah, you're funny. She was like, Hey, listen. I mean, if she thought it was fine, then it was fine. But what you need to do is determine beforehand if it's fine. Like, he just got lucky, I think, that she was like, this is cool and fun and I love it. It's just just a weird thing to consent to to begin with, right? Like, I don't know how you bring that up. I'm 
more weirded out about people like I'm more weirded out that he thought it was fun when they didn't consent to it. Like if you want to consent to it, that's fine. I'm not trying to tell you not to, but like why are you getting off on the fact that they were like, mm, I don't love this, <laughs> but let's yeah. do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a <laughs> it's a fucking weird thing to do <laughs> when it comes okay. down. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Here's the other thing. It's like I think he's in a weird place with stand-up comedy because, like, now he's doing this thing where, like, I don't know if he's been doing it lately, but like, he'll show up to a show unannounced. People will not know he's there, and then yeah, people have not consented to see his jokes. Well, that's the thing. It's so it's at that point. I think I just walk out, right? You know what I mean? Make your statement that way. Just walk out. I don't. Yeah, yeah. there's oh, a, yeah. a lot of people that have stuck around to the end of the show and then like heckled him and and all this other stuff. And it's like I think you can make your biggest point just by walking out. I think that's kind of like a that takes the wind out of his performance. You know what I mean? Seeing people get up and walk. Yeah, out. and like to be honest, he obviously is a stupid person, and so let's not give him too much credit. But like he should have realized that that was like not a cool thing to do is show up unannounced at shows. But also, someone is booking him for these shows. So, like, it, it, somebody made a business decision to have him do that. So, mm-hmm. realistically, like, it's on the venue, yeah. too. He's still I – mean, that's the thing. It's like he's still a comics comic. Like, the comedians still love him. So, it's 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 it, it's a weird thing. He's a comics comic. And a lot of these – a lot of these comedians that have been in the business that have, you know, worked with him in the past still love him, you know? So, uh, it's – it's a weird thing. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think his, I think his career is dead as far as like entertainment, but as far as like showing up and doing stand up, I think that he'll be doing it for probably a lifetime. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh yeah. Well, I oh, mean, yeah. especially now if he, you know, isn't going to be making TV shows any longer. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, everything that I think he was attached to, uh, like, uh, there's even the uh, the female comic that had her own show on FX there for a while. I Better things. It's a great show. But, yeah. yeah, they dropped him as a producer. Exactly, yeah. Let's move on. Whoa, you sa- it sounded like you had something else there. Did you want to talk about anyone oh, else no, pulling I, their penises out? I was going to talk more about how much I love the show Better Things. But, oh, like, that's all. I watched, watch I watched, like, the first, like, maybe five or six episodes, and it's really – she was the mother in Bumblebee. <laughs> She was um, Runkle's wife in Californication. <laughs> I didn't watch Californication. Was that the... Uh, it's the, problematic, the, feminist uh, disclaimer, but I still love it. It's the... <laughs> is that the Showtime, the Showtime David Duchovny show? Yep. Yeah, I never watched it. Yeah. Hey, let's move on into Good Pop, Bad Pop here. How's that sound? Oh, yeah, we're not, well, do, we're not doing iTunes reviews this week either. We'll, we'll get to those. And it's not... We, we had them. We just, I like, me, Jake likes to read them. We, we like to do them together. It's a little, you know what I mean? It's like a little thing we do together. It's like a, you know what I mean? Like a little, a little activity. A little activity we do together. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, can I, can I just throw out the Michael Cannon mashup real quick before we go into Good Pop Bad Pop? Oh, wow. You're trying to do this on me again, huh? Yeah. You told me I should interrupt you again. <laughs> You didn't want me to do it, and you should have just said that. See, that's you a, gave me your consent, sir. Here's to the do thing: that. I totally forgot Are you about withdrawing it. the consent. I won't do it. Here's the thing: I I, to, I totally <laughs> forgot 
about the Michael Cannon mashup because we started talking about balls and we started talking, yeah, we went down a rabbit hole there. And, uh, yeah, bring it up, bring it up. Give it, give the guy more work to do. So, <laughs> this comes from, uh, Joe Vitale from the Vintage Geeks podcast. Um, here's his Michael Cannon mashup. This is us. So it's the NBC show, This Is Us, mashed up with Jordan Peele characters from his movie, Us. So that's your Michael Cannon mashup for this week. This is Us. So is it going to be the characters uh, from Us and then they're evil doppelgangers? I guess. I mean, that was, uh, Joe did not elaborate, but I'm guessing that that's what it'll be. uh, Because that was kind of the premise of the whole movie. So... Uh, yeah, there's your, uh, there's your Michael Cannon mashup. For this I week. was just trying or to give somebody the characters from us when they take over and they have like really like terrible existential dramas happening now. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps one of them dies because his crock pot blew up or whatever. So, cause that's the thing that happened in that show. <laughs> that's the reason I can't buy an Instapot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happened to the show right now, people. <laughs> I just, I really want to, we're talking about crock pots. Next thing, Rebecca's going to be talking about her neti pot and pouring shit down her fucking sinuses. And uh, I don't know. What's Nobody going. wants oh. the sniffles. <laughs> but the neti pot really works. Like, I used it. <laughs> it's like a gravy boat for your nose. It is, though. It is, but like, listen, don't get me wrong. Like, I was really afraid the first time I used it. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And it's the weirdest sensation ever. But boy, does that work. Cleared me right out. It was great. My sinuses never felt better. So check this out. Like, one year, I didn't have anywhere to go for Thanksgiving. And so, like, my buddy invited me over to his house to spend Thanksgiving uh, with uh, his family. And his mom (laughs) brought out this gravy boat. And it was a turkey. And when you poured the gravy, it would come out of the turkey's mouth. And so... (laughs) Every time she would pour gravy, I would make vomiting noises. Oh my god. (laughs) 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 Needless to say, I was never invited back for Thanksgiving. Oh my god. You were vomiting all over American traditions there, Brian. (laughs) Oh yeah, the tradition of where we took someone else's land <laughs> oh yeah yeah no believe me I, I could write a whole essay about the ridiculousness of thanksgiving let's celebrate all right let's jump on it michael cannon mashup this is us with the us people make it happen right. <laughs> <laughs> so, this episode's terrible already and i oh, oh, no, it's, it's so not terrible yeah yeah. This is this is a good it's gonna be a good episode. Yeah. I already know it. Uh you know. It's pretty 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 bad. <laughs> yeah, that was uh Curb your enthusiasm, people. Uh good pop, bad pop, let's move into it. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop. All right, Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we like to rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. 
If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. So let's talk about what we've been watching. I want to, real quick, I've been watching, uh, getting caught up on, uh, Schitt's Creek on Pop Network. Uh, I think the first four or five seasons are Netflix, but I have not been watching it on Netflix. I've been watching it on Pop. Um, I've watched the first four. I started season five. The show is ending after season six. This is the show with uh, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, um, also Dan Levy. Uh, Eugene Levy's son plays David Rose in this show. And oh, uh, Chris Elliott, uh, fucking Chris Elliott is in this show as well. Um, I This is one of the best comedies on TV right now. Uh, I have just – it's – I started watching for Eugene Levy because, like, I'm a big fan of, like, SCTV, him, Catherine O'Hara, you know, SCTV alumni. And I loved them on that show. I loved, of course, I loved Eugene Levy and, like, the American Pie movies and, and you know, and National Lampoons and all this stuff. I, I, I love Eugene Levy. But the big standout star of this show is fucking Dan Levy as David Rose. As David Rose. He is just so funny. Are either of you watching this or have you ever watched it? No, but it's always on like my next comedy I'll watch. Yeah, list, and it got nominated for Emmys this year. Yeah, for finally, the first time. finally, it deserves it. Like this deserves it. It is so fucking hilarious. You, I'm telling you, you're gonna fall in love with David. David is the best character in comedy, like in 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 a comedy series that I've seen in a long time. Like this is the best show that people are not watching. So I mm-hmm. highly recommend this one. It's going to end after season six. Um, I am four episodes into season five, and I'm just going to binge them. But I think because season four I watched week to week, and then I let season five build up. Season six, with it being the final season, I will be watching it week to week on pop. So I will not be able to wait for it to come out on Netflix. This show is just too damn funny. It's too damn good. So everybody watch Shit's Creek. It is about a family that were once very wealthy, now lost all their money and have to live in this podunk town and manage a, uh, a motel uh, called the Rosebud. And uh, it's very funny seeing people go from rags, uh, from riches to rags in this story. And it's it's just really fucking hilarious. Um I'm still watching. I'm four episodes in on BH90210. Rebecca, are you are you caught up? I am one episode behind. Uh, um, uh, let me, me tell you something about BH90210. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think I rated the first episode a high taste it. Um, I, I'm now in I'm, – I'm in full Tupperware now. Like I – here's the thing, right? Like every week I watch it and I'm like – this is so trashy and I fucking love it. Like it is like my guilty pleasure, but I don't feel guilty about it. Trash TV. And I mean that in all the best possible ways. This is like watching dynasty. This is like watching Falcon crest. Like this is like watching all that stuff back in the day. Um, I totally love what they are doing with this show. And it's really breaking my heart because I don't think it's getting the numbers that they, that they need to get a season two. Um, it was the highest week- rated premiere, the uh, summer show. Yes. But then each week the numbers have uh, gone down like by a it. lot. That sucks. Cause That's it is so the problem. good. It is so good. 
I think I really believe that people went into it thinking that they were going to be playing their characters and it was going to be like Beverly Hills 90210, where are they now kind of a thing. And then instead it was like the semi reality show, but it's totally scripted and they are playing their versions of them, of the actual actors trying to reboot 90210. Man, I, I don't know, man. I, I get it if you thought this was something else and you're disappointed, but I, I think it's worth watching. It is so much fun. Do we do it's we so do, ridiculous, but like in a good way. Like <laughs> Do we really want to see fucking Brandon and all them hanging out at the peach pit and all this like do we really want to see that? Like the show I even think like some characters have dreams that they are their characters sometimes and they show them in those situations. Um and, it, and, and in those moments, I'm thinking to myself how stupid it would be to yeah. be watching these characters now, like, you know, late 40s, early 50s, playing the same characters. Like, this is so inventive. They've basically let all of the actors kind of, like, put their thoughts together over the years on where they wanted the show to go and basically just turn their lives and what 90210 has done for them into this show, but then also add like that crazy mystery, like who the fuck is that kid? And like, you know, yes, I am like, I am so excited now because they have like this overarching mystery happening of like this guy that's like stalking them. And I am just like, who is this guy? Who is like, what does he want with them? And he's sending them like creepy dolls. And like, I love that. Like, okay. So like, for example, like Gabrielle Carter is who, who played Andrea and she's of course playing a version of herself here. Um, you know, she's explore her, she's exploring her sexuality and she wants Andrea to explore her sexuality. And I think that that's really, I think that's great because uh, at least in this show, they presented that back in the day, she wanted Andrea to be kind of a queer character or at least be bi-curious or somewhat curious about being with women. And they wouldn't let her do it. They felt like it was too edgy for like what they were doing. And so uh, they're, they're working that into this show. And, you know, you've got Shannon Doherty's come back and. Uh, This is just so good. The Andrea stuff, the the Gabrielle stuff is Mm -hmm. she's she's exploring stuff with fucking Emily Valentine. I know. Oh, my God. When they brought back Emily Valentine. (laughs) Oh, my God. Shut the fuck up. And she looks like she looks like fucking she looks like Brigitte Nielsen back in Rocky Four. Yes. Yes. One hundred. Right. And I just, I don't know. I, I get it. If you thought the show was something else, yeah. I understand because I did too. But like, if you think about it, like just getting, oh, let's imagine what it would be like if Brandon was like 50 years old and running the beach Who that. the fuck cares? Right. No one cared about Nat that he couldn't fucking read. Nobody cared <laughs> about Nat in the peach pit. It, it, the peach pit. That was just like, that was just background shit. Like, this story of how the show affected their lives. I love that Ian Deering like talks about Sharknado. Yeah. And I'm just like, 
yes, please, because, like, this is what this guy has been become known for now, like, being the guy in the Sharknado movies. And I'm just, I don't know, I love this show. I really thought I could go either way, but I am full on top of wearing this show. I think it's so clever and so funny, and I love seeing this cast back together and just being so, like, fourth wall breaking in a way about the show. And I'm... Yeah. Oh man, I just love it. This is so, this is the one of my favorite. Yeah, I, I would say this is my favorite summer show that I've been watching so far. This is so good, and it, it's like a toss up between this and Holy Moly because uh, I love it, Holy Moly. I know they're two completely they're, like but Holy Moly so is just like so turn my brain off and watch something like this is just like I, I don't know. It's addictive. It's so fucking addictive. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh my god, now I'm like wanting a Melrose Place reunion, you know? I mean. Oh my god. I have to say, I was much, I was a much bigger fan of 90210 than I was Melrose Place, uh, but I did watch Melrose Place. Oh, see, I was a huge fan of 90210. Huge fan. And then Melrose Place took over. Oh my god, did Melrose Place take over. Like, Melrose Place was just insane. I loved, mm-hmm. I, I would have to say, I would have to say for like trashy TV, Melrose Place took the fucking cake. Um, well, I, all of those people had like herpes, right? Oh, totally. They all had herpes. Totally. <laughs> and I want to, oh, I finished Mindhunter season two. Everybody, it is fantastic. Uh, Mindhunter season two is just so damn good. It is so good. So if you're, if you're watching it or if you haven't started it, Go back, watch season one, and then watch season two. This is just incredible stuff. Uh, exploration of the serial killer mind. It is just a fascinating fucking show. And you can watch it on Netflix. So let's move into – let's talk about the Righteous Gemstones. This is something that I wanted to talk about last week. We were pressed for time. Couldn't talk about it. But this is the new show uh, on HBO. The Righteous Gemstones follows the world-famous gemstone televangelist family – which has a long tradition of deviance, greed, and charitable work, all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The show is created by Danny McBride. Uh, it stars Danny McBride, John Goodman, Edie Patterson, Adam Devine, uh, Cassidy Freeman. It's got an amazing cast. Oh my God! One of the a guy in the uh, from the Mick joined in the second episode. I don't know his name, but I fucking loved him in the Mick, and now he's on this show, and I would just watch it for him, too. I love him. But the series, it's written by Danny McBride. First episode directed by Danny McBride. And then the second and third episodes um, were directed by director David Gordon Green. And if uh, you remember him, he and McBride both wrote the script for last year's Halloween movie. So, like, these guys are collaborating together Again, on this show, which is 100% Danny McBride, who's had a great relationship with HBO over the years with Eastbound and Down and the Vice Principals and now the Righteous Gemstones. Have you guys both watched? I've, I've watched the first two. I know that the third episode came out yesterday and I haven't seen it yet. I watched, I watched the first all episode. three. Okay. Melissa watched three. Rebecca, what have you watched? The first one. The first one. I've watched the first two. Um, Rebecca, what do you think about the first episode? What do you think about the series? You know, I um, <laughs> it's so funny. I um, 
I love the idea of poking fun at like these mega churches. Um, I'm not going to call anybody out by name. Like you, you all know who the mega preachers are who are on TV and stuff and, and the kind of criticism that they come under for, you know, questionable practices and all that. So I, I love the idea of a show poking fun at that. And, um, I have to say, like, the first episode, I I really, really liked it a lot. I was probably, like, in high-tasted territory. And then the very end of it, the way that it ended, <laughs> put it into Tupperware for me. So I, I am going to Tupperware the first episode. I don't know. I laughed out loud a lot in in, mm-hmm. the, in this first episode. Um, I love the idea of, like, the I love the idea of, like, how – this the the father John Goodman is like uber like conservative and religious and very um very traditional because like his daughter never gets to go like on any of the missions with them she's stuck always behind like being the secretary and the boys get to go off and do all this stuff and I love like the whole like blackmail scandal that's happening and like it, this. He, you can definitely tell that Danny McBride is heavily involved and this is like his style of comedy and I, I like his stuff. So I, for the first episode, I am going to Tupperware it, but for me, it was that last bit that kind of pushed it over the edge. I thought it was a solid first episode though. The jokes were great. I thought the humor was very funny. Um, and I, I really like John. I love seeing John Goodman as like the father of this, of this, this family and, and the, this, preacher that he's playing i I think he's great yeah i i'll go next because i watched two i want to hear what melissa has to say after me um since you've watched all three i am in love with this show i this is an Mm -hmm. absolute tupperware i i think it is incredible um you know i was i was raised in church i i know people that know people that go to mega churches and stuff like that and i've seen some of the leaders of these mega churches fall things come out about like what they're doing and like destroy church and you know like so that's it's not like i'm saying i want this stuff to happen but i think that this is a funny portrayal of this type of stuff and this stuff does happen and i i think that this show is just brilliant this first episode you've got danny mcbride his character as jesse gemstone there's a video that somebody has taken of him you know snorting cocaine and hanging out with topless women and just partying and all this stuff dicks out dicks out oh yeah, yeah. full show. on <laughs> i was so surprised like the whole like like full like frontal male nudity i was like oh has been bringing it like i know <laughs> this is like euphoria they're just like yeah. feminism um, <laughs> that's a, that's, tonight's episode is brought to you by feminism. Um, but yeah, <laughs> ladies talking about dicks. This is great. Um, <laughs> there has been a lot of cocks. I think, I think Game of Thrones kind of like opened up the door for it, right? Well, yeah, cause Game of Thrones got like Game of Thrones did dicks to begin with but then they got so much shit for how much female nudity they had that they were like fine you know what we're gonna put all of the like weird gross like dicks in it and basically game of thrones was like oh all the fans were like we didn't mean that like we didn't didn't want them that way (laughs) like (laughs) 
it became Game of Bones after a while. It was like, Jesus Christ. Um, so, speaking of, Je- speaking, of Jesus, speaking of Jesus Christ, Righteous Gemstones, this show, I, I, I am in love with this show. There's, uh, I feel like after each episode, there's like a bigger twist, a bigger shocking moment. There's a guy at work, me and him, like, I, I told him, I said, I told him about this show. He watches it. Then he texts me. He's like, I love it. Like, so like, like we text each other. He's like, did you see the newest episode? Like, this is like, <laughs> this is like our little work chat show that we talk about. Um, and then there's this mystery surrounding, you know, uh, Danny McBride's son, Gideon, uh, who's been kind of like, uh, uh, you know, um, I know Melissa, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I know. Because it's exciting. Played by time out. Time in. Hey, uh, we're, back i i if you hear like a little jump there actually i'm gonna i'm gonna insert the zach morris time time out time in thing there because i we just gave away a major spoiler for the show in my (laughs) in my opinion we got caught up and we gave away a major spoiler for the show and i would feel terrible if we were the show that spoiled that for you so i don't want to take that away from you i'm a nice guy melissa didn't care Melissa didn't uh, give a stop fuck. Stop it. You didn't. It. You were trying to, you were trying to be like, no, they, I figured it out. They should figure it out too. I didn't say I figured it out. I said I looked on IMDb. So also PSA, don't look on IMDb about yeah, the characters. That's the thing. It's like, I don't think most people fucking use fucking IMDb as a compendium to watch television. All right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Fine. <laughs> All right. I'm the weirdo. Okay. Okay. Sleuthy. <laughs> Sleuthy McGee over there. Fucking Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew looking up shit. <laughs> if you don't watch it, you have to be open. What are you doing? Yeah. Melissa the Lion. <laughs> What's Mel- the point? Melissa the Lion. Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're not watching TV with IMD, you're not watching TV. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> I'm just letting you know that I'm the one that's sparing you the spoiler. Melissa would have just given it to you. She would have just. She doesn't care. <laughs> you guys take me too seriously. It's a fucking joke. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not throwing you under the bus, Melissa. It's a goddamn joke. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so, what'd you think about the show, Melissa? I want to make a joke about being run over by a vehicle, but now I'm afraid to <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> not again. <laughs> We're not doing this again. Guys, you, uh, okay. Uh, that's, no, I, that was okay, funny. I'm, that was funny. I'm good. That was I'm, funny. I'm going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Without spoiling anything else, what have you thought of the show? Okay. I watched three episodes of this show, which is interesting to me because, well, for one, HBO was very nice to us. And they said, you know, Labor Day's Monday. People want to drink on Sunday night. We're going to drop all of our shows early. So anything you watch on HBO on Sunday nights, you can watch. Well, you could watch yesterday or today, Saturday. Anyway, um, so I wasn't even going to I heard about the show. I wasn't even going to check it out at all but then i heard you on pcl last week saying that you were going to talk about it this week so i was like oh, okay well i'm gonna be there i'll watch it and i love the first episode mm. i was so surprised by this because i don't typically enjoy danny mcbride like i never could get into eastbound and down oh. i oh. turn pineapple express off when it 
you know, when he joins the the cast. Um, but this feels like the perfect project for him. Like it feels this feels like his niche and like maybe it's also a little bit me and like who I am now like versus who I was when he's found in town was on um I think it helps me that like he's not a he's not supposed to be a likable character like all of the people in the show are dickheads and like you know none of them are supposed to be lovable so I think that's helpful to me um actor Skylar Gassando from Santa Clarita Diet and Booksmart is in this show. He is amazing. I love him. And that's all I'm going to say about it. He was amazing in Santa Clarita Diet and he continues to be amazing in this show. Um, It's interesting. The first episode is an hour, but the subsequent episodes are only 30 minutes. Oh, really? I didn't even realize that. It's a 30-minute comedy with an hour-long pilot. I didn't even fucking realize that. They're uneven. Like, I think the second episode's like 33 minutes, and the third episode's like 36, maybe? Like, it's not... So it feels like, the to me, at least, this is like the first time HBO has even... uh, I guess Game of Thrones kind of did it, but HBO doesn't typically play with runtime in that way. So, I mean, like you said, Danny McBride has a relationship with them, so maybe he's getting, like, extra leeway to do whatever he wants. Um... And it's funny that you were talking about how much you loved the end of the first episode because I like the second and third episodes even more than the yeah. first episode. Really? Second. Yeah, so, so I think yeah. I think 30 minutes works better for this. Yeah, you uh, know, I, I, I thought, like, for a pilot, I thought, like, the runtime was was good for a pilot because they're setting up all the characters, they're giving mm-hmm. you background, they're they're setting up the mystery and all that stuff, like... I thought that the that that the runtime was perfect, and then I did see that the second episode was like thirty whatever minutes, and I was like, oh, okay, cool, because I think every week an hour long might be too much. Oh no, so, give me an hour. I love it. Really? Yes. I I, I think the thirty. I'm I'm interested now to watch the next two to see how I feel. Like if I'm like, oh, I want more, or if I feel like like that's the right time. But um this show is just that good to me. I would I would take an hour of it. I absolutely love it. I Walton fucking Goggins is in this show. What? Walton Goggins is in this show? Yes. He's doing that new CBS show. Are you sure he's in this show? Yes. In he the... rolls up in the third episode. Like he has always belonged in this show. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, spoiler queen. Let's stop. Let's That's stop. not a spoiler. <laughs> Oh my god, he sure is in this show. Get off IMDb! Have I not determined? I I will put IMDb if I want Oh my god. From now, from from this point going forward, any show that you ever bring up on this, I don't want you to look up at IMDb ever again. (laughs) Stay the fuck away from IMDb. (laughs) Okay. The internet movie spoiler database is more like it. No, Walton Goggins did Vice Principals with Danny McBride, so it's cool that, like, this is, it's cool that he's collaborating with people like David Gordon Green, who, you know, they worked on Halloween together, and, you know, now here, wasn't Danny McBride, Danny, oh my god, Danny McBride, wasn't he gonna be in that, oh god, I'm losing my, he was in that fucking shitty alien movie. (laughs) 
Uh, the the last alien was it Covenant? Oh, I didn't see that one. Not Prometheus. It was Covenant. Yeah, yeah, it was Covenant. I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, Danny McBride, he was supposed to be in that new Alien movie. I was thinking it was the uh, uh, Neil Blomkamp film, and then I realized, no, he's already been in an Alien movie. It was Covenant, and it was garbage. So that's that's how much of an impression that movie made on me. I totally forgot. Yeah, totally. Everybody, watch The Righteous Gemstones. Uh, it is fantastic. It's on HBO. Um, I am going to pass it off. I know Rebecca has a lot of stuff to talk about. So why don't you go ahead and knock out a couple of things? Yeah, I got a couple of things that are going to be really quick. Um, season three of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power um, dropped on Netflix a couple weeks ago. Um, I blazed through it in a day because they're only about 30 or less than 30 minutes. Um, this show continues to be a Tupperware. Um, this is, for anyone that's not aware, this is the reboot of She-Ra. Uh, the She-Ra cartoon from when you and I were kids, Brian, like that came out right around He-Man and it mm-hmm. was it doesn't hold up it's terrible like if you watch it now in 2019 the original she-ra it's shit i tried it's garbage yeah i have two like and the original he-man is shit like it's not great like it's just with the same storylines over and over they've rebooted it and this is now she-ra and the princesses of power so this is a show um it is all three seasons are available on netflix it's about 10 episodes uh, per season and each one is only it's under 30 minutes and it's uh it is it is animated of course um and in this version i mean this is a aside from just one or two male characters this is a completely female-centric show this you know, is the op- just- so it's the opposite of what like hbo's doing with like all the dicks in the episodes. Yes. yes. And, <laughs> exactly. Zero, so um, there's there's no full frontal male nudity in She-Ra, Princesses of Power, I'm guessing. You know, there is not. Um, uh, I'm kind of glad about that because this, is, this show is geared toward, towards young adult children, not or young adult people, I should say. Um, th- this really – and wh- one of the things I love about this is that She-Ra's costume has been updated you know, when you look at the original She-Ra cartoon, she's wearing high heel boots. She's wearing a bustier. She's wearing, I mean, she's very sexualized. And in this, she's meant to be a teenager. And so when she transforms into She-Ra, she's got like a cape. She's got like shorts under her skirt. Like her, she's appropriately dressed. Full for on, full age. on chastity belt, right? Well, well, she's a she's she's meant to be a teenager, so I mean, I, I'm not a full on chastity belt, but she's not, you know, she's she's not an adult, like so she doesn't dress like an adult, and um, it's just something that I really appreciate about this show. And she's got like all of these other princesses who are on this planet who are part of her like her group of warriors that they all fight together against the horde. Um, they have not introduced He-Man. I don't think they ever intend to introduce He-Man. I think they're keeping this completely She-Ra based. Her origin is not tied into He-Man, at least up until now. You know, in the original, she was He-Man's well, twin sister, right? Isn't Kevin Smith doing the He-Man Masters of the Universe? He is, yes. Yeah, I think Ke- it'll keep it separate. 
I think they will. And I'm actually really glad about that just for the way that they've set this up. They have set, and they've set up in season one, you learn that she's not the first She-Ra, that She-Ra is like a mantle that like people are given through the, through the sword of power. So it's like, it's like giving, being given the mantle of Batman or Captain America. Like you take on the mantle, but doesn't mean that you're the same. You, you get your powers from, from the sword. So, um, this show continues to be a Tupperware. It's absolutely amazing. The voiceover work is great. The animation is great. This is about friendship and female friendship, which you don't often see a lot of in shows, and how these girls, these young girls are banding together and they're using their powers together to fight uh, an, the evil horde. And it really delves into complex, surprisingly complex relationships between young girls and women and it's not a thing that you see a lot of in media today so i highly recommend this show to everybody really but especially if you have young girls if you have teenage daughters if this this show is very g-rated like there's no cursing and there's there's like it's like cartoon um violence you know so it's it's like it's nobody dies, everybody's fine at the end, you know that kind of thing. So I, I highly recommend this. Um, I, I watched season three like in one day. Does she so, do, does she do that thing at the end of the episodes like He Man did, where he'd tell you like a like a, a, a tip to like keep a PSA? No, like they don't do that. tip to keep you safe. Like uh, don't uh, don't take candy from strangers; it might have poison in it. You'll die. <laughs> No, they don't do those 1980s PSAs that they did at the end of like He-Man and G.I. Joe and all that. uh, They show Cringer, who's, uh, (laughs) who ate, who ate some poison. He's, he's like (laughs) puking up like a big old furball in the background, you know? (laughs) No, unfortunately. Um, I, no, they don't do that in this show. But, uh, I, I don't know. I highly recommend She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. It's it's on Netflix. You can watch all three seasons right now. They're pumping these seasons out like in a short amount of time, which is really great because you don't have to wait too long in between seasons. And it's a it's an overarching story. So like the story carries over from season to season. So you're I, which I love like it's it's really good storytelling. And uh, I believe Gina Davis is in this latest episode, th- this latest um season she she plays the character as well so yeah that's true i saw that she was cast yeah i highly 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 i can't praise the show enough i think it's just great she ran the princesses of power it's on netflix just watch it like right, what are you what are you a 40 year old man you think you think uh, i could get something out of this rebecca you think i think you could actually really? yes Really? Because it's it's stories of friendship and working together i think it's very sweet and wholesome like don't get me wrong, right? Do I love do I love watching hyper violent shit? Of course I do. But then I love turning this stuff on and watching something really wholesome, yeah. like a bunch of girls working but, together to defeat the evil. Well, hold horde. on, but, but you you really don't like baseball, right? I mean, I'm, I'm kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's, that is a joke. Um, <laughs> no, what? I, listen, here's the thing. I watched every season of Girl Meets World on Disney Channel. So, I know you did. <laughs> so yeah, I think I could probably get into fucking She-Ra. So you know, I think I think you 
should give it a shot. I I think this is this is something for everybody here. And I I'm not just saying that. Like I really do mean that. Like the stories of like learning about who you are and having your past hidden from you by people who think they're doing the right thing to protect you and like having friends but then losing those friends because you make a choice to do what you think is right. And your friends don't agree with you. I think those are universal topics that every person can relate to, this is, man or woman. This is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like somebody's going to watch this show. After after listening to your review, there's going to be some guy that watches this show. And then there's going to be a dinner party. And there's going to be the wives talking. And they're, they're, they're going to be like, Kyle has changed. You guys seem to get along great. What's what's the secret? What happened? He's been watching Shira and the Princesses of Power, and <laughs> and he's he's just a changed man. It's the the messages of friendship and togetherness have just changed him. Rebecca, you've changed a fucking life today. Hey, what you've done. Maybe I have. You can thank me later. I'm just saying, watch it, Princesses right. of Power. I'm just having Shira fun. And the Power. I'm just having fun with it, Rebecca. I know. I know you are. <laughs> All right. What else you got? What else you got? Okay, real quick. I attempted to watch twice now this movie that's available on Hulu, The Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Oh, the Sam Elliott movie. I tried twice to watch this movie, and I could not get through it. Yeah. That's a bummer. I hate to say that because – I watched Roadhouse the other night, and I was like, God damn it, Sam Elliott is a sexy man still. And I was so (laughs) angry that I could – because here's the thing, right? The thing is – the story is told uh, mostly in flashbacks to when he was a younger man. So Sam Elliott is not in it that much, at least in the half that I saw, because I couldn't get through it. Um so, like, it's mostly Aiden Turner who's playing him as a younger man, and he's fine, but I signed up for Sam Elliott and not Aiden Turner. And and don't get me wrong, he's a good-looking guy, he was in The Hobbit, I thought he did a great job in The Hobbit, he's in Poldark, if you watch Poldark, like, he's a good actor, I'm not saying he does a bad job. That's but- all I'm hearing. I know, right? <laughs> but but you, man, I love me some Sam Elliott. You want, the fuck, in it. you want the silver fox. That's what I'm talking about. I want the silver fox. Man. Oh my god, his fucking voice is just like it's like it's like it's like drinking bourbon and uh I don't know. It's it's like yeah, it's like bourbon and mahogany and, and cigarettes. Uh, and and it's, cigarettes and sex. Like and, it's just, Oh god. It's I'm sex. You. It's it's everything. I'm telling you, like, and I want him to, I want him to like rub his mustache on my bare back. (laughs) I want him to use it like it's a comb and I don't even have hair on my back, guys. I'm pretty hairless all over. (laughs) And I, but I just want him to just stroke that goddamn beautiful stash down my back. You know what I mean? Like you ever get one of those massages where it's like the light finger massage and it's going down, you know what I mean? Down your back, you know, and you're just like, ah, it feels good. I want that, but I want it with Sam Elliott's goddamn fucking masculine mustache. <laughs> oh, my God. And if you want to make it a menage a trois and Alex Trebek wants to grow that fucker back out, then we can have Whoa. a party. <laughs> Shit. 
I'm telling you. And then if Magnum PI wants to join in on the action and get my fucking right. feet, we could do this all night. I'm way too turned on. You need to stop. stop I'm right sorry. Now. That's that's three stashes. <laughs> that's a lot of stash. I just want to point out Alex Trebek, guys, is is he in full remission and now he's back? Yes, he's back. Fucking A. Yeah. Fucking awesome. A. Way to fight it, man. Way to fight it, oh, Alex. Incredible. Oh my god. Oh, bless that man. I'm so happy for him that he is he went through his treatment for pancreatic cancer and he's back on Jeopardy. Like that man is a trooper. Well, he, he needs to grow that mustache back out. It just doesn't right. it yeah. just doesn't look right without that mustache. Right? I mean, good look. He's a, he's a good looking guy without, but I, I think honestly, uh, you know, I think what, uh, it, it, uh, you know, it, he just, he just is a more attractive man with that mustache. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I st- I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of facial hair myself on men. I, I like a nice stash of beard. I, I enjoy that. There you I go. I go for like the solo stash. Oh, we see. Guys like Tom, weird action with it. Tom Selleck, though. Tom's. I'm talking about. I'm tired. That's it. He has an epic mustache. Tom Selleck. Burt fucking Reynolds. Yeah, but I I, I think the Selleck mustache is superior to the Reynolds mustache. I hate. You know what? I'm. Hey, it's a close second, though. It's Mm. a close second. I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. You know, this movie, this Bigfoot movie, like, I haven't started it. it I think the title is probably, like, the most interesting thing in, it uh, is. about it. Like, that's the only reason why, that's yeah. the only reason. Like, the title is so playful, right? The man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot, right? So, as the title implies, uh, Sam Elliott's character, his name is Calvin Barr, back in World War II, they're saying that he actually killed Hitler in a secret mission from the United States. Um, it, that Hitler did not die as we all thought that he did, like, by suicide with Ava Braun. So, I mean, that's, that doesn't bother me any, like, a World War II fan fiction, sure, why not? Like, that's, I love Inglorious Bastards, why not? Right? But the thing is that, like, the movie is so poorly paced. This movie is an hour and 38 minutes, and I could not – I got through half of it Mm. after trying twice to watch it, and I just could not get through. It is so boring and, like, just plodding on and on and on, and there's not nearly enough Sam Elliott in this movie, and I'm very disappointed by that. For me, I, I I don't think it's worth it. I tossed the movie, but I mean, it's on Hulu for free. I guess if you want to watch it and see what you think, but I don't know. I don't. I personally don't think it's worth it. I didn't care for it very much, and that that really bums me out because I really wanted to like it. I think that Sam Elliott's mustache. Mm-hmm. In nature, there's an animal called the shark, and it's got like these gills on the side. And if you rub them one way, it's real smooth. But if you rub them the other way, it can actually cut your fingers. And I you think his I think think his sash is like that. You fucking better believe it. I I think it's you know it's it it can it can it can give you pleasure, but it can also strike back if if need be. I think you're right. I do. I I think think like if if he rubs it one way on you. It's like it's like you're in fucking heaven. Like this is oh my god, this is Nirvana. And then the other way, it's like you are screaming in pain because like I guarantee it's very, you don't want to rub that stash the wrong you way. You don't. You you don't want to get on his bad side. 
because that stash is very coarse. I don't know. It's gentle but firm. I, I I really believe that. It's like a it's like a craftmatic mustache. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm so stupid. <laughs> my mom my mom just texted me. Me and my mom have been talking about uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, I've been uh, I've been uh, eating healthier, and I've been eating these uh, cauliflower pizzas. It's the cauliflower pizza. Uh, you, you can get them at uh, your store. It's called cauliflower. It's got the, it's a cauliflower cauliflower crust. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I told my mom we were talking to the phone today. Me and my mom, and she sends me a she sends me a, a text right now that says cauliflower question mark. She's she's like. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> Can't find it on our Walmart's website. Just making sure of spelling. <laughs> yes, oh, that's, that's adorable. That's it, Mom. You can buy it on Amazon. <laughs> uh, we'll talk later, Mom. Sorry. Yeah, this is, I told you it's going to be a loose episode. We might even get some text from my mother on this one. Oh man, exciting! <laughs> you know what this movie reminds me of, Rebecca? It reminds me of all the terribly placed jokes that I've made throughout the episode. It also reminds me. <laughs> it also reminds me of a movie with a catchy, fun title that I couldn't get through: uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, I never even watched that. Yeah, I tried, and yeah, I, just I haven't couldn't get seen that. That came out around the same time, though, in my memory, as Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, oh. which is a stupid fucking concept, too. Oh, that yeah. Is just, that is just heresy against Jane Austen. She made me... Heresy. Well, I, you don't know who I'm referring to. My lit teacher in a college class <laughs> made us read Pride and Prejudice, and the second we were done with it, she made us read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It is literally like someone took the word doc of Pride and Prejudice and added fucking and zombies at the end of like every fucking sentence. It's so stupid. Oh God. I, I'm like a Jane Austen purist. I love, I love her work. I love all, I've seen probably every adaptation of Pride and Prejudice and Persuasion, Emma. I'm reading Austin for the first time oh right now. I read Pride and Prejudice in college. God. I'm reading Sense and Sensibility for I, the first time. It's so fun. <laughs> I love Sense and Sensibility. We have to talk later. I've read all her books like multiple times. So like the idea of Pride and Prejudice, which is my absolute favorite Austin work, and then and zombies. Oh my god, I was so angry that they did that to my favorite story, and it didn't even do well in the theater. Like, it, it got, I don't know what it was on Ron's Man's, but it was like shit, and people didn't even, people who liked the book didn't even like the movie, and I hope they never make it again. Rebecca, it's no Velocipaster. None of these are Velocipaster. Well, listen, that's another bar, my friend. Velocipaster is a whole nother thing. I need to watch that movie again. Oh, so do I. Like, it's so funny. Is- I, I, <laughs> I was seeing people on Twitter posting pictures of themselves holding up the Blu-ray, and I'm jealous that I'm not holding oh, a physical copy. Nice. Man, Seriously. I hope that guy makes more movies. I hope they're just as funny as Velocipaster. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Uh, that's a thing that I just did. We, I saw uh, Ready or Not. Rebecca, you saw this one, too. Mm-hmm. 
Ready yeah. or Not follows a young bride played by Samara Weaving as she joins her new husband, Mark O'Brien, played, oh yeah, her husband's played by Mark O'Brien, rich, eccentric family, uh, in a time-honored tradition that turns into a lethal game with everyone fighting for their survival. Uh, this also stars, uh, Adam Brody, uh, Henry Zerny. Mom, what is going on? You really want this fucking pizza, <laughs> don't you? Jesus Christ. All right. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Fuck off. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dick. Um, it also stars Henry Zerny, Andy McDowell. Haven't seen Andy McDowell in a while. It's nice to see her. Uh, I think they should have gave her more in this. Melanie Scrifano. Uh, Christian Brun is in this, guys. If you're big fans of Donnie from Orphan Black, he is in this. Um, Orphan Black. It's getting a movie, I believe. That was the thing that people were talking about. Coming back, they're getting an Orphan Black movie. Oh, my God. Love Orphan Black. You guys watched Orphan Black? Not yet. I nope. didn't. No. Get on that shit. It is fucking incredible. Uh, anyway. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, ready or not, I this is the movie with the girl uh, getting married and part of the uh, wedding. After the wedding, she has to play a game with the family. And the game is hide and seek. And uh, it's a game of survival. So basically she's running throughout the house as they're trying to kill her. And if she can survive the night, you know, it, it's a whole story. I, uh, it's a comedy slash horror. I'm going to start here. I, people are raving about this movie. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I, I thought it was fine. I, I'm going to give this one a taste it, and I'm definitely in the minority here. I'm hearing everybody rave about this. I think everybody loves the Samara weaving. I thought she was okay. I just feel like she, I, I feel like she could have done, like they could have given her more to do in this movie. They could have given Andy McDowell more to do in this movie. I, I don't think that the kills were as epic as I wanted them to be. I think like some of the best funny kills were some of the stuff that I saw in the trailer, in the red band trailer. I thought this movie is fine. I would give it a taste. It honestly, I think I would have enjoyed this one more on a Sunday afternoon at home watching it on my TV. Um, it just it just seems like I, I don't know. It just felt like it wasn't like a, a theater experience for me. But uh, I'm definitely in the minority on this one, and I'm comparing it to other survival movies that I've seen that I just think are better, like Battle Royale, and you know, even the first Hunger Games. I know, and that sounds terrible. And more so, I'm comparing it to the Belko experiment, which I think is far superior. That that movie was the screenplay was written by James Gunn. Uh, Belko experiment is basically like a survival game, and it's set inside of an office building. So it's basically like office space meets battle royale, and that was a fantastic movie. I just, as far as like one of these survival movies go, I I thought it was very good, but I just didn't think it was great. So, um, Rebecca, what did you think about Ready or Not? So, yeah, I am going to give this one a high taste it. Um, I'm a little bit um, more into it than you are. Um, number one, I thought Samara Weaving was really good in this. I, what I've been seeing a lot online is people saying that, oh, she's like Margot Robbie like, because she looks a lot like Margot Robbie. And I think that that's doing her a lot of disservice. Like, I, I, yeah, she looks like Margot Robbie. I don't deny that, but just to sort of like 
kind of write her off as like, oh, well, she's like, you know, not as good as Margot Robbie because she doesn't look as pretty as her or whatever. I I think that's doing her a disservice. I really liked her in this movie. Um, I liked how... I liked how she always had to think on her feet. I liked how... I want to say something, but I don't want to give away the twist. Not the twist. Um... Oh, thank God. I, thank God Melissa hasn't seen this. She would have. Oh, no. Oh, fuck off. That, like, <laughs> Melissa would have blurted that shit out fucking 10 minutes ago. She would have, she would have okay. spoiled this movie when you were reviewing that Hitler Bigfoot thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, okay, so in, in the beginning of the movie, I formed an opinion about one of the characters, and I said, I don't understand why she doesn't see this. I don't get, is this movie really going to pretend like this guy isn't shitty? And I got, like, angry at the movie because I thought that the movie was going to make it out like this guy wasn't shitty. And then by the end of the movie she realizes that this character is shitty and I was so happy that she did <laughs> and I was like, yes, girl, you saw it, finally. And I was... Yeah, I you, you kind of spoiled it. You didn't need Melissa. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Why am I the bad guy? I'm not spoiling I, I, anything. I I, I'm trying to explain like why I like this so much and it's hard to, like being so vague and... I don't know how else to do it. Um, I, <laughs> everybody's getting upset at me. I'm just um, joking around. Everybody's getting all mad know, at me and shit. <laughs> Feminism. Um, <laughs> what, is, what does that have to do with this? I'm, I'm teasing. Um, I will say I agree with you. They didn't give Annie McDowell enough to do, and they should have given her more. Yeah. Um, I, I had fun with this movie i laughed a lot more than i thought i would but i do think that the trailers give a lot away i think that the trailers show a lot of the best kills in my opinion and so it's like when you go in you're like oh i already saw that in the trailer oh i saw that one in the trailer oh i saw that in the trailer so i i think there is some of that but that i mean that happens in so many movies it's hard like to avoid it i don't know i had fun with this movie yeah. i thought um i thought she did really well i'd like to see her in a whole lot more stuff i'd like to see what else she can do um i i did think um the the actress who played the the aunt as as older she was so fucking hilarious. The old lady with like the short hair who was yeah. like always scowling. I thought she was hilarious. She just would show up and you'd be like, whoa, like she's just right there. Um, here's the oh, thing. Oh man, Let, like that, that, that got me. That was pretty funny. When it goes to the casting, Samara Weaving, she was fine. I honestly, for me, I think a better casting would have been Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day. I, I, hmm. Okay. Have you seen Happy Death Day? No I have. I, I saw the first one. I haven't seen the second one yet, but I've seen the I, first one. I think she's funnier. I, I think she's funnier. And I think, like, she's kind of made herself kind of like the new, in my opinion. And she, I haven't seen her in a lot. And it's like one of those things where I feel like she would have fit better in this role. I, I think she's funnier than Samara Weaving. Like, I, I really haven't seen Samara Weaving in a whole lot, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just think Jessica Roth would have been better. I, me being a Jessica Roth and a Happy Death Day fan, if they would have thrown her in this movie, I would have been a lot more excited. I probably would have liked this movie a little bit more. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. Like, I, I have this. I don't know. I, I enjoyed her in this movie. I really did. Um, she surprised me, I guess, in the sense of, like, I thought she had pretty good comedic timing. I thought uh, the lines that were given to her that were funny, I thought she did really well with them. Um I don't know. I just there's something I really about, liked her. There's something about Jessica Roth, like in the in those movies in Happy Death Day, when she gets beaten up and when she keeps coming back and fighting, the way that it reminds me of like when you're watching at the end of Heathers, when fucking Winona Ryder's like got smoke and you know what I mean after 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 that big fire and she's smoking the cigarette and she's just walking mm-hmm. around looking like a badass. Like they have that scene in this movie where Samara Weaving's ripped up the dress and she's got sneakers on, and I'm just like, I don't know, the, Jessica Roth. I just think that I, I know I'm 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 just sticking to this and I, I I sound terrible. I just I'm I'm a big fan of hers and I think Samara did a fine job. She was not like this is not. I don't think like she's the reason why I'm gonna give this one a taste. It I think overall it's just. I've seen enough of these kind of like survival movies that I think sure. some of them are better, like the Belko experiment. I am just kind of like right now um, saying like, why is Jessica Roth not getting more roles? Because mm. she's fantastic. And I feel like something like this would have been perfect for her. I, I would like to see her in more like horror stuff. And especially now that we've got confirmation that we're not going to get a happy death day three. I just felt like this would have been great to see her in because I am a fan. So Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I like this movie enough. I, I, I'm not telling people not to watch this. I don't know if it's quite necessarily something that I would say go to the theater and see. But like if they drop this one on Netflix and you're bored, definitely watch it. I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. I, I did have a lot of fun with certain parts in this movie, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, we, we all have our favorite actors that we like to see them, you know, do more stuff in. And um, I, I feel like I'm kind of now feeling that way about Samara Weaving. I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff. This is the first role I've seen her in. And um, I don't know. I just I enjoyed it. And I think I mean, certainly, you know, do you have to see it on the big screen? No, this I think would be just as enjoyable if you saw it at home. Um, but I think if you enjoy like a horror comedy run for your life thing, um, I thought this was I thought this was quite enjoyable. And I, 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 I liked it. I had fun with it. Very cool. Um, Melissa, what do you have for Good Pop, Bad Pop? So, do y'all watch Peaky Blinders? No, uh, Peaky Blinders is something that uh, has been on my radar forever because I know it's got Killian Murphy and Tom Hardy and it's... Yeah, and it's by Stephen Knight. Stephen fucking Knight, <laughs> who I fucking love. You know, I think like this this series kind of went under the radar for me. I didn't find out about it until it was three seasons deep. And so, I think that's when I started watching it too. Yeah, so is are they on season five now currently? Yes. So all the seasons are only six episodes. So even though we are going into season five, it's still super easy to catch up on. And technically, um the first four seasons are on Netflix now, but season five won't be on Netflix until Friday, October fourth. But I've seen the first episode. Um Oh, side note, Friday, October 4th is the same day that the next season of Big Mouth comes out on Netflix. Oh, it's going to be a big yes. for me. <laughs> hey, Rebecca, would you ever call me a Big Mouth? Would I ever call you a Big Mouth? Yeah. Am I big? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think you are sometimes. 
<laughs> yeah, your honesty is appreciated. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, go ahead uh, there, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i've seen the first episode of peaky blinder season five um since neither of you watch it i'll tell you a little bit about it um i'm sure you'll about- spoil the shit out of it won't you i'm not <laughs> oh brian you're back on that again oh, okay. uh, i'm actually looking at my nose to make sure there's no <laughs> i'm now self-conscious um it's a show about the Shelby family. Um, they basically run like they're like a gang or mob, a crime syndicate um, called the Peaky Blinders. Uh, the show, as I have mentioned, is created by Stephen Knight, who <laughs> wrote and created our beloved Taboo. And he um, fucking did last year's movie. Uh, or was it the Serenity? The Serenity. Ma- the Matthew that McConaughey. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. What a fucking movie, right? Yes, what a fucking movie. That thing is so... <laughs> Bat shit crazy. So weird. I love it. Bat shit. Um, yeah, and it's like, bat shit I use a lot. It's like not even enough to describe serenity. No, no. You're like, you're serenity. you don't know what you're watching at first. You don't know. You don't know what you're watching when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I think it's on Hulu. Oh, God. guys, watch Serenity. Just watch it. <laughs> Just stick with it. Matthew McConaughey hanging out in the. Is it, what are they, are they in the Florida Keys? Yeah, he's like a, a tuna fisherman. Yeah. Oh, Jaiman Hansu's in it. Jaiman Hansu's in it. Fucking uh, Korath from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Anne Hathaway. Oh, my God. I know. What's her name? What's her name? The older lady, Diane Lane. Oh my god, Diane Lane. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god, Diane Lane. What a beauty. Sorry, go ahead. Um. Yeah. I mean, Diane Lane. I'm sorry. Diane Lane. She's. I love Diane Lane. I think she's fantastic. Um. Okay. Piggy Blinders. Season. Five. Okay. So. This. Okay, so season four was, like, has a thing happen that changes the landscape of the show. So it makes season, and season five is the only time I've ever been watching it week to week, um, because I pulled some strings. But, so we've got, you know, every season we've got major moves by Tommy Shelby. He's, like, the the patriarch of this family, um, and he's trying to bring his crime family into a higher position of power and also, as crime families do, not get killed and not go to prison. Um, Tommy Shelby is a character who, uh, so season four starts off and they're dealing with like the aftermath of World War One, and him and his brothers fought in France. So they're struggling with these demons. Um, Even in season five, like, these struggles are still just as real as ever, and they're compounded by all of the events of seasons one through four. His unhappiness with himself, it's always been a driving motivator behind his character and his need to get his family to this better place. Um, Even the first episode of season five, like, takes a moment to put that into sharp relief, so you're like, oh, this is still a fucked up guy. And then it takes time to 
remind the viewer everything that Tommy Shelby has accomplished. And that's, I love when a first, like a first episode of it, this, the last season came out in 2017. So, I rewatched it, but not everybody has that kind of time or like want to do that. So you're like, okay, like it's been a while since I've seen this. Let's check in with these characters. Oh yeah, this is this guy. And it's such a stylized show. Um, it includes like right out of the gate. It's firing on all cylinders. It has everything that I love about Peaky Blinders, sex, drugs, it has anachronistic rock music all the time throughout all of the seasons. So you just see this like gang of 1920s, like badass gangsters just strolling through the streets of Birmingham and you're listening to like today's rock music. Oh my it's God. So fun. It is the best. Rebecca, you know what that um, reminds me of, Rebecca? You there, Rebecca? Did I lose you? You on mute? Where'd Rebecca go? I'm mute. I'm so sorry. There we go. There she's back. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) You know what that reminds me of? What's that? Young Guns. Oh, fuck yeah. Remember Young Guns? Young Guns. It's like that late 1800s. You got fucking uh, Billy the Kid, you know? And uh, I'm trying to think of who who, who the other guy's names were. Well, you got – I'll just give the real name. Kiefer Sutherland. (laughs) Did you? Wa- oh man! But they were playing. They were playing like '80s rock music. Yeah, when they're exactly. riding horses, man. That, it, but it fit somehow. It fucking was awesome. But you know why? Because it was like around. Well, it wasn't around. But like, remember when Bon Jovi released like his? He had like westerny oh, sounding songs. Like, it was in Young Guns too. It was. You're right. It was in Young Guns too, and it really fit. And it was like shot uh, down in a blaze of glory. Blaze of Glory and then Wanted Dead or Alive. Oh God, yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, you know, my, okay. T- here's my here's my two favorite lines from Young Guns. Two right. favorite lines. I'm gonna let you get back to your Peaky Blinders here in a second, Melissa. I apologize. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on a Young Guns kick here. First line is from Young Guns One, I believe. No, no, it's from Young Guns Two. Young Guns Two. Love this one. It's where uh, the the he uh, you got. <laughs> Terrible at telling stories. Uh, <laughs> Billy the Kid is being held captive uh, in a jail. And uh, the, <laughs> let me skip that one. Let me go to the next one. <laughs> I can't tell it well. The next one. Billy the Kid is being uh, cornered. Him and his gang are in a house and they're being cornered by the law. And Billy the Kid looks out the window. This is from Young Guns 1. Looks out the window and he's yelling at like the, 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 uh, sheriff. He's like, hey, is Charlie Murphy out there with you? And he's like, yeah. And Billy the Kid <laughs> puts his pistol out the window, shoots a guy in the head. He goes, hey, Charlie Murphy ain't with you no more. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I gotta rewatch that channel, those two oh, movies. It's so fucking good. I haven't good. seen them in a minute, but I love Young Guns and Young Guns 2. Uh, that, okay, it was a Young Guns 2, and there was a guy who had a shotgun, and he put 11 dimes in, like, a buckshot. And so when he, when you shoot, it, there's, like, 11 dimes. So basically, he Billy the Kid gets a hold of the gun, shoots the guy with his... 11 dime gun, uh, and, and you see all these dimes hit this guy's chest and explode. And he goes, best dollar 10 I ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 
it's really funny. So anyway, uh, Peaky Blinders. Sorry, Melissa. I apologize. Oh no, no, you're all good. Um, what else is there to say? Peaky Blinders is the best. It's one of my very favorite shows. Mm. I have been waiting for this to come back for two fucking years. I mean, Tom Hardy is in here. How, uh, but how also, much? How much is he in it? Is he in it a lot? No, but it is one of the most. I'm gonna go back to the well for this word. It is one of his most batshit characters. Wow. Like, he is doing the most. And his wife is in it as well, but they don't interact, which I just find fun. <laughs> um, but this, the premiere of season five has Anya Taylor Joy in it. Holy shit. So, like, I'm huh. hoping that she is going to play a big character. And also, to talk about Hunger Games briefly again, uh, Sam Kaplan is in this season as a new character. Uh, but the characters are wonderful. The acting is wonderful. This is always, you know, it's fun to watch a character that you like, but you know they're kind of shitty. Like, you want good things for them, but they make it difficult for themselves, but you still love them. It's it's one step forward, two steps back. They're just trying their best, and shit gets fucked up, and it's violent, and they're doing drugs all the time, and we get to just watch this guy try to maneuver his family and manipulate himself out of all of these, like, sketchy-ass situations he finds himself in. Uh, it's a great show, and season five's no different, so right. I think that everybody should watch it. Melissa, I got, six I, episodes a season. Six episodes a season. Got a hard-hitting question for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Me. I haven't watched this show. I'm a huge Tom Hardy fanboy. I love Tom Hardy. Okay. Here's the thing. Should I watch this? What should I watch first? This or Fleabag? Oh, stop. Don't do that. I'm putting, I'm, I'm putting it on you. <laughs> oh. I'm putting it on you. I'm okay, putting it on you. you. I got to know. Personally? No. I'm going to say... Yeah. Okay. Peaky Blinders. First. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Okay. Because Fleabag is like this very, very beautiful thing that I think that you'll get a lot out of, but it's not. It's not as like directly like up your alley. You think? I don't it, think. Oh, yeah, you think it's? Uh, you think I'm? Uh, you think it's too deep for me? You think I'm a shallow no, person? No. No. Yeah? No. Huh? Not at all. Wait, wait, wait. I think that, <laughs> I some... think that you'll have more fun with Peaky Blinders. You got some splainer to do, Lucy. What's? Uh, what's... No, I'm kidding. You think I'll have more fun? You asked me to prioritize. I know. Them. I. I, I do, mean... you, do you want? Do you want to prioritize fun or feelings? You know, I like. Hey, what about I, I picked for you? And I what should have not I have done that. Always said on this show, I want. I want to watch something that makes me feel something. I've said that on many an episode. Yeah. So, if you want to feel like becoming a Birmingham 1920s gangster, like that would be the best life. Watch Peaky Blinders. All right. If you want to feel. Potentially an existential crisis, like I did. <laughs> watch Fleabag. Oh shit! I'll watch BoJack Horseman if I want to. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> if, know. if I want to feel like a shit person. Uh, guys, oh, Fleabag is like in a good way. Good. That's a good cry. Well, I you know that's. I want this to kind of be like my gateway drug into being a Phoebe Waller Bridge fan because, yeah. as much as I loved her, uh, as. Uh, uh, the droid in solo. Mm -hmm. I just, I really feel like, and I love like, I love her writing. Like, you know, I've, uh, that is, yeah. Yeah. I love her writing, is, but I want to, I want see, I want to see her as a person acting too. Right. 
Oh, oh God. She's so good. I She's not a human. I don't know where she came from. Yeah. She is beyond well, anything. She's she's absolutely incredible. Um, it's it's one of those things where I think like, you know, we've got we've got we've got some great people doing some great things and a lot of people getting recognized. I think she needs to be recognized just like Jordan Peele's getting recognized for some of the stuff that he's doing that's amazing in Hollywood. I think Phoebe Waller Bridge, in my opinion, um, as far as like what I'm hearing and like what I've watched and seen her do, she is kind of like the next Carrie Fisher where she can kind of do it all like Carrie Fisher was. I want nothing more than her to win every Emmy that Fleabag has been nominated for. I think they deserve every single one of them. Uh, see, I've got to watch Fleabag now. I got to watch Peaky Blinders. Everybody, I'm telling you, there's just not enough time in the day. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish Good Pop, Bad Pop. We're going to keep it loose. We're going to keep it Lindsay Lohan. You know, we're going to keep it loose. Like, I, the, the, this episode is 299. We're having a beach party. Yeah, it's 299. It's the episode before 300. And when I think, if you were to, if you were to look up, you know, like, uh, you know, you ever look up like net worth of like a celebrity? If you ever looked up the net worth for pop culture leftovers, it's probably two ninety nine. So like this episode is appropriate, you know? <laughs> you know, it's free fucking entertainment, people. I know it's not that good, but it's free. You can't be free. You know what I mean? Hey, um, you, you know what, Melissa, the, the last time you were on PCL, I know you talked about Fleabag also. Um, I haven't finished the first season, but I did start Fleabag. Um, so you saw the asshole joke. I, I did, and it is <laughs> brilliant. Um, I, I, I will say this, I'm not through season one yet, but, and, and Fleabag was like kind of always on my radar, but, you guys kind of like just gushing over it and gushing over Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It really pushed me over the edge. I was like, all right, I'm going to start Fleabag. And I did. And, uh, oh my God, it's a great show. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, here's, a, she's amazing. Like that's a, the other beyond. thing. She's I don't understand amazing. how it exists. <laughs> well, here's my, here's my question for you, Melissa. Um, and this is all you really need to say to sell me on Fleabag over Peaky Blinders. Is Brett Gelman in the show? <laughs> yes. It's done. It's, it's, it, I am a Brett, uh, I've talked about it being a Tom Hardy fanboy. I am an even more Brett Gelman oh, yeah. fanboy. And you have to watch. And he, he does this thing, like his character gets to this place that is so surprising and like so heartwarming to me that I'm like, Anything is possible for any character if there's good writing and love in a TV show. I don't know how people cannot like a Stranger Things season when you've got Brett Gelman in it. Like, that's all it needs. <laughs> like, Brett Gelman is like that – he's like that spice that everything is missing. Like, I'm eating fish and there's nothing on it. Well, I'll just salt it up a little. That's Brett Gelman. He makes everything taste better. I think the guy is fucking amazing. Let's take a break. <laughs> 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 I am a ridiculous human being. I was, <laughs> I feel sorry that people, you have to listen to me and deal with me. How do you do that? Like I could, I couldn't handle talking to myself. There's no way. Like if, you know, like, like if I could clone myself, you know, like in the Star Wars universe or something and sh you know what I mean? I could clone, my, if I could have a conversation, I would hate myself. I don't know how you guys do it every week. It's unreal. <laughs> Rebecca, how do you do it? Like I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I don't know. I think you're, I think you're funny. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I also feel that same way about myself. So I feel like that 
it is a factor. Oh, I, 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 I catch myself that. in the middle of stories and I'm like, Melissa, how did you get here? I, Why are you like this? <laughs> I feel that way about myself all the time. I tell Brian all the time, when, when people click on the episode and they go, oh, Rebecca's on this, there's got to be a bunch of people who are like, ugh, no. again? I, guess I just don't I, hype. You have no I idea. don't know. I think you're the only person. I, I hate, I don't know why <laughs> anyone listens to anything I say. I think I'm ridiculous I have stupid and silly. <laughs> I have I have turned more people off to this show than, than you can count. <laughs> Then you can count there. I, I am, I am a very, like, if you, if like, if it's your first time listening and you're listening to me and like, you know, if I'm, it's like a high energy episode where I'm being ultra annoying, like you are not coming back. You're done. It's a one and done. It's so funny. Cause I came from like other podcasts of yours. And then when I started listening to PCL, I was like, Oh, this is a whole other dude. Yeah. Like, I yeah. had you don't even scratch the surface uh-uh. <laughs> like when you cover other shit. When I yeah, when I like when I so, okay, here's the thing. Like when I go on somebody else's show, I try to be respectful. Sometimes that always doesn't happen. But when I do like a recap show, I try to keep it a little bit more professional, but here, it, this is like my fucking living room. Like I can right. kick my That's shoes off. Be. That's what makes this show so good. If I want to raise an ass cheek and fart, I'll fucking do it and I'll do it on this show. <laughs> Right? Like, that's what this show's all about, right? It's about me making a brown stain on the couch, all right? And there's nothing anybody else can do about it. That's what this I mean, it's your couch, right? PC, yes, this is the fucking dive bar of podcasting. This is where that shit gets done, so. And uh, I only drink in dive bars, so like, this all makes sense. That works. I love dive bars. And the only reason that Rebecca ever went to a sports bar is because she went with her boyfriend. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I only like sports because I'm a boy. I'm just like all the other girls. I'm a secret boy. That's why. (laughs) I'm telling you, I, I know nothing about cars or tools or anything like that. I, here's the God's honest truth. I, uh, I went to, I went to like a hardware store and there was a woman working there. And I had full faith that she knew what she was talking about. I was not Hell like, yeah. I, and uh, she got me everything that I need. I needed to buy a few tools. And so it, it was not like a thing of like, I, I felt like to me, it was like, she works here. She knows. And if she doesn't know, she's going to find out from somebody that does know. She knew everything. She She got me the tools that I needed, the tools that I needed for this job that I needed to do. And I felt totally confident working with her it was never a moment of like oh my god when's she gonna get the guy with the swinging dick that knows about tools it was like i don't know <laughs> shit she works here she's the fucking professional if a fucking woman came if a plumber if a woman plumber came to my fucking house number one that's how a lot of porno start and that's awesome <laughs> number number two she's fucking a plumber she's got she's certified i'm totally gonna trust her to fucking work on my pipes here that sounds sexy guys we are gonna let's take this break let's take the feminism let's take this hey, break we're still recording. totally recording <laughs> totally recording <laughs> let's take it <laughs> rebecca had no idea that's how this out i thought we were on break Re- I know, I know, I know. You can't trust me. You can't. I'm, I'm slick. I'm sly like that and shit. Let's take, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
right, we are back. You know, I was recently talking to somebody. That's the thing that I do, talk to people. I was talking to somebody, and they said that the best episodes of PCL are the Brian Jake episodes. The Bri- This is, guys, this is not a Brian Jake episode. We got our work no. cut out for us. And, th- and that's a knock on me, too. It's like the episodes where it's just me and then some guests. Guys, we gotta, we gotta pick up our game a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, yeah nobody some- can replace Jake's energy. So we're just out here floundering without him. So you're already, you're already waving in the white flag of surrender. <laughs> huh? You're already, you're fucking, you're fucking Mickey. You're my corner man. You're throwing in the towel. Rocky, <laughs> Rocky can't beat Apollo Creed. Rocky, you're throwing in the fucking towel already. What the fuck? I know it was, it was it was nice of you to pay Jake such a nice wonderful compliment, but on the other fact, you're, you're conceding to what this person is saying and saying, "Yeah, you're not going to get the episode that you're used to—a classic Brian and Jake <laughs> episode that you're going to love." You're just saying, "Yeah, we're, we're whatever," you know. <laughs> and nothing, and nothing. It's just, it's one hundred one hundred percent agreement. Well, I'm okay. You don't have Jake, but you do have two feminists instead. Okay, and so now there's that. I just I, I heard everyone subs- unsubscribe. Just, Thank you. Oh, forget this. <laughs> Click it off. I just heard the sound of like I, I, I heard like a thousand dicks like hit the unsubscribe button right now. <laughs> Guys are literally taking their penises and hitting the unsubscribe button with their penises, like Game of Thrones style. Like that's happening right now. I've never tried. I've got to try that. I wonder if my fucking iPhone would react to my penis like a finger. I bet it would, but then you would have like, you know what? I don't want to say that. I am going to try to text with my dick one time. Oh my God. But like, isn't it just going to be gibberish? I'm going to need to do that. Hold on. I was, I, I was texting with my mom a moment ago about those pizzas. I'm going to send her the eggplant emoji with my penis. Hold on. I'm kidding. (laughs) 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 Lines lines have been crossed tonight. (laughs) Hey, 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 mom. Look, no hands. Um, uh, uh. Guys, I watched a new Showtime show. I am ashamed. I watched a new Showtime show called On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Uh, this, uh, is, uh, it's a new show that's led by, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Um, and, uh, it's set in a small Orlando adjacent town in 1992. This dark comedy series stars Kirsten Dunst as Crystal Stubbs a minimum wage water park employee who lies, schemes, and cons her way up the ranks of Founders American Merchandise, FAM, the cultish flag-waving multi-billion dollar pyramid scheme that drove her family to ruin in the first place. Determined to make a better life for herself, Crystal dives deep into FAM until her business begins to affect those closest to her. This uh, is something that... I, I saw that Showtime uh, had put out a little bit early, a, a week on their app, 
And I actually waited until it was released on Showtime. Uh, I don't know why I didn't watch it sooner because this show is absolutely fantastic. We talked about the righteous gemstones earlier and, uh, how, you know, these people are kind of like worshiped, uh, you know, these, uh, uh, televangelists are worshiped. This, this is, this pyramid scheme, it reminds me of like Amway, you know, like these pyramid schemes where you have people under you that are doing all the work for you and you just collect a check. And, and, um, this, this show stars her, Alexander Skarsgård plays her husband in this. It's got Mel Rodriguez, who I love from The Last Man on Earth, and he, he was also in the reboot of Overboard, and he was great in that fucking movie. I thought he was fantastic. Um, Ted Levine is in this, Beth Ditto. This show, I'm telling you, if you have a Showtime subscription, this is definitely worth the watch. I love the fact that it's set in 1992. Um, when you meet her, she's kind of like the the woman, she was the girl that dated the high school football star she was kind of like the you know prom queen slash pageant queen and thought she was gonna you know marry the guy that's gonna get her out of this town well basically he peaked football and high school were it for this guy and here he is involved with this uh amway slash you know this pyramid scheme company and doing all this work busting his ass doing all these, he's working a real job on the side, trying to support the, you know, his family and his new baby. And this place is trying to get him to quit his job so that he can do this fam full time. He does that. Something happens. And then she is left on her own to try to like survive and make it on her own. This, and they make her, they make her look like she's stupid in these first, in this first episode. Like, they give her these braces so she looks younger and of course she's got like this accent and everything but as you watch the show you realize like it like that's just that's stuff that she's i think she's very smart i think she's very smart and i think that she's very good at reading people and i think um i've only watched the first two episodes i think there's only two episodes out at the moment but there are people that are trying to manipulate her and make money off of her now. And we're going to see her kind of like rise through the ranks of this pyramid scheme. We haven't really gotten there yet, but I am in love with this show. She is just putting on a fucking clinic with her acting mm. in this. She is doing a great job. Like Kirsten Dunst, I think has had kind of a rough career. Um, she's had some great roles. She did Mary Jane. I loved her in interview with the vampire. Um, oh God! Yeah. She's so good in that when she was a young child, and you know, like I've seen her in stuff like Small Soldiers, but like every everything else that she's kind of done, she did a Crow movie back in the day that did not go over well. She's had her ups and downs. This show is definitely an up. This is something I'm really enjoying what Showtime's doing recently. I think Showtime is doing some great things over there. I'm hoping for great things for the Halo show. I hope it can succeed. Um, this is something that everybody needs to be watching. If I'm comparing this to the Righteous Gemstones, it's hard to tell you which one I like more because they're both that fantastic. Wow. They, I'm telling you, you mm. got to get on this one. You've got to get on this one. It is absolutely fantastic. 
Kirsten Dunst has just catapulted herself, in my opinion, to one of the best actors that I've seen this year on a, on a drama series. Um, oh, excuse me, this is a dark comedy. I, this is, guys, watch it. On, I know it's crazy title. On Becoming a God in Central Florida. It's on Showtime. I highly recommend this one. Alexander Skarsgård's great. Mel Rodriguez is fantastic. If you miss Last Man on Earth and you don't want to say goodbye to Mel Rodriguez, he's on this fucking show. Okay. Yeah, that show's gone, but the actor's still working. Thank God. So watch this show. It is 100% a fucking Tupperware and I love it. And I'm, I am going to be watching this week to week. This is like righteous gemstones for me, where I've got to watch it week to week. This is not something that I'm going to let build up. So I am in love with this show. Melissa, have you been watching Carnival Row on Amazon? Yes. How? I watched two episodes. I am also on two episodes. I wanted nice. to, I wanted to knock out half of the season. The season is eight episodes long. Carnival Row is a neo-noir fantasy series created by Renee Echeverria and Travis Beecham. Uh, Travis Beecham, I'm a big fan of him. He's the writer for the first Pacific Rim. I think he's fantastic. He also wrote some Pacific Rim comic books, which I really enjoyed. Uh, it follows, this show follows mythical creatures who have fled their war-torn homeland and gathered in the city as tensions are simmering between citizens and the growing immigrant population. At the center of the drama is the investigation into a string of unsolved murders, which are eating away at whatever uneasy peace still exists. This cast, Orlando Bloom, Cara Delevingne, uh, you've got, uh, Jared Harris from fucking Chernobyl is in this. Yes! The Expanse! <laughs> oh my god. I, I, th- this cast is just incredible. I, I, let me just start off by saying this. I'm two episodes in. Uh, in many ways, this kind of reminded me of what they did with Bright, that movie on Netflix. Uh, which was the Joel Edgerton, um, uh, Will Smith movie where they took, uh, like pixies and fairies and, you know, fucking all these mythical creatures and they put them into a modern day setting. Well, this is taking all these creatures and putting them into a setting, but it's in a world where I don't, I don't, is this earth, Melissa? Because they're trying I, I see, it's like an alternate universe earth, right? Because they, they say one time they're in the seventh century. The seventh <laughs> century, but yet there's like cars, right? Like, right. Yeah. So right. it looks, it looks very like 1910s, 1920s, but it. Yeah. Like I could see the Peaky Blinders in this world. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they're talking, saying it's the seventh century. Um, I'm going to start off with how I'm feeling about this show. First off, I think. Orlando Bloom is made for this role. He's really aged into this role. I don't think this is a role that Orlando Bloom could have played 15 years ago. This is, I no. think yeah, he's he playing needs some, like gristle on him. Yeah, he really has. Like he, he, you know, he was a pretty boy. Legolas was a, I mean, he was made for Legolas. He was perfect for Legolas. I thought like, even though he's playing this uh elf that looks like he's in his 20s like his wisdom really did come across as like a thousand year old you know fucking elf but his looks in other movies he just i don't think that he was ready to play this role yet like he has aged into this role of playing this inspector that's going around trying to solve these murders i think he's putting on a great performance in this show 
I, I'm blown away by this show, the production value of this show. I, the beginning, the beginning of this fuck, the first episode, Melissa, when we're, they, they throw us right into the action with Pixie. Shocked and delighted yes. by the fucking, like, R rating, yes. I guess. Like, I don't yes. know how else to say it. Like, you have bodies in, like, tr- like caught in a barbed wire spider's nest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you have like this one uh, body that's kind of like this one face that ha- part of the cheek has been the flesh has been ripped off the cheek, and so you're mm-hmm. looking at like the in- inner mandible. It's it's very R-rated, very gory, and then you're 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 treated to pixies running through the forest as men with fucking guns are like gunning them down, and they're trying to get away and trying to get onto a boat, trying to sail away, and they're not trying to sail away to freedom. They're just trying to get away from this place because like once mm-hmm. they get on this boat, once this boat's docked, once they get onto the the, the land that man controls, they're going to be in a pretty much a life of servitude, serving men. And also, men hate pixies. Men hate all these different mythical creatures. I believe I fucking saw like a minotaur in this series. You know? Yep. So the, there, there's all types of fae in this yeah, series. Yeah. I love it. I, I two episodes in, I'm hooked. You've got you've got kind of like this Jack the Ripper type mystery of this guy going around and killing pixies. And then also on the flip side, we've got this looming threat of all these creatures from this, you know, fey world have brought with them a darker demon or a darker God. And there's this creature living in the sewers yeah, because the old ways can summon things that would drive a man mad to look upon, which I lost my shit when I heard that line because I have read a, a, several different, like, long-running book series that are about the Fae. And, like, when he they use the word unseely in that first episode and they say it means hateful in that language, um, in other Fae lore, the unseely are a, a, a look down upon like subsection of the like fairy culture. So this show is really doing a lot of work um, implementing other world building into their own. So some, I mean, fey lore is arguably all fiction, but I love when stuff becomes canon through many different properties. Like, vampires can't see themselves in the mirror or can't go into the sunlight. Like it upsets me when you get something like twilight, when it, it breaks that like generally accepted fictional canon. Right. Yeah. You know, and like this show builds upon what is like commonly accepted or like already integrated like fairy canon in a way that was very excited to me as a person who reads (laughs) fae stories. (laughs) that's that's incredible because i yeah twilight pissed off a lot of people and i'm 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 kind of like one of those people where like i love it when you're watching a traditional vampire thing and like you've got all the 
the fucking classic vampire tropes, like the 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 sunlight yeah. sunlight will kill them, you know. Like I, garlic, I'll take it or leave it, right? That's fine, you know. Because some stuff, I I like when they play. I like when tropes get played with, but I don't like when. I don't know what the I don't know what the real word for this, but like generally accepted like fictional canon. I don't like when that gets ignored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they try like to make that's it not thing. as fun for me. That yeah. hurts the brain a little bit. <laughs> what I'm really loving about this show too, and I, I want to get more of your thoughts, and I want to get your rating. But like, what I'm really loving about this show too is the fact that like these people from their home world don't have a home now, so like now they're forced to live amongst men. This show's really has a message talking about immigration also talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. slavery it really has a voice and i and i i think it's it, and then on top of that we've got this whole murder mystery which i think orlando bloom was made to play this character he is he is doing a great job as philo um and i don't want to leave out cara delavine as vignette i think she is great i love how badass her character was at the beginning of this episode, she reminded me of like the Harriet Tubman who's freeing the slaves, you know, at the mm-hmm. beginning of this one. And I really enjoyed that. Real badass. Very cool. I love how the fairies, these pixies, use their wings to fly. Uh, the sex scene? What the f- Fuck, right? I love it. Oh have my you, god. I mentioned this earlier because of Jared Harris, but have you watched any of The Expanse? I have not watched The Expanse, which I know it's the first two seasons were on sci-fi. Now it's the on first, Am- three. The first three are on Amazon, and Amazon is doing the fourth, so it's going to drop as a binge instead of week to week. The, but the no, Expanse is It was a sci-fi series first. It was a yes, sci-fi series first. And they first. canceled it. And they canceled it. Sci-fi could not be trusted. Jeff, check this out. Jeff Bezos, the, you know, the, the CEO of Amazon, mm-hmm. the richest man in the world. He was such a fan of the show The Expanse that he single-handedly rescued and revived the show. Incredible. Say what you want about Jeff Bezos, but he has good taste in sci-fi. Well, if Jeff Bezos brings back Wayne, he'll he'll have even better taste. So I would lose my shit. I would lose. You know, that would be a whole tangent. I think between the three of us. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, as far as like sex scenes go that was an incredible way to show how they use their wings oh yeah there's a sex scene in the expanse where they're in space so there's no gravity oh my god wow that's like a sex swing without the swing (laughs) (laughs) that's for sex people do sex (laughs) people do sex good boys people go out and see it in theaters right now (laughs) um yeah there's sex in the show. There's like, like, this show wait, hold on, hold on. I don't know why I, I thought it wasn't going to be, but I, I got to like, get, Oh, okay. I got to give people the hook on the sex scene. So basically you've got this, you've got this, uh, you got this guy and he's, uh, laying on his back. You've got, so she's on top. She's riding him. Not, we're not doing reverse cowgirl. She, she's facing him. So she's on top. And then the wings as, as they're getting into it, her wings are fluttering. And she's got her legs wrapped under his. Her wings are flooding. She lifts him off the fucking bed. 
He's hovering there, like lies of feather. What is it? Was it? Uh, stiff as a, lies of feather. Stiff, stiff as a board. As a board. <laughs> well, his dick is stiff as a board, and his body's light as a feather because she's <laughs> fucking him in the midair, and like, oh my god, and wings are fluttering and shit. Like, oh my, that's like, you know, like when you rub a dog and his tail starts wagging, like, dude, that's like, like, I think like the wings of her doing that, like so rapidly, like a goddamn hummingbird, it's letting you know that like, maybe you're doing something right. You're hitting that spot. That's pretty incredible. So I, (laughs) that's funny because in my opinion, I was like, oh, she's showing off. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she has, she might be, she might be like in my mind, it wasn't like, oh, he's doing a good job. She might be faking it. That's like it's her, really funny. <laughs> she, that's a, it's her job too, which is like that's another thing. You've got uh Pixie another thing to unpack, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a there's pixie brothels. Like that's the thing. You've got in order to survive, some of these people, um, some of these creatures now and I I even feel weird calling them creatures, but that's they're mythical creatures. But um they have to take on jobs that, you know, that nobody else wants. And so you have, you have brothels and stuff like that. Um, I mean, this is an immigrant story. This is the same as any immigrant story you've seen. They just happen to be otherworldly. Exactly. I, hold on. My, my rating for the first two episodes, absolute Tupperware. This, I am in love with this show. The production value is absolutely incredible. The acting is phenomenal. You've got Jared Harris. God, I love that guy. Chernobyl, like, that guy was incredible. I was, I was fucking smiling so hard when I saw that this guy was in this show. Orlando Bloom is killing it in this. Cara Delevingne is fantastic as vignette. Um, the corset, the, the corset, when they were, yeah. they, they make the pixies where they make the pixie maids. When, when, when you take on a pixie and she's your maid or, or your house servant or whatever you want to call her. They make them wear corsets that wrap their wings behind them. And they, there's a speech by, by, by one of the pixies and she's saying, you know why they make us do that? And she was saying basically that it was the fact that they, they don't want us to be able to fly. They don't want us to be able to get away. They don't want us, they can't do it. And they don't, you know, they, they want us to be like them. And, and if we fall, they want us to die. And I was just yeah, like, because if you bec- if you if you gain power by oppressing people, you can't let them have any advantage over you, right. even if that advantage is like a God given thing, like having fucking wings. There's so much interesting to unpack especially with the immigration plotline. And that's not even getting into the fact that this show is mystery. Yeah. Like, yeah. You've got like this whole Jack the Ripper type mystery, which, you know, you think that it gets solved early on in the show. And, um, I thought that this was going to be like, um, like case of the week on top of mm. like an overarching mystery. It doesn't seem like it's going to be that way specifically, but I didn't think that, I love this show. I am in love. Melissa, what are you thinking? Like, I got to know. So I have a little bit of a lower rating. I'm going to give it a high taste it for these first two episodes. But I think that now that I've, because I watched them uh, basically in one sitting, I watched them both today. Um, I think now that I 
I'm going to readjust my expectations a little bit, and it's going to be a Tupperware from here on out. So what I think I needed to understand about this show, and, like, this is just what happens when you're really looking forward to something. Like, you think it's going to be one thing, and if it's different, you're like, oh, I'm disappointed. But, like, why? They didn't tell me it was going to be, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I was expecting this show to be... Uh, more character driven the way that Game of Thrones is so or the way that like the Expanse is or Black Sails like I don't know if you've watched any of these shows but like you know early Game of Thrones was the like the prestigiest of prestige like character driven drama and like that's kind of what I expected of the show but that's on me it's not on the show at the the end of episode 2 there's still a lot that we don't know about Orlando Bloom's character that's right but the thing is is like his backstory is being used as a plot point and that's totally fine it's just not what I expected like I expected to go in and have a strong I expected to go in and have my understanding of the characters be driving the plot rather than having the plot driving the character reveals. Okay. And See, I, I I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to let you continue. I just thought like with this being like a mystery, yeah. then I feel like even the characters themselves, like we're not, we haven't gotten any flashbacks, Melissa. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I totally and like the first episode seems like a prequel because so much of the relationship development was in the trailer. Like, and like it's just a case of adjusting my expectations. And this show is exactly my shit. And like I'm gonna love it, but like I, um, you know, like right off the bat, like the characters don't seem to be intricately developed. We, you know, we're not like exploring their interior, their motivations. Um, but like I said, like this is a this is a more plot-driven show, which is great. And those character backstory mysteries are pl- part of that plot. So, like, these reveals are going to be amazing. I have no doubt about that. But I just need to uh, understand that what this everything is this mystery. What is you going know? on? Okay, Cara Delevingne's character, Vignette, the woman that she's working for, what's going on with her and that fucking horn dude? That girl is trash. I hate her. I want her plan to fail spectacularly. Oh, I can't like, stand her. I don't know what her plan is because yeah. it's a mystery, but she allegedly has one, but I well, hate her. I think the family. And I'm sure her plan is trash just like she is. I think she's trying to get a hold of this guy's money somehow, right? I mean. I think I, I, I saw a little bit because they give you a little bit of you see where she is also an oppressed person. I hope that this show can navigate that with enough care because it's a little bit difficult for me to see someone with her opinions and like how shitty she is. I don't want to feel sympathy for her. I don't want to support her redemption. Like that's kind yeah, of a hard it, thing for me. So All right, but you've spent how many seasons with the Lannisters, right? I mean I, I know, I know. But like I said, that's a character driven show. Yeah. Yeah. So no. that's what makes me I'm I'm not like I'm still giving a high taste it. I still love the show. I'm gonna watch episodes of it when we are done recording this episode. Yeah. That's yeah. just what's preventing me from calling it a Tupperware right off the bat. Rebecca. Um, but it, I do think No, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. 
I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say that just like just through these first two episodes, like this show is doing a really good job of balancing like instant gratification with the longer running like questions and intrigues. So I love that. Like they're setting up so many things. And like as it goes, you don't know if you're going to figure that out and like get the impact by the end of that episode or if that's going to dangle. Like having so much up in the air like that is really exciting, especially when you know that this project was made to binge. Yeah. Or they have released it like this. Yeah. This is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I'm two episodes in. I'm hooked. I can't wait to finish this. Six more episodes left. Eight episodes. Carnival Row on Amazon Prime. Fantastic. I'm absolutely in love with this show. Rebecca, is this on your radar? Oh, yeah. It's, it's on my radar. It's been on my radar for a while. I just ran out of time to watch, you know, at least one episode of this before we recorded tonight. Yeah, but yeah. it's absolutely like this weekend because of the long weekend. I definitely have plans to catch up on a lot of shows and start new ones that I've been wanting to. So um, I'm loving that you guys are gushing the show because it looked incredible, like in the trailer. <clears throat> excuse me. And I was hoping like, oh, please don't be like an awesome trailer and a shitty show, but it sounds like it's, it's really, really good the way that you guys are describing it. And, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I, I will definitely be watching this show. I know, like time, like that. I couldn't even start the new dark crystal. So I know it's and, just, there's just you know, no time. <laughs> I will, I, you know, it's like, I'm going to knock out carnival row. Then I'll start the dark crystal. And then on episode, it sounds weird. Episode 301. I am soon going to be like, labeling episodes in the 300s that's bizarre wow. to me can you believe okay i'm gonna save it we'll save it for next week i'm gonna pretty soon it's gonna take somebody an entire year to listen to every episode I, of pc i know like if they listen to one episode Ooh. a day right 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 yeah. right yeah well we do have bonus episodes i don't count those right I don't count them. Oh, those, I mean, are in the, the, those aren't numbered the way that your other episodes uh, are? I just know, I just title them bonus episode. <gasps> Interesting. Yeah, so there's more than 300 at this point. I've, uh, here's a fun fact. I have been on every episode of Pop Culture Leftovers except for one. Wow. Yeah, there's one episode I was not on. I, here's another fun fact. I've never listened to that episode. <laughs> 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 I have, to, this, to this day i've never listened to it it's nothing against every you know the the people that were involved in that episode is just it was my headspace at the time that that was going on and i've just let that i've let it go for so long that i've never gone back and listened one of these days i will listen i was do you listen to the episodes that you are on I have listened to, I don't listen to every episode, but there are times when I do. I have gotten to the point now where I feel like I've got, here's, here's things. When it, when you're talking about podcasting, I think there's things that you need to do in order to get better. Number one, you need to listen to podcasts that are better than yours, which I do. I listen to a lot of podcasts with podcasters that are better than I am because I do want to get better at this. I do take it seriously, even though I get drunk on every fucking episode. I do want to take this seriously. I do want to get better. So I do listen to podcasts that are better than mine. And there's a lot of them that are out there. Trust me. Um, and then I also do listen to certain parts of episodes so I can try to, pr I think I need to listen to myself to kind of improve 
You know what I mean? You got to listen to yourself to kind of improve upon like what you can do. So, but oh I, yeah, but it's not. I, I can't. Sit. I used to listen to every episode of Wild Pretty Things when we started it because I was like so hyped that I was on a podcast. Right. I've listened to every episode of PCL that I've been on. Hmm. Uh, did you enjoy them? Were they good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny, though, because when I'm doing it, I'm like, God, I'm such a tool. No. Like, why? I, yeah. I, I, there was a point, like, I think at the beginning, like, when I first started doing this, like, I couldn't listen to my own voice. It would drive me crazy. Like, I hated the sound of my own voice. I'm actually used to the sound of my own voice now. Like, it doesn't bother me. You know what I mean? Like, but at first, like, listening to my recorded voice, like, drove me nuts. So I was like, oh, my God, that's what I sound like. Oh my I know. God. Oh, it's so weird. Oh, my God. That's me. I'll never leave a voicemail again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, whatever. I, like, you, we were talking earlier about how, like, you would listen to, like, you know, like, my other shows. Did you listen to, you listened to the Taboo one, right? I I think that's how I discovered you yeah. as a person. <laughs> yeah, Talking Taboo is my taboo podcast with me and Ashley. Um, I hate to say my taboo. Me, me, me and Ashley co co founders of Talking Taboo. It's something that we did shout together. out Ashley too because I love her. Absolutely. So here's the thing, you know, and like I joined, I joined her on her adventure for Sweet Swat, Sweetwater Saloon, our Westworld podcast. That was not that was. Here's the thing. Sweetwater Saloon, we did a Westworld podcast. Hopefully, we're going to be doing season three. Last time I talked to Ashley, we're still doing season three. But that was something that she – that was her idea. Her idea was to start Sweetwater Saloon, start a Westworld podcast. I just responded to her on Reddit. And um, she had many people reach out to her. She posted something. Hey, does somebody want to do a Westworld podcast with me? And, uh, she had many people reach out to her. I had been wanting to do a recap show, but I didn't, I, I, I didn't know of a show. And then like Westworld was coming out. I was like, Oh my God, if I do it, on, maybe I can do it on Westworld, but who would I get to do it with me? And I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to ask Jake to try to make more time for another podcast. So I saw, I saw her post and she seemed interesting and, and, uh, she had many people reach out to her. You know, you know, the reason why Ashley picked me. She said it was because when I responded to her, I asked her what her plans were for the show and where she wanted to take it. And everyone else came at her with their own ideas on how they should do mm. the show. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I, it was her idea and I wanted to know what her plans and her ideas were for the show and where she wanted to take it. And, and, and I'm telling you, like, I, I couldn't, Ashley, as far as like, I couldn't ask for a better host on a recap show than, than Ashley because she, she puts so much time into her notes. It's unreal how much time she puts into her notes when she did West, when she did the Westworld podcast with me. I, she would watch episodes just like I would watch them twice. She would watch them twice. She'd watch it and then she'd write. She's, she's incredible. So, uh, yeah, but I don't even know what we were fucking talking about. You were, yeah, that's how you found my podcast. I don't even know where I was <laughs> she, I was just gushing about Ashley. She's great. She's fucking amazing. We were amazing. talking about Carnival Row. I do not know how this happened. <laughs> I have no clue. But yeah, Ashley's great. And God, I can't wait for Westworld Season 3. Fucking Jesse Pinkman's going to be on that season. That's crazy. 
Yeah, the fucking the Breaking Bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. I like. Well, I've never watched Breaking Bad, but I. Oh my god. That actor. I jumped on the Breaking Bad after after the after the series had completed, and I binged it in like a period of three weeks, and it was. I'm telling you, it's the most satisfying ending. I have no problem in saying this. It is the most satisfying ending to a series I've ever seen in my entire life. Most satisfying ending I've ever seen to a series of my... Vince Gilligan killed it on that show. Fucking amazing. Rebecca, you watch Breaking Bad? I couldn't get into it. Oh, I, shut I, the I fuck tried. up. And I wish I could I go tried. back to this place where I didn't care about watching shitty people, like, do shitty things and, like, not getting mad about it. Oh, but, like, God, get the fuck out of here. It, I'm like, you are bad. Drugs are bad. Like, don't <laughs> give them to What people. the fuck are you? Are you... <laughs> I feel, I feel like I'm talking to the fucking living incarnation of the I mean, D.A.R.E. program. What the fuck is going on? It's, <laughs> we're not talking about, like, fun, casual drugs. Like, we're talking about meth. <laughs> like, I know. These are unpopular opinions. You're so talking about me. Peaky Blinders. You're talking about Peaky Blinders with gang members. I know. It's not a good opinion. Like, I didn't say this was, like, my I'm just saying, like most reasonable I don't know. pop cultural opinion. I just saw one foot go up and then another foot go up, and then I saw you standing on a fucking soapbox, and I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on right now? Fucking Peaky Blinders gangster bullshit is cool. But I know. A fucking know. fucking chemistry teacher can't fucking make meth and and you can't have it be an enjoyable show because drugs are bad. Listen. Uh, I'm listening. I don't know why I'm like this. I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of people out there that are going to tell you that we you're wrong. We can try to unpack it, but this is not like the Melissa Goes to Therapy podcast, so wow. don't, <laughs> we don't need to. You don't want me as your therapist because you're going to come out. <laughs> you're going to come out even more fucked up on the other side. <laughs> yeah, but if I like Breaking Bad, then who cares? I'm telling you guys, like I watched the first episode of Breaking Bad, and then I did not watch it for like over a year, year and a half. And then I went back and then I watched it and I just kept watching it. And it is a really, really great show and it will get your adrenaline pumping. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm not kidding you. It's going to get your adrenaline pumping and you're like, maybe no, and, keep going. And I'm telling you, Melissa, I know that I think that by the end of it, you will have a love for the character of Jesse Pinkman. And I think I do. I really do. I really do. I think that you'll see his struggles and what he went through as a person. And I think after you finish the seasons, you will be like, oh, my God, can't wait to watch this new Netflix movie. That's good. I know. I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys. Breaking Bad was one of it's the most satisfying ending to a series that I've ever seen. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to start Better Call Saul one of these days because I'm, I'm, I'm not, I haven't started it because like, that's how I watched Breaking Bad is I binged them all once it was completed. Mm -hmm. And I loved that experience so much not being, I watched, when I watched the first episode of, uh, I think that it was shot as a pilot and they were shopping it to different networks because Mm -hmm. in that pilot, like there's. Full on, full frontal nudity. Not full frontal, but you see a woman's tits. And I said tits. 
<laughs> I don't. Is that the first time I've said tits on this show? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, on the show, on this episode, maybe. <laughs> but I think you said it before. I'm quite sure you said titties. Oh, I've, I haven't said on I've show. totally said, I've totally said titties before on this show. You're right. The whole Dan West Wonder Woman thing. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. We were talking about Dan West fucking punching Wonder Woman's titties like it was a fucking speed yeah, bag for boxing. You remember, remember that? In the garage. Yes. Yeah, that was funny. In the garage. In the garage. The garage. Punching Wonder Woman's titties. Say it right. <laughs> Rebecca, what do you got for good pop, bad pop? I'm sorry, you got more. I know you had more. Yeah, I got a couple of things. I'm gonna. There's a couple I'm gonna go through real quick. Um, for those who are, fa- I don't know if either of you guys watched the Great British Baking Show. I've heard nothing but great things about this right, show. Exactly. Okay. So it, it is a show from the UK. Um, there are most of the seasons are available here in the States on Netflix. Um, in Canada, I think I'm not sure you have to like get it on a specific channel. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but here in the States, you can get um, you can get like six seasons worth. There are 10 altogether. The 10th season is airing now. So what Netflix is doing, which I think is absolutely amazing. I I actually binged all the available seasons of this show. I'm obsessed with this show. It is so much fun. So like they start off with like 12 contestants. Some, some years they do 13 and each week they have three challenges to do. It's all about baking. So the first one is called your signature bake and they give them a theme. So each week is a theme, right? One week it's biscuits, one week it's cakes, one week it's bread. Uh, All right. So, okay. I love Rebecca. Why did you have to say biscuits? Biscuits. Well, I mean, okay. Or cookies. No, I call them biscuits, but I I love biscuits. Like, Oh, biscuits are amazing. American biscuits. Oh, y'all want to talk about biscuits and gravy though? Oh, biscuits. And gravy. Oh my so god! Good biscuits and gravy. Have you ever watched Listen. the Have you ever watched the Tim and Eric sketch about? No. <laughs> hold on, there's a, there's a Tim and Eric sketch where it's a restaurant that you work at, kind of like a TGI Fridays or whatever. And there's certain positions, like of course you have your you know like your waiters and stuff like that. But there's these a position that they hire. And they're called gravy robbers. <laughs> and so, like, when they – they'll bring gravy out to your table and your position is you're a gravy robber. And it's Zach Galifianakis and he's doing training videos for the gravy robbers. And he's like, you've been hired as a gravy robber. Your job is to go out <laughs> and steal the gravy from the people that are eating at the restaurant. And so, like, when they hire you, they put you in, like, a Hamburglar, like, mask, and you look like one of those classic thieves. And they'll show videos of, like, people, like, underneath the table reaching over the table to steal the gravy. And he's like, your job is to steal that rich, sweet gravy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Rebecca, you gotta watch those. 
I've seen some Eric and Andre stuff, but I usually no, like no. their stuff. It's not, it's, it's not Eric Andre, which is like the same type of humor. It's Tim and Eric. Oh, Tim and uh, I had the Eric part, right? You Tim, totally Tim have. and Eric. Sorry. I, oh my God. I love Eric Andre. I love Tim. No, Eric Andre is great. He's so good. But, and, and Hannibal Barras. Oh my God. But you've got to watch Google everybody. Google fucking, um, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. Spell that name. Good luck. Zach Gal, like just Google. <laughs> Google gravy robbers, Tim and Eric, and watch those videos. They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> Rebecca, it's like a 1980s like training video for like oh when you get hired God. somewhere. And, and it, oh, it's so fucking hilarious. It's so good. Well, wait, wait. How does it compare? And maybe you can't even compare it, but how does it compare to Girl Drink Drunk? <gasps> oh my God! <laughs> because you know that that is, it is. my favorite, yes. and I know it's one of your It's my favorite. It is my favorite. It's it, your favorite too. Kids in the Hall sketch. It's Girl my, Drink Drunk. It's my favorite Kids in the Hall sketch. I think it's so fucking hilarious. Yes, it's so you good. Should go- everybody should Google that one too. I know we've talked about that before too. Totally have Girl Drink that. Drunk. Girl Drink it Drunk. Is it's so good. Like when, oh they, my God. when they catch him in the fucking supplies closet. Yes. And he's got the blender and he's squeezing a lime and he's got the, um, the umbrellas and the straw. And he's like, just a minute. I'm just getting some staples. <laughs> and he's making this convoluted, girly, fruity drink. And then he takes a sip and he's like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Here's another kids in the hall sketch. Guys, yeah, it's episode 299. Deal with it. We're just fucking having fun. We'll get to the news and all I'm that. Five other years bullshit. in, I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, seriously, stop being such a fucking cunt. I swear to God, like some people are so pissy. You know what I mean? It's like I came here to listen. I hate that shit. I came here to listen, you know, to the advertised content like that. Did you though? Did you? Because I don't believe that. Right? Did you though? Because if you know the show, you know that the advertised content it takes a minute to get there. Another. It's. Peppered in there. It okay? is. It is. We get it. We get around to it, right? Like that should be like the I, tagline. We get around mind, to it. The advertised drunk or the advertised content is drunk people. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, also, I also too. Last week we were very business like, right? We got right to yeah. the thing and we talked about Y'all the shit work. and we we stayed on track because we were I recording Sunday night. I can multitask. I, you know what I mean? I'm very. I'm. I'm like. Like I'm ambidextrous, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like if if it comes down to it, like if there's a moment where I need to be serious and I need to break down a movie, I'll break down the goddamn movie. If I need to break down a damn Mandalorian trailer and give you all the ins and outs and even throw in extra shit that happened at fucking celebration, I'll give that to you. But if it's episode two ninety nine where the news is just like whatever, then I'm gonna fuck around and you're gonna have to deal with it, you little bitch. <laughs> I hate that shit. I hate fucking people and like don't fuck don't fucking listen then. You don't like don't fucking listen. Go listen to something else. Go listen to some other jag off. If you don't want hilarious commentary, just go fucking Google pop culture news and read it. Yeah, exactly. There you you know, go. Here's the thing. Uh, here's the other next kids in the hall. Love the kids in the hall. Legendary Canadian sketch comedy group. Fell in love with them when I first saw them on Comedy Central, then followed them over to HBO. I, they're fucking legends in my mind. Um, but one of my, one of the 
under the radar sketches that they did, it was Mark McKinney. And he took his, he's got a little kid that's playing his son who's turning 13. And he takes him out and he's like, son, I'm going to do, <laughs> like, you, I'm going to do what my dad did when I turned 13. This is the day that you become a man. And he pulls out a beer. And so you're thinking like, okay, he's going to give the kid a beer. They're going to drink a beer together. He's like, this is the day that you're going to watch your dad get pissed drunk. Yes. Yes. I know this sketch. <laughs> watch him while he gets fucking drunk. He takes him out to like, this big yes. rock. There's this big rock. His dad gets on this big rock and just keeps <laughs> drinking and getting pissed drunk and telling stories and rolling around on this rock and acting like a drunken fool. And his uh -huh. son's just watching his dad be a drunk. It is great. Oh, man. I, I remember that episode because they really do set it up as like, you know, dad's going to give his son his first beer. <laughs> and, and then instead, it's totally not. And this kid has to watch his dad get drunk and be ridiculous and stupid. And like, uh, doesn't he even start crying at one point? I think he's so. Like, <laughs> I think he starts crying and he's like, I wasted my life. Or something like that. Like, it's oh, really, God, really so funny. Good. I love the kid. Bruce McCullough. I'm going to, can I name him? You think I can name him? Sure. Bruce McCullough, David Foley, Mark McKinney, Scott Thompson, Kevin McDonald. Bam! Oh, man. You're good. I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Love it. Love it. I love all five of those motherfuckers. They're fucking fantastic. David Foley. Dave, I, I God, I love Dave Foley. I need, we need him. We need more Dave Foley. News Radio. Mm -hmm. What an amazing show. <gasps> News Radio was a lot of fun. Didn't didn't Mark McKinney? Didn't he do some? He he was on SNL for a while. Yeah, he too, joined. Right? Uh, well, Lauren Michaels was a producer for uh, Kids in the Hall, and mm -hmm. so like once that show ended, once they ended their run, Mark McKinney then went over to Saturday Night Live for a couple. Yeah, seasons. yeah, yeah. Oh man, that that was a funny show. I mean, I miss Kids in the Hall. Oh, that was a God. funny show. So good. <gasps> Yeah, Bruce McCullough, uh, I bought his first, uh, album when I was, uh, a teenager. It was his comedy album, Shame Based Man. Big fan of Bruce McCullough. <laughs> That's a great and, name. Uh, yeah, he's got a, got a whole thing about, uh, the baby Jesus. Check that out. It's funny. Um, Rebecca, what are you, you were talking about something. Yeah, I was talking about the Great British Baking Show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Biscuits and you I, know I, 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 that got us off track. We you, know, um, you, know you know what, you know what we did? What did we do? We baked an even more beautiful pastry. <gasps> I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We baked, yeah, we baked a friendship pastry. She doesn't even go here. Oh my god, I was about to make that. <laughs> she doesn't even go to this school. I know. I just I, I learned everything I know about friendship from Shira. Like that's it. Yes. Yes. All my relationships have fallen out, and it's because I didn't watch Shira. I'm telling you. You should watch Shira. Just do it now. It's not too late to start and become a new man, Brian. Just watch Shira. I'm telling you. Um, I, I've even become better in the sack because of Shira. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, so I should not have okay. said that. That was a terrible thing. No. She's a teenage girl in that show. <laughs> I, I know, terrible. but that's okay. I let it slide then. All right. Um, okay. Great British baking show. <laughs> it's a show. It is 
from the UK. It's got two judges, and they're both like really well known in the pastry baking world, Rebecca, especially in the UK. Got a question uh-huh. for you. Favorite judge, Judge Judy, Judge Reinhold, go. Oh my god, you're gonna make me choose? Judge Judy, Judge Reinhold, go! Judge Judy, final answer. <laughs> I love Judge Reinhold, but Judge Judy does not take any of your BS. All right. She, what do you think? What do you think they have me here for? Favorite judge, Judge Judy, <laughs> Judge Dredd, go! <gasps> Fuck. I mean, he is the law. Oh, ah. Judge Dredd. By a hair. Rebecca. By a hair. Favorite judge, Judge Dredd, Judge Wapner, go! Judge Dredd, that's easy. I do like some Wapner, but Judge Dredd. I apologize so much for interrupting you. And okay, I'm going to be quick about this because you're just going to interrupt me some more. So, okay. Great British Baking Show. Every week, this different theme, okay? They've got two judges and they've got two comedian presenters who like are just there to like kind of liven it up and tell jokes and whatever and like interact with the, with the uh, competitors. So, each week is a different theme. So let's just say the first week is like bread week. The first challenge is called the signature challenge, and they tell them they want them to make a specific thing. So what makes this show different is, number one, um, the contestants know what what the challenges are ahead of time. So they actually can practice at home. Oh, shit. Before, yeah, before coming to the tent on the weekend. And it all, it all happens like in this tent that they set up, like in the English countryside. And um, – and they can bring ingredients from home. Like some of these people bring like eggs that their chickens have laid or they, they keep bees and they bring honey like for their, uh, for their recipe. So that's pretty cool. Oh my um, God. That's crazy. I, 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 it's so different than like that's American cool. like yeah. competition shows. I've heard of what I've heard about this show and I want you to kind of confirm this is yeah. how like the contestants are friendly with one another and will help each other. Yes. They are because they're at the end, there is no monetary prize. That's, I mean, the God's honest truth. The, the winner of the whole thing doesn't get a cash prize. They get like a, like a, 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 a plate, like that's like an award trophy they can display. And that's really it. Like that's what they get. That's from, kind of bullshit, right? Well, no, it's not. I'll tell you why it's not because the people who have like, Lasted hey Rebecca, into- can I ask you a question here, real quick? How how many plates do you have on display? Me personally, yeah. I don't have any plates on display. Hey Melissa, you got any plates on display? Ooh, honestly, yes. Do you got you got the They're whole Alice in Wonderland like novelty plates? Oh so, my god, like, you, you don't eat food off of them. You fucking got suckered into those fucking what were those uh, those uh, collectors plates that they were selling? Remember those commercials, Rebecca, back in the day for the collectors plates? <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember being a kid and wanting the Star Trek ones, but my parents wouldn't buy them for Rebecca, me. Rebecca, I knew a lady. That kind of a nerd. <laughs> I don't think I ever told you this. I knew a lady that had every Star Trek ornament. <gasps> yes, from the year that they started. I used to work at a bank, and I had uh, I would set up people's accounts and stuff like that. And she started. Um, she did a lockbox, you know, and uh, she in the box she put all of her Star Trek ornaments from the first year that they started making them up to current. 
Oh, she and I saw in her lockbox. Yeah, she bought. Well, she bought like a, a, that is a huge overwhelmingly lockbox. precious to me. <laughs> I love that story. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah, well, it was cool because I I got to see like she had them all in the original boxes too, and I got to see them. So it was really cool. <sighs> That's so awesome. Yeah. So the uh, bacon, they're bacon biscuits and shit. So, so hold on. Yeah, I, I don't have any <laughs> plates on display, but neither have I ever won an award for being like yeah. Britain's best amateur baker. And that's what these people win. The award is that they are Britain's what best amateur baker. What does that get baker. you? What does that get I'm you? I'm going to tell you, but you keep fucking interrupting me. I'm going <laughs> to tell you what that gets you. <laughs> A lot of these Woo! Woo! She's coming in hot. She's coming in hot. You're coming in hot. <laughs> um, so like a lot of these people who have either won it or who have gone like into the semifinals or the finals, uh-huh. a lot of them have gotten book deals from private companies like to write a cookbook. One of the women who won it a couple years ago, she has a web series, uh, a, 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 a cooking show. Like a lot of these people have gotten offers from like companies to come and do stuff with them, either get a show, do a book, things like that. So it has led to other things. Yeah. And for some people, it's really just they just wanted to do this competition. Like some of these people are like grandparents who have been baking for like 40 plus years. For some people, and it's just a plate, right? I, I, I mean, it is. It's a plate. But at the end of the – I'm not going to lie. That's what the prize is. I don't make it up. Like the, it's a plate and they win this award of the best amateur baker in Britain. But at the same time, because there's no like, you know, the winner gets $500,000 or whatever, it makes the contestants – Willing to help each other. So you'll see, like, as the time is running out yeah. on a competition and, like, if somebody's struggling to finish, people who have, like, finished their competition pieces, like, they'll come and help, like, so that they can present it and stuff. So I do enjoy that because it gives it a different feel. Um, so each week, each week there are three challenges. Two, the contestants are able to practice at home beforehand, and one is a technical challenge, which they don't know what it is until, like, they get there. Oh, so shit. It, it, it tests their skills. So, like, what they'll give them is, like, a, a recipe for something, but they'll pare it down and give them, like, just enough so that they can try to figure out how to make it. Um, and then they judge that one blind. Like, like ah. the judges come in and, like, they don't know who's made what. Um, and every week there's a star baker, the person who did the best job. And then every week somebody goes home. This so, sounds like fun. Like I love, uh, I don't know if well, you it's watch. Fun. It's totally fun. I love, I'm a big fan of Top Chef and I love, uh, um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Top Chef and Chopped are two of oh, my I favorites. I love Chopped Junior though. Have you ever watched Chopped Junior? I've never watched Chopped Junior. It's so cute. It's an He's so nice. <laughs> Oh no, that that's Top Chef. That's, oh, okay. that's Top Chef Junior, which is another thing, which is also Damn, very. Cute. I, I didn't know there was two kids. <laughs> but like Chop Chop Juniors on Food Network, hmm. and instead of obviously adults, you have like teenagers doing it. Chop Junior is so wholesome. These kids are so dedicated to like what they're doing. Um. Yeah, if you like Chopped, you should totally watch Chopped Junior because those kids are great. I That's love them. Cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, so 
the the 10th season just started in the UK, which in the US, we don't have all the seasons. So for us, it's season seven. Um, we, we have three seasons that we just they haven't released here in the States for whatever reason. Um, so what they're doing is it airs over in the UK, I think on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and then Friday it drops on Netflix here in the States. So you can watch it week to week, just like two days after everyone in the UK has seen it. So um, I love this show. It's a Tupperware for me. You can binge all the seasons and the, and the hosts are so much fun. The judges are fun. Um, and it's so, I, I've been, um, talking with Matt and Kat Kirby. They love this show too. So like, we're gonna, we're gonna try, we're gonna try an experiment one of these weeks where we're gonna get on FaceTime or WhatsApp or whatever on our phones and try to watch the episode together. So we're gonna try to do this. You're so lucky. You get to hang out with them and that's cool. I, 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 yeah, I love those guys. I oh, I know. Person. I love Matt and, and Matt and Kat are fantastic. So yeah, like, uh, that's so awesome. I, they are. So yeah, if, if you like competition shows, um, if you like baking, if you like British shows, I mean, the jokes are very British. The comedy is very British. What I love too is like, you get all these different accents from all over the UK are represented here. So you have people from Wales, from Ireland, from Scotland, from different parts of the UK. Um, you have different nationalities. You have people who are like background from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. I mean, and everybody brings their own experiences and their own backgrounds to the show and it's so much fun to watch it really is so it's season 10 just started um and you can watch it week to week on netflix here in the states so i talk about it and if you're a fan of that stuff give it a shot you could watch it week to week or you could go back and binge all the other previous seasons rebecca yes you just baked the fantastic review <laughs> thank you i baked my feelings into it you did it you did it. You did it. You made it with love. And I, love I that. won. I win the competition. You did. You did. You won a fucking plate. There you go. That's Thanks. like, that's like us running a contest here at Pop Culture Leftovers and like the, the, like the, the big prize is a Dixie cup that I send you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, you were the 10th caller. Yeah. You want a Dixie cup. What? I, I thought I was going to get concert tickets. Now we're, we're sending you a Dixie cup that's uh, been uh, – it's got a uh, a wax glazing around it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and a uh, floral design. <laughs> did, you remember, did, did you did you – were you one of those – did you ever do that when you were a kid? Kind of like take your fingernail and like scrape off the wax? Oh, totally. I did that Absolutely too. Absolutely I did. I did that too. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Rebecca, you know, you sent me a list of stuff that you watched this week. I'm dying to know your thoughts. You fucking, you went to Ghibli Fest? What the fuck? Talk to me. I know. I, you went I, to I, Ghibli Fest. I know. I did. Surprise. I, I don't watch a ton of anime. I should. Get... Sorry? I said you should. I know. I'm trying to get more into it. Good. Um, but I did see on Netflix. I mean, you you know, I saw a Silent Voice, which I absolutely loved. Yes. And I saw on Netflix. I watched Mary and the Witch's Flower, which I really loved too. Oh, it's so um, good, isn't it? So good. It's it's really great. So when I I had a free evening unexpectedly, I go on Fandango and I say, Oh my god, 
gosh, Ghibli Fest. I've never really been to a Ghibli Fest movie. I think I'll go. And they were showing my neighbor, Totoro. Oh, yes. Nice. And, um, yeah, so I, this was not the dubbed ver- excuse me, this was not the subbed version, it was the dubbed version. Okay. So, um, it did have American actors doing the voices. Um, so yeah, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, of course, it is, um, it's directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki, I'm terrible with pronunciation, also uh, directed and written. Um, and this is really the story of two girls, uh, Mei and Satsuki, who moved to the country, basically. Their mom is ill. She's in the hospital. And um, their dad is like a professor at the local college. And they moved to this um, like little house in the middle of the countryside and May is very young. She's like four years old. So she doesn't go to school yet. Satsuki goes to school. May is home and she discovers, um, this giant creature that lives in the woods and his, she names him Totoro and he hangs out with like two little other woodland creatures, which I, I think the idea is that adults can't see them, but children can see them mm-hmm. because the the dad and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the, the dad says he had seen something like that when he was May's age, but he hasn't seen them since. Exactly. And yeah, right, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a child thing. Yes. Okay. That, that makes sense. So it's like, you have to be like an innocent child to see these things. Um, and so these, these Totoros, they're like trolls, I think was the translation they used in English. I don't know of how accurate that is from Japanese, but, um, they're like these sort of very playful woodland sprites. There's a bus that looks like a giant cat. Oh gosh. It's so much fun. So- cute so like Rebecca Totoro- they sell those like you can buy like there's so much uh merchandise and memorabilia out there for Totoro it's unreal See, yeah I've seen all these characters like in plush toys but yeah. like I didn't know what they were and then I'm watching this movie and I'm like oh my god that's what these <laughs> things are that I see everywhere okay gotcha gotcha um Cause like here in New York, we've got a few stores that are like very Japanese centric. Like, like they'll carry Japanese candy and they'll carry Japanese snacks. Oh my God. Check this out. So I, I, I voted to the culture. I subscribed for a couple months to Tokyo treat. Okay. And Tokyo treat, like I bought like a couple boxes and it was basically a way to like, I gave like, you know, a lot of the stuff to my niece and nephew and they loved it. They thought it was a blast, <laughs> but they recently sent me, um, Kit Kats, like over in Japan, they have like, a- Oh, like the green tea Kit Kats and stuff. Yeah. Right? They, they, well here in the States, like we get like the white chocolate Kit Kats. We get like, you know, they, but over there there's, there's something different with Kit Kat. Like it's a different branch of Nestle that, and they make all these crazy different flavors. Well, this month for Tokyo Treat, they sent me lemon-flavored Kit Kats. Oh, my god! Oh, my God. I want that. Oh, my God. Was it amazing? It yes. sounds amazing. There's no chocolate. It was just like a lemon, kind of like white chocolate, like a lemon. I don't even – It's a, it, it was like a, when you opened it up, like they were yellow. Like it, the Kit Kats were yellow and you fucking ate it and it was a – it was a lemon wafer inside. It oh was, my God. it was so fucking good. I, 
I couldn't believe it. So, like, yeah, Tokyo Treat, really fucking amazing. My niece and nephew had a blast. Like, I went over there. Uh, my nephew's 14. My niece is 12. If you have, like, younger kids... Um, Tokyo Treat is a really cool thing because, like, the, we're, I, all your kids are going to be used to the candies that we have here. But, like, if you can get imported fun candies from Tokyo, from Japan, uh, sent to you monthly in a box. And it's, I think it's, like, 35 bucks a month. And uh, they send you all the different candies. They send you a bag of chips from over there. I got oh, was- nice. Yeah, I got wasabi potato chips. And they were incredible. I love wasabi. I got wasabi mm-hmm. potato chips, um, and then I got uh, – what was it? Doritos had some kind of like crazy sour cream flavor the month before. Uh, and then they send you a drink, a specialty drink. This – I think it was this month I got like a uh, – uh, some kind of crazy Pepsi energy drink that they sent me. And this is stuff that you can't get here. It's fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. TokyoTreat.com. Mm-hmm. Check it out, people. Do it. They're not even a sponsor. <laughs> but Totoro, you're talking, no, it's really good. It's really good. My niece and nephew loved it. It was, it was fun. They were like, uh, you know, it's like, I want to be the cool Uncle Brian. It's like showing them cool shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So yeah. So, uh, Totoro, I, I, first off, Rebecca, I just, I want to give you a virtual, like, internet high five for, uh, taking part in Ghibli Fest, which is like one of my favorite things to do is watching Ghibli movies in the theater now. Yeah. Which is something I had never done before. Like, this was new to me maybe like two, three years ago when I first started doing it. And now that I've done it, like, I've, I've, you know, like I saw Princess Mononoke in theaters, you know, um, you know, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, stuff like that. So, you watch Totoro, is it, I mean, is, is this something that you, I want to know your rating. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Give me your thoughts. I'm, I apologize for cutting you off. Yeah. No, I, I love this. I really enjoyed this movie. It was, I, I Tupperware it. It was so whimsical and so sweet and wholesome. I just, I love how these girls are like, just, they're just running around the countryside, getting into little scrapes and adventures. Um, and their dad is so like, in a in a way, like their dad is so whimsical too. Like he, he tells them stuff like, oh, maybe there are spirits in this house. And I always wanted to live in a haunted house and like when they find the huge tree that is Totoro's tree the dad like teaches the girls to pay homage to the tree and they like bow to it and say thank you for watching over us and it was just so beautiful and the animation mm-hmm. I mean yeah, it's so gorgeous it's so beautiful and then what I loved is that you know toward the end you know, you get this thing where like, you know, cause the mom's in the hospital with like some unknown illness, but it's, te- te- it's definitely chronic because the older daughter remembers like previous times that mom had to be in the hospital and, um, you know, mom is supposed to come home to the new house. And then the doctor, like, it, and this really dates the film. It was made in the eighties and, and the doctor, the hospital sends a telegram to the house cause they don't have a phone and they're like, you have to call the hospital right away. And especially the youngest daughter, May, she gets so terrified that her mom is going to die. And it's it's very emotional. These two girls are dealing with their mother being in the hospital and being so sick. It was It was more deep and thoughtful than I thought this movie would be. I thought it would just be like, you know, a silly little animation story. And instead, it's like this, this like deep study on 
children dealing with parents who are chronically ill and may die. Like it was so wild to me. I I couldn't believe how much it affected me. And, you know, May goes off by herself. She tries to walk to the hospital to find her mom and see her. And then uh, Satsuki, the older sister, has to, like, find her and she enlists the help of Totoro and the cat bus. And it's just so beautiful and just sweet and wholesome and lovely. Like I, 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 I mean, I'll be going to more Ghibli Fest. Good. I absolutely will. I'm a bigger fan. This is going to be controversial. I'm a bigger fan of the Miyazaki films than I am of any of the Disney stuff that's coming out. Oh, I could see why. I mean, I, I can absolutely see why. And I love I, the I, Disney stuff. Like, I love it. It's not like I'm saying I don't. Like, I've loved Moana. I love sure. Toy Story stuff. But, like, I would rather watch, like, a Princess Mononoke or a My Neighbor Totoro or Ponyo, stuff like that. That's stuff that I want to see in the theater. That I, mm-hmm. like, it blows me away. I, I love going to Ghibli Fest. I, God damn it, I haven't gone to a Ghibli Fest in months. And I feel like I need to go back. There's so much fun to watch on the big screen. I'm so glad that you did that. I, I, it really was like a, it, it was like a game day decision. I really, I had plans that night that got canceled. So I was like, well, what's playing? And I saw Ghibli Fest and I was like, oh, I've never yeah. been. I'm going to go. You did it. And, and you know, the, the Fandango tickets, like, like to these Fathom event things, they're, they're cheaper than like a regular ticket, which is really nice. Like here in New York, everything is so fucking expensive, but like a, a, a Fathom event ticket is 1250. Yeah. Which is yeah, cheap. Yeah. Compared to how that's much. See, that's that, what's fucked up is that's expensive compared to what we have here. Hilarious. I can, but, go, you know, I can go to, yeah. I can go to, there's a theater in Bloomington that I can go to for a matinee. And I can see it for uh, I can see any movie that I want to for three ninety nine. Oh Jesus! Yeah, Ugh, it's New York for you. Um, but yeah, I, I um, get to the theater for three ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I know exactly. Um, yeah, you know, it's um, I had so much fun. I, usually, like for Fathom events, I, what's more on my radar are like the Rift Tracks events, and when they show like classic movies in the theater, yeah, which I love. I, I love like black and white. Classic you went to uh, you went to the Top Gun that they did a couple weeks ago, didn't you? I did not. I actually <laughs> what, and that was. <laughs> what I actually like that movie. I like Top Gun. Oh, I know you like. Uh, the- I'm. You like the older Tom Cruise stuff. Yeah. It not that's the not, not the not the latter Tom Cruise stuff. Well, well, huh? I, 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 I'm a little curious. And no. <laughs> I, I don't care what you're curious about, Cruise George. It's not All right, happening. all right, all right. I am not Okay. We, <laughs> we are not we are not going to <laughs> Rebecca because I love you, I'm not going to open up that can of worms. All, all right. right? Thank you. All right, you, this is your one get out of this is your one this is your one get out of jail free card. Okay, fine. I'm going to use it now. You've earned and, it. Uh, Cash it thank in. You. You've earned thank it. You've earned it. So yeah, my dad Totoro. I loved it. I'll be seeing more Ghibli Fest in the theater. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think everybody should see it. I I really do. I think it's. I actually saw a silent voice in the theater too. Yeah. It's uh, a great movie. After you raved about it and I, I loved it too so much. But yeah, my neighbor Totoro, I absolutely loved it. Definitely do the 
do the Ghibli Fest thing. Um, you know what I forgot to tell you that I saw? Did anybody see Angel Has Fallen? No. Is it? No. Is it? A, okay. Hold on. It's Gerard Butler, right? Yeah. All right. And it's Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Is it part of that? What was that other movie where the, the something else? Yeah, was, London has fallen. Oh, and I was going to say it was Mrs. Fletcher. She's fallen and she can't get up. The life alert. <laughs> the life alert lady. No, uh, London has fallen. Is this part no, of it? Is Mrs. this? Fletcher did you make us from, that name? <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. No. Fletcher is from Murder, She Wrote. That's. Hold on. Hold on. I <laughs> Listen, Fletcher. I 100% did not make up the name of Mrs. Fletcher. If you want to go back and watch the original Life Alert commercial, it 100% is Mrs. Fletcher has fallen and she can't get up. I promise you. Really? Yes. Don't hold on. Hold on. He goes. Don't worry, Mrs. Fletcher. An ambulance is on its way. Hold on. I I swear to God. I swear to God. She goes. Hold on. Here's it. This is it verbatim. I've fallen and I can't get up. Don't worry, Mrs. Fletcher. An ambulance is on its way. That (laughs) is the commercial. That is the commercial. Google it, people. I'm right. Yeah. Fucking come at me. Challenge me. Bruh, you think I'm, I believe you. Yeah, do it. Do it. No, come at me. Come on. No, <laughs> Rebecca. Re- London has fallen. Is is this uh, Angel has fallen? Is this part of like a series? It, it's part of a trilogy. So the, so the third one is, is going to be Fletcher has fallen, correct? No, this is the third one. I've fallen and I can't <laughs> get up. Fletcher has fallen. Wait, yes. this is the third um, one? This is the third one. The first one is Olympus yeah. Has Fallen. Olympus. And then the second one is London Has Fallen. And then the third one is um, Angel Has Fallen. Holy fuck. I haven't watched any of these fucking movies. Here's the thing. I, I don't really understand what's going on with Jared Butler. I really don't. <laughs> when when this guy started out. 300. Okay, I love, okay, he was great in 300. Yeah. Law abiding citizen. Yeah, he's great in that movie. I watched him in The Phantom of the Opera. He played The Phantom. I thought he was incredible. Did you ever watch The Phantom of the Opera with, uh, uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert England? Did you ever watch that one with the Freddy Krueger guy? No. You never see opera is surprisingly rapey. Oh, it is. It's it, it is rapey. Like it's not a feminist text in any way whatsoever. We saw it on Christmas a couple of years ago, and I'm sitting like we saw it like in Chicago off Broadway, and I'm sitting there yeah. like, um, <laughs> I did not understand. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see like Melissa's quote for like the pl- like 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 the the Phantom of the Opera playbill that they hand out, and on the back it says. Surprisingly rapey, <laughs> Melissa Slaughter. I mean, you're not I wrong. Stand by that quote. You're not <laughs> wrong, <laughs> Melissa. Like he, the Phantom, like ma- manipulates Christine and lies to her and he stalks her. And nice guy. Yeah, he's like meant to be like the guy you're supposed to feel sorry for. Um Look, I mean, look, I, we we could get into like. There's a lot of movies I like that are not feminist friendly, but oh, I sure. there's tons. Um, but <laughs> in, in terms of, like, Phantom of the Opera, 
does not really qualify as like a feminist. But hold on, back to, you've never seen the Robert England fan no, of the. Oh, I didn't even know that existed. It totally exists, and you totally I, need to watch it. Wait, is it is it a musical though? I, honestly, I couldn't. I don't know. I don't think I. I haven't watched it since I was. It came out in eighty nine. I think I haven't watched it since I was like twelve. But I remember. That is crazy. Yeah, Robert England played the Phantom in the Phantom of the Opera back in like fucking like the late eighties. Yeah, that is well. He he. Pl- well, Jared Butler plays the Phantom in. I think it's from twenty fifteen or no, it's from earlier than that. Okay. Um. Anyway, I I love and he he's. Early in his career, he did a little independent film called Dear Frankie. If you want to see some really good Jared Butler acting, go watch that movie because after, like, he started out in Hollywood, I don't know if he just, like, got into drugs or drinking or something happened to him. And now he's only capable of making crappy movies. It's weird. Yeah. (sighs) It's weird. It's like he's like direct-to-video guy. (laughs) He's like, you know, like direct a video guy now, right? He kind of like he did that uh what was that one that was terrible Geostorm? <laughs> oh, oh my god. God. Where he's like he's like a scientist and I'm like, okay. Are you though? But okay. Like I'm supposed to be oh a scientist. Like I'm supposed to believe Mark Wahlberg is like a science teacher in that stupid movie, The Happening. Oh, oh my yeah. god! I totally believe you're a science teacher. Okay, whatever. I can't believe you bust out Geostorm. I I saw that with Movie Pass. Seriously, and I'm giving you your it. second virtual high five for remembering Geostorm so as Terrible. being a thing. I, I'll say this. I, I thought like the first movie in this series, Olympus Has Fallen, I thought that it was a fun was action movie. Jamie Foxx in that? Uh, was he? Oh, jeez, I don't remember. Okay, it was called Olympus Has Fallen? I don't think he was. No, uh, I was thinking I of Channing Tatum. I'm on IMDb right was now. It Chani- I am on IMDb Was right it Channing now. Tatum? <laughs> was Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx in a movie? Jamie Foxx? What? Were they they in a movie together? I don't know. What are you talking about? (laughs) I seriously have no clue what you're... I'm missing the joke here. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about either, okay? (laughs) I'm going to bring up a real movie that I haven't seen. (laughs) I think Brian has fallen, okay? Okay, I'll I'll be I'll be kind of quick on this. Um, I thought the first <laughs> movie in this series was a lot of fun. Olympus has fallen. Yeah. Um, and the idea is like he's he's a member of the president's secret service, and like uh, stuff keeps happening that the president like almost gets assassinated, but he's like you know saves the day. It's like an action film, right? And I feel like the first one especially felt almost like a '90s action film, which I love that kind of stuff. So. It's fine. So now we're two two more movies into this thing, and Jared Butler just keeps gaining weight and looking more puffy and bloated every second. And I don't know what's wrong with him. Wow! Like, wow! Like he, he why are you like he why are you throwing him something? 
Why are you throwing him into a Russell Crowe corner? I'm just well, Russell Crowe should eat a salad too because <laughs> those guys. I don't know what is happening. You did you see Jerry Butler in? I, in the, I think I think movie? Russell Crowe ate Gerard Butler. <laughs> he was in that movie with um. Oh fuck. He was in that movie that I thought was so stupid. Um, uh, uh, what was it? It had, Super it size me. Super size me where Gerard Butler, Gerard Butler ate McDonald's for only 30 days. <laughs> right? That's what happened to the guy. Um, oh, whatever. Anyway, I, okay. This movie was okay. I'm going to give it a solid taste it. Yeah. Um, a so lot Gerard that- Butler, he loves to eat. <laughs> yeah. oh my God. He, he watches that fucking baking show you were talking about all the oh, time he probably does i'm sure that he does um he plays along at home <laughs> um th- this movie is totally paint by numbers you can see all the twists coming ah. like from a mile away um, the only thing that makes this movie, the reason why I'm giving it a solid taste it, is because his dad is played by Nick Nolte in this Shut movie. Shut the fuck up. I know. And let me tell you something. Nick Nolte I love is him. so good at playing crazy old man. <laughs> like, Hold on. Are you, are you saying Nick Nolte or Gary Busey? I'm not understanding. No, no, no. Listen, Gary Busey is the king of it, but Nick <laughs> Nolte is a close second, and you can at me if you want to because you know I'm right. Right. I know. I'm, his dad is played by Nick Nolte, who he's like this totally off-the-grid Vietnam War vet who, like, never got over it, and he's insane. Doesn't he's Nick, got, when Nick uh-huh. When Nick Nolte talks, doesn't it sound like – he tried to swallow a brick one time. Yes. And like the brick has never like gone down or come up. It's just uh, there in his I'm fucking throat. I got a brick stuck in my uh, throat. Like <laughs> 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 Your Nick Nolte is spot on. <laughs> Spot on! I'm in this movie. I'm the best part of this movie, and he's the best part of this movie. Like I wish the whole movie would have been Nick Nolte alone in his house doing oh my crazy God. old man shit. Wouldn't it be crazy? He's if, the best part of this. If you hired a mason to come out to your home and do brickwork, and he, he fucking vomited a brick on your <laughs> on your driveway. Hey, do you know Nick Nolte? And then, and then, as soon as he fucking like did it, he was like, "Oh my god, I've been waiting to get that clear of my body for years." And he has like this beautiful voice. Like, wouldn't that be crazy? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. Call Nolton Masonry. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. These movies have never seemed to interest me in any in the slightest. So I. They're okay. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, they're okay. I, I would say, like, okay, so the, the plot of this movie 
is that, you know, uh, Gerard Butler's, he's now, like, got all this PTSD from, like, all the times the president has almost been assassinated he, in the okay, previous has two it, films. Has the president always been Morgan Freeman? No, the, but he was the VP in the previous two movies. Okay, you know what I always have wanted to do? There's two, there's two things that I've okay. always wanted to do. Follow a brick? <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. I've always wanted to pause the screen and count how many moles that freckles that Morgan Freeman has. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. number two, I've always wanted to try to connect the dots of those said freckles on his face. Those are two things that I've always wanted to do with You think Morgan. it would make a picture? Huh? You think it would make a picture? I think that it could make a pretty damn cool constellation. Okay. That's cool. I don't know. I mean, maybe it could make a picture. I don't know. I mean, maybe, I don't know. What's art, really? Right? That's true. That's, what is that's art? True. Art is subjective. If I want to fucking connect the dots on his face and fucking fill him in, paint by numbers, whatever I want to do, Rebecca, that's like, uh-huh. that's up to me. That's my journey. Like, who are that's, you to judge what? You know what? <laughs> I'm so sorry I judged your artistic journey in life because that is not my place. I think that if you want to do your art project with Morgan Freeman's Freckles, I think Dude. you should do it. Yeah. And I think, I think you should display it properly. There's a part of me that has always wanted to do paint by numbers on an elderly black man's face. So get I the mean, fuck over it. I know. I just have to, you know, I have, I was, I'm from a different time, Brian, and a different generation, and I need to like get into the modern times. It's 20 Where are we? Where are we I, with Morgan Freeman? Or do we still hate him or do we, do we love this guy now? What, like, what's I don't going? know. I, I mean, he's no TJ Miller. I feel like but... we're cautiously optimistic. <laughs> there we go. I like I, what you're I, saying. I agree. I agree. Because like, he's not I, canceled. He's yeah, not he's canceled. not canceled yet. Like, I feel like, uh, He's also old as fuck, so he was like, "Yo, Dude, and he was sorry, doing, he was, I didn't realize he was fucking like, doing I'm Electric old. Company. He was doing Electric Company. He was teaching kids shit. He was teaching me shit when I was a kid, Rebecca. Well, if so was Bill Cosby. Oh my God, you're so right. Ew. Oh I my God. Listen, let, let me tell you something. Yeah, I will never. And this is, I'm being serious here. I will never, never forgive Bill Cosby for taking away. My enjoyment of the Cosby show. Yeah, because when I try to watch it now, all I can think about is yeah. him drugging and raping women. That's like, all how are you out doing life lessons? Like, how? Well, see, here's the thing it's like you can say that, but on the flip side, it's like I get so much enjoyment from watching Leonard Part Six that you can't. Jesus. Rebe- Leonard oh, that's Part bullshit. Six. Leonard Part so Six. Stupid. What the fuck? I can't believe you just <laughs> Rebecca, here's the thing. I loved Bill Cosby growing up. Loved him. Me too. I know you did. Like we all did. We I loved Bill Cosby. Saw him do stand up in person. Paid money. I dro- I spent money on him. Like as a person. Like this is before this all came out. You know, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Well, he's doing. He's still doing stand up post this, uh, like before everything happened. But, um, yeah, spent money to see him in person, and yeah, I. It, it's heartbreaking because he was a fucking. He was America's dad. America's dad. 
right? I still I still remember we used to have one of his comedy albums when I was a kid. Uh, but we had it on we had it on tape. I'm sure we had it on record. Bill, too, was it Bill Cosby it, himself? It was the one I don't remember all of the bits that were in it. I just remember quite clearly the one where he gives his kids chocolate cake for breakfast and his wife has a conniption. I found that shit so funny the way that he rationalizes giving his kids chocolate cake for breakfast because it's like the whole bit is like his wife uh, he's up before his wife the kids are up they want breakfast and they're like dad can we have chocolate cake for breakfast and he's like i'm a cool dad sure and he's like what's in chocolate cake eggs that's healthy flour (laughs) that's nutrition and he's like and then he like the kids are eating it and they're like dad is great Give us the chocolate cake. I remember yes, this bit. I think that's Bill. I think that's himself. I think that's himself. Okay. Do you okay. remember the one where, like, he's talking about him as a kid and um, him and his brother outside? And he said, like, for years, I didn't know if my name was God damn it or Jesus Christ. Yes, I do remember that bit. And like, I do remember that. And, like, bit. his yes. mom, he's outside playing on the swing set. And he's like, and his mom is like, God damn it, get inside. And he's like, Mom. I'm not God damn it. I'm Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes. I remember, I, we, uh, I remember listening to that as a little kid and just laughing hysterically. Yeah. Uh, well, man. and what's sad about that is like when you listen to like his old standups and he's telling like stories about like even his kids, you know, he's talking about his one son that got murdered too. Like this is, you know, yeah. pre like, of course his son. That, and that was another sad that thing that happened to him is like his son was murdered. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we all felt bad for him at that time. And then, like, for, like, this news to come out with, like, so many different women saying this, it was just, like, it was devastating for me. Because, like, I loved the Cosby show. Like, Of course. I loved it. There was like, a whole generation of kids, fucking, people, that yeah. grew up watching the Cosby show and learning life lessons you want to talk about oh, remember theo remember theo in love with justine do you remember that episode oh, yeah, justine 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 i was like that shit's funny it was so good it had a spin-off a different world different world yeah uh, he made that show just for lisa bonet yeah who only stayed for one season. one season well the, like she got okay here's the thing like I think he was kind of upset that she did like the Playboy thing. Yes. Yeah. He was very well because he's all. I'll be honest with you. I was not judgmental. I was not upset when she did the Playboy thing at all. (laughs) I'll be honest. Feminism. Anyway, (laughs) I was not upset when she did the Playboy. That's the thing. He 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 was always the guy that was getting on Eddie Murphy for talking about how crude his shit is. Mm -hmm. But like on the flip side, like you can say whatever you want to. Eddie Murphy's not out there drugging drugging women, right? Right. And and the thing is that like some of the women who were accusing him decades ago were labeled as like. Hysterical women, insane. What about Janice Dickinson? Janice Dickinson. She was saying for years what he did to her, and nobody listened to these women because they chose to believe a persona that he that he created, and so they said, "No way! There's no way that America's dad." would do this. And meanwhile, you had all these women who were being brushed under the rug 
all of these accusations until it became so many. And because of the Me Too movement, women coming forward and feeling empowered to say what has happened to them that now it became – and then he was like, well, yeah, I I did it. Yeah. It took – And then now he wants everyone to feel fucking sorry for him? It took fucking – it took Harvey Weinstein. Dicks in prison. It took fucking Harvey Weinstein to go down for like Bill Cosby to be taken down. And I feel like it took Harvey Weinstein to go down. And then it took it took an R. Kelly fucking movie for him to get taken down. That's another case where how many women, girls, these bitches are still out here outside the courthouse when he has court dates supporting him with signs in the city that I live in. It fucking hurts me. I am on the last day, guys. I am. Aaliyah was fifteen. She was fifteen. Oh my god! What is that? Fifteen. That's not sex. That is called rape. That is what that is. She's not the age of consent. She can't say yes. What? What is that? Guys, oh. if you could pinpoint the moment that this episode became fun, it's right now. All <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, like, <laughs> like, like, I know, like, I know this is no, like, no, sorry, no. I want people to like when they when they're listening to episode two ninety nine. They're like, when did things fucking like we were talking about that baking show? When did things get? <laughs> <laughs> when did, when did things get cooking in episode 299? It's this moment right now. I know. I mean, th- these are things, and I'm not the only one. I know Melissa feels the same way. I know a lot of people feel the same way. Th- these are things that are, these are things that get me riled up. These are things that I am passionate about. These are things that. But that, it's not just fucking yeah. Bill Cosby. It's not just R. No. Kelly. It's a lot not. of people that are out there. There's a lot of people that have hurt a lot of people. It's like we only hear about the famous fucking people that do horrible fucking things. There's a right. lot of fucking assholes out there that have ruined yeah. people's lives. I have a niece and a nephew. And for years I would think to myself, what would I do to somebody if they ever touched them? And it like, you know what? I would hope that everybody listening to this show is a good and wholesome person that's not a piece of shit. Let's just try to be good people. Let's fucking try to protect our children. Let's try to protect our women. Let's try to protect any child, any woman, any man out there, any minority. Let's do what we can as a fucking civilization to fucking move forward and protect each other. Imagine a world where we all... Yeah. Just imagine and a I, world where we all protected each other and we all looked out for each other. We all had fucking like it started with our neighbors. We look at our neighbors and if our neighbors need help, we help them. And it doesn't stop with our neighbors. It stop it's it, it, and it continues to fucking we we continue to fucking help other people. Like I'm guilty. Like there's so many things that I could do better as a person to help my fellow man. I try. I try to do things. I can't do everything. I'm not a fucking I'm not fucking Tony Stark. I'm not a billionaire playboy mm-hmm. philanthropist. Therapist, I can fucking go out there and help everybody, but I try. I'm not perfect. But the, the thing just, is, is like you don't have to be that. Like all you have to do is be like a decent human being. I know when you encounter like, there's other people, humans out in this world, and like there's things people. There, there's people that have fucked up things in their head. They do fucked up things. Yeah, they they have to act on things. That your masculinity, if you think that your worth as a human depends on you oppressing another human being go to therapy for real like, though. you are, for you real. are wrong <laughs> you are wrong i say and i i'm being totally serious about this ask yourself what would mr rogers do 
I'm totally uh, serious about that. He's because so, yeah. Mr. Rogers had um had a, 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 one of the actors on Mr. Rod on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Didn't Sarah what? Silverman come out and say he whipped out his penis and started jerking off like furiously? <laughs> Don't you dare say a word. <laughs> the name of Mr. Rogers. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you, Mr. Richard. No, no, yeah. no. yeah, welcome to my neighborhood. Oh, it's no. all good in this neighborhood. You are terrible. I know. No, He's like, check out my trolley. Ding ding. <laughs> Trey's coming. He's like when he's like well, what what do they call what are they, what do they call this what do they call that place they went to what do they call that <laughs> the land of make believe he's like the land of make sex land of make sex wow sorry wow. Mr Rogers was a beautiful human being you're absolutely right I've tainted the man and I apologize <laughs> guys we've got to we've got to move into news and get this fucking show going we got to like I feel bad Brit, uh Brittany runs a marathon that's something that you watched Rebecca yes. uh it's a Tupperware yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the the short story on that is it's an absolute Tupperware um I really recommend seeing this. What's one her name? Theater. What's her name? The actress who plays her. Is, yeah, I I, I want to say Jillian Bell. You well, you would be correct if you said Jillian. Bell. Well, her name is Jillian. <laughs> Hold on, her name's she, her name's Jillian in the Workaholics, right? Is it? I don't even. know. I don't know, but I love her. I think she's great, and I loved her. You know what? I talked about a movie called Sword of Trust, and I gave it a high taste. It. I'm taking that back. It's a Tupperware. I love it. Oh, nice. Yeah. She's going to be in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Shut the fuck up. She is. You know who else is going to be? You know who else is going to be in that movie? Who? Your fucking uh, new uh, fucking crush, uh, Samara Weaving from Ready or Not. Yes, I know she is. I can't wait. I Um, still think they should have cast Jessica Roth in that Bill and Ted role. Well, nobody asked you. There you go. Yeah. You know what, Rebecca? I love it when you grab your fucking uh, female balls (laughs) balls <laughs> and no i love it when people stand up to me on this fucking thing i get a fucking kick out of it i think I so you do <laughs> i do i love it i love it like i love it there are times when people say like when they stop and they say fuck you brian and it get i get a thrill like, oh, I know you do. I know, Believe like, me. I you know, <laughs> when, when, when Bill Cosby was knocking women out and doing horrible things to them and getting off on it, that's what I get off on. Is that a bad, I, is, is, I didn't know where you were going is, with that. Yeah. Shit. Is that a bad analogy? Is that a just, it might is, that, be. is that distasteful? It might be. Is it? Is that? I, I, I just want to say one quick uh-huh. thing about Britney runs a marathon. Oh, do you now? Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> One quick thing about Brittany Runs Marathon. Um, Jillian Bell is a treasure in this movie. Yeah. Um, she also is a, 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 a producer of the movie. So is Toby Maguire. Shut the which fuck is, up. I, okay. I, I saw the credits. I was like, Oh my God, Toby Maguire is a producer of this movie. Um, this is not like, this movie is not just for women. I think people are going to watch this trailer and be like, Oh, this is for fat chicks. You want to get skinny? That is not. What this movie? What? Is. Who the fuck this, is saying that? 
I think there will be people who say that, to be honest. Well, fuck those I, people. Well, that's what I say, too. Fuck those people. But I'm saying do not let the trailer make you think that this is a, like, rom-com or a chick movie or, you know, a fat chick gets skinny movie. That's not what this movie is a, is really about. It kind of starts out that way, but it's really about accepting yourself as a person I, and yeah. learning to let people help you. I think it's more of a need it. what I got from the trailer is it's a more tasteful shallow how. Um, you know, one might think that. Uh, and as we all know, shallow how is a feminist text, but. Uh, it is not like Shallow Howl at all. Well, here's the thing. Like from the trailer, there there's moments where when she talks – okay, here's the thing. In mm-hmm. Shallow Howl, the movie, when he starts to notice Gwyneth Paltrow's character uh, because he sees her as like Gwyneth Paltrow as we know her. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. In this movie, the, from the trailers that I've seen – when Jillian Bell starts to drop the weight, people start to treat her a little bit differently. Yes. In, in that sense, you're absolutely right. That's what I, that's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. Now you've seen the movie, so you know exactly kind of like what the theme is and where the movie's going. But that's, yeah. that's what I got from the trailer. This movie, it looks incredible and I love Jillian Bell. So. Yeah, I, I think I really, I I recommend this movie to to everybody. I think it's it's a real and it's based on a real story. There is a real Brittany who did uh, get healthy and I like hate that. Run. I hate that name. I'll get into that in a second. But go oh, ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, I I will also <laughs> say that like yes, this movie kind of does, and there are moments where like men start to treat her differently, and other women start to treat her differently, and it affects her. It affects how she views her weight loss, where she becomes obsessed with that number on the scale, yeah. and she becomes herself a judgmental person of other people, and it's not until she understands that the weight was never the real issue. The real issue is about letting people in and letting people help you when you need the help. And like, it's never easy to accept help. Like, especially if you're used to being treated a certain way. And I I will, I will be totally honest. Like there were moments in this movie where I saw myself in the character and I got very emotional watching it. So I think if, if you are a person that has struggled with weight, if you're a person that has been on a weight loss journey and maybe you've had a setback and you've gained weight back, this movie I think will hit you in different spots in different ways. But I don't, I don't think this is a movie like only for like quote unquote certain people. I think this is an incredibly moving story about somebody who learns to value themselves as a person and also to love themselves enough to say, I can't do this by myself. I need Mm. help and accept that help and realize that you are worthy of somebody loving you. And I just think that that's really what this movie is about. And it's incredibly beautiful. And they shot it like during the real New York city marathon. So like there are real runners like running the marathon that you see. And it's absolutely just really, really great. I I highly recommend this movie. If it's limited release, I think first, and then it's going to go 
wider release, but I, if it comes around you, I really recommend it. And, and definitely don't, don't think of this as like a chick flick or, or like a girl movie. It's not, this is a movie for everyone. What the fuck? Like, yeah. Uh Come on, it's Jillian Bell from Workaholics, you fucking pieces of shit. She's awesome. <laughs> That's all I'm seeing. I love Jillian Bell. I think she's a fucking great comedian. I fucking love her. Jesus Christ. That you, I, I, I'm realizing the fact that you actually have to say that. And that's, yeah. that's what's fucked up. That's because what's fucked I, up. I don't I, see I, it that way. I love Jillian Bell. I, I think she's I great. I get it. Like, I, I get it. But, like, there's a there's a part in this movie where she's talking about her experiences as being a larger woman and what that means when you're around men. And, like, she's talking about, like, where she works, where all the men around her, like, they forget. They don't treat her like they would treat what society perceives to be a more attractive woman, a slim uh, woman, a pretty yeah. woman, or what Western beauty has said is a pretty woman. I hope, and so, I think that, I think that, I do think for me, I think that that's, I do think that that some of that is changing a little bit. Like, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent, like the magazine's got to stop. The magazine's got to stop with the images that they put out there. It's got to stop. But like, I'll be honest with you as a guy, I just think the female form is beautiful by itself. Guys are gross. Penises are disgusting. Like I, I like I, like penises are something like out of a, you know, like a face hugger from the alien movies. Like that's what a penis looks like to me. I think it's, it's disgusting. Like I, I never want to look at a penis. Like Game of Thrones really is like, ugh, like gross. But the female form, no matter if it's big, petite, medium the female form is a thing of beauty it's a it, it like like uh women you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to do anything you don't like you don't you really don't have to do a lot ladies for us guys i'll be honest with you the female form is a thing of beauty no matter what size it is um you women have a lot working in your favor there i will just say that the female form is a beautiful thing so uh, a lot of women that looked at themselves in the mirror and they, they think badly of themselves. Trust me, there's, there is something, there's something beautiful there. There's something beautiful for everybody to see. Uh, it's just guys have, well, I, guys have penises that are gross. <laughs> We're disgusting. We're disgusting. <laughs> We're disgusting creatures. Women are a thing of beauty. Uh, women, in my opinion, are a thing of beauty. And so you should be, you should all be, um, not so, not so worried about that. And I, I think, it, I think a lot of it has to do with the way that, uh, magazines and like, if you look at like, um, portraits from, you know, you know, hundreds of years ago, a lot of the women were like, you know, busty women that maybe had, you know, that weren't like super thin and shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like that was looked upon as like sexy back in those days. And I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of it, I, I think, I think a lot of this shit is just like the media and the way that they, they present. Well, yeah. At, at some point, society, whatever society you live in has yeah. decided what is beautiful. Yeah. And then <clears throat> society tells women, this is what is beautiful. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen to men. There's plenty of uh, media out there telling men, this is how you have to look. Oh, God. Yeah. Women and blah, blah, blah. Men's health. But, like men's health. Like, like, 
like uh, walking down an aisle and looking at an fucking a men's health magazine and i i just want to like fucking put it on the floor and piss on it like <laughs> fuck you I, I, yeah i get it jason statham you're in great shape all right rock you're in great shape i get it i fucking get yeah. it like i think like guys like there's there's so much oh god i don't know i it's just like the the pressure that we put on ourselves is just so much it's so yeah. much and like we and like at the end of the day like 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 uh the way we look at ourselves in the mirror we're our hardest critics at the end of the day and mm-hmm. like the way that we perceive ourselves it's so sometimes it's so toxic and it's so harmful that like we can't see past anything like than our physical appearance, and I think like even the most beautiful people still look at themselves and see like those flaws. Like they know their flaws. They know their flaws. It's it's. I don't think anybody thinks that they're perfect. And if they do, there's something wrong. There's like they're a serial killer or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all bodies are good bodies. Exactly. Like yes. Like I, you know, like I prefer to hang out with people that I think are a little bit weird and eccentric. Like I like to hang out. I don't want to hang out with the norm. Like I want to know people that are a little wacky and wild. That's what I, I, that I've always liked people that are different i've always been drawn to people that are different maybe a little eccentric maybe a little wacky you know because that that's what makes life fun and that's like and that's the thing it's like it's like that's what attracts me to different people it's not like like you know the physical stuff i think like that's an initial attraction you might see somebody and be like oh my god they look fantastic and then you get to know them and then they're the most horrid and disgusting thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Like all of a sudden, like one minute you think you're looking at like a a Greek goddess, and the next thing you know, she looks like she just looked at the uh, Ark of the Covenant in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and her face is fucking melting. She looks disgusting. Right. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's it's all about personality with me. Like that's that's a huge attraction. And so, like, uh, just be good people. Don't be a Bill Cosby. Don't go around fucking knocking people out and being date rapey and shit. And uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good lesson to, to live <laughs> by, go. don't you think, Rebecca? That's good. The takeaway from episode 299 at the end is of, at, at the end of She-Ra, eat. Princesses of Power, episode 5. <laughs> Doesn't she get into that? Like when you talk about like maybe, I mean maybe don't almost, maybe don't maybe almost don't. verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> the takeaway from episode two ninety nine, I think, should be don't be rapey. I am telling I really, you. honestly. Yeah, I feel like that should be your motto every day. But like, take it away from two ninety nine. Don't don't be rapey. Don't be rapey, guys. Don't be rapey. Absolutely, you, don't be raping. It's a bad thing. And you you learn that like apparently this is hard for people, and you're just like, what? Why <laughs> well, did I have to tell you this? Like, like exactly. I don't know. I don't know what happens to guys. I don't know what fucking thing happens to them where like this shit turns them on. But like for me, it's like I don't know. Consexual sex is kind of sexy. And then I'm also gonna throw this out there. Like I have a sister, and if anybody fucking touched her. I would fucking slit their throat. I have a niece. I have a nephew. And if you ever touch them, I would fucking want to slit your throat. Like I, it's, it's, it's respect. It's 
Let's love each other. God damn it. Let's love each other in a good way, not in the fucking Bill Cosby creepy, I'm going to put something in your drink way in your exactly. past. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's love each other with full consent. Let's love <laughs> and if you have, if you have, PSA, if you have a rape fantasy, there are people for you. Yes, there are. To, mm-hmm. Like, you can uh-huh. arrange this ahead of time yeah. and work it out, and it's going to be fine, and nobody's going to jail. Everybody's having a good time. Melissa, like, I, you I, just have to figure it out. I dated a girl with a rape fantasy. So it this does. shit is real. It totally yeah, exists. If it, that's your kink, yeah. there's someone out there who has it, too. Yeah. It, I'm not lying. Yeah. Difference. Between a kink and a felony is consent. Yes, amen. <laughs> I I dated somebody that had a rape fantasy, and I could not do it because it, it I that is not that is so out of my fucking like I cannot think. You spent your whole life like I'm not allowed to do this. Like I'm not <laughs> it's, like, to it's do wrong. This. Like I was, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not just saying because like I was raised in church and stuff. Like that's what get, I think. It's like it mat. It like like as a human being. Like I was like I never got really turned on by that kind of shit. But it never did anything for me. So like I was, I actually dated somebody, and that was her fantasy, and I was just like. um yeah, that's a little bit out of my, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, sorry, I can't help you on that one. Right, right. That's a little... Beyond I, my comfort zone. Yeah, I don't even know how to handle that. Like, I could barely plan a birthday party, let alone, like, <laughs> let alone your rape fantasy. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see if Bill Cosby's available. Anyway, <laughs> hey, do you like Louis Can C.K.? Can we take a break? <laughs> do you want to take a break? Yes, please. <laughs> Rebecca, I'm sorry. Is everything okay? No, no, no. I'm fine. I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Me too, though. Okay. All right. <laughs> we haven't even started news. This is I stupid. <laughs> I hate this show. <laughs> All right, I'm holding. I am holding your bladders hostage right now. Let's take a break. We will be right back. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No. I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt. And the next thing you know, you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway... The whole point of this is to tell you that PopCultureLeftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would, and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. Hey, we are back. 
Welcome back to Pop Culture Leftovers. We are gonna, I promise we are gonna be 50% less rapey in this, <laughs> in the segments going forward. I, 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 okay. Do you want me to get into something here or not? I will. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. Of course. Yes, I do. I did, I seriously dated somebody. That had a rape fantasy. I when I was twenty, I dated a uh, an older woman. She was uh, so young. Son. I was twenty. I was dating a thirty two year old. She is a grandmother at this point, guys. Like that's. I was dating an older woman uh, when I was twenty, and uh, she had certain fetishes that she liked, and one of her fantasies was a rape fantasy. I I was. I'm not that guy. I'm I'm pretty. I would like to say I'm pretty wholesome. Um, you know, I talk about a lot of perverted shit on this show, but I'm a pretty <laughs> wholesome guy when it comes down to it and what I, my views of sex and things like that. So I'm not that guy, but I, I, I loved her at the time. And so I was talking to Buddy. I was like, ah, she's got this, this, she's got this rape fantasy. And he told me, he's like, what you should do, what you should do is you should like one night come home and Break into your window with a mask on. Like, this is a legit conversation I had with a buddy of mine. He said, you should break into your home with a mask on and proceed to do that. I was like... pretty terrible. Right? To be honest, like, that sounds fucked up, but, like, a text message earlier in the day, like, hey, I'm thinking about, like, maybe doing this thing. Like, is that going to be good? Or, like, are you not... In the mood for a rape? Like, I don't know what the fuck you're supposed well, Okay, to here's the thing. Okay, Like, that was her thing. Like, that's what she wanted, right? We had talked about it. Like, this is a... Like, you know when you have pillow talk afterwards, you know? When you're talking and you're talking. You know, like... I like... It. That's what she was into. She was like... She was like, I've always had, like, this this fantasy. And, like, I'm, I, I'm seeing that as a guy. And I'm wanting to, like, make sure that she's happy in the relationship. And I don't know how to do that. I'm a 20 year old. I'm a 20 year old guy. I don't know shit at this point. You know what I mean? I, you know, I've been having sex for a few years now, but I don't, I don't know as far as like that's concerned. So I was like, I reached out to a buddy of mine and he's like, yeah, you should do this. And I'm like, what the fuck? I could, there's no way. There's no way I could ever do that. Uh, it never went down. That never happened. Me and her didn't last, I'll tell you that much. I just could not do that. Oh, wow. wow. That's a real thing that okay, happened. Okay, so you, you were 20. You were 20 at the time. Mm-hmm. Would you do it now? No. No, I'm too old for that shit. Like, there's no way. <laughs> like, I've gotta find, I've gotta find, you know, like, if I, if I'm ever gonna get in a relationship again, I gotta find somebody that just like, you know, like that's that's high maintenance for me. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> performing like a rape fantasy for somebody like that's high maintenance. I I just gotta find somebody who just like you know. Oh, do, do you want a good deep dicking? There we go. <laughs> All right, that's <laughs> we can we can accomplish that. That is that is on the docket for sex. It's like, but but as far as like uh, a rape fantasy, I can't do that. I just that's just not how I was. I I 
Like, it doesn't, I don't know. It's not like, I was raised to be that way. It, it's just who I am. <laughs> Everyone was raised to be that way. Like, nobody, <laughs> nobody is supposed to be like, I would really, like, I feel like from a you've guy's been, perspective, you're like, you've been, you've been born this. into a rape family. Like, that never happens, right? Yeah, like, as a, I feel like, as, like, a gentleman, as you are, you're like, I can't buy into this yeah. fantasy because that I have spent many years of my life listening to many lectures about how this is not like a cool thing yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah, that was it was a complicated relationship. She had a lot of things going on in her past that we we had talked about. You know, I knew a lot about her. Lady. I hope she uh, found someone. Well, that's another story. That's another story for an off-air conversation. So, uh, I don't know. Let's let's move on. It let's we got to move on into news. This is this is the stupidest fucking episode we've ever done. Um, yeah, it's time for the pop culture leftovers news. Alright, first thing is, Brian, uh, Pop Culture Leftovers House, tells everybody that he was involved with a woman that had a rape fantasy. Can you believe it? I mean, that's... Moving on. I'm sorry. Breaking. <laughs> uh, THR reported that the, the monkey that played Marcel in Friends is going to be playing Ampersand in Why the Last <laughs> Why the Last Man TV show coming to... I was to- so fucking nervous when you started that. What? Why are you talking about? Because I thought you were going to tell me that that monkey passed away. No, the monkey is still alive and well. uh, And still working. Still Still working. Still still working in Hollywood. And uh, that monkey is going to be playing Ampersand in Why the Last Man, the TV show coming to FX. I I just think I find that incredible because monkeys do live long lives. Monkeys live a long time. They're not like... uh, you know, like dogs that live like maybe, you know, 15 years or something or cats that can live up to 20. I think I saw a cat on Reddit that was like fucking like nearly 30 years old and shit on Reddit. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I'm on, is this the one that like drank red wine and shit? What? A red wine there was cat? Like an, yeah, there was like an old ass cat that I read about one time and it like it's owner like gave it like sips of red wine like every day like something about how it was like good for it's like like i'm kind of drunk so words are hard like <laughs> it's like that so the, the what's the word for like kidneys and like the whole situation about how you pee like it's apparently good for that in cats. I don't know, man. It's a cat. It got drunk on red wine. It lived to be like 30. <laughs> red wine is the elixir for cats. That is what I once read. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about that. I saw a cat. Like, I, uh, my Reddit is weird. Like, my Reddit is all like, uh, Marvel and DC and uh, a little bit of Star Wars, some Star Trek. And then I'd say the majority of my Reddit posts that I see on my front page are cat pictures. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> I'm always upvoting cat pictures. Like, uh, as far as, like, I love cats. And so, like, my, 
there was a cat that was like 30 fucking years old and shit. But, uh, yeah, monkeys live a long time too, and that's what we're talking about. This, uh, the Marcel, <laughs> Marcel, the monkey from Friends, is gonna be playing the same monkey from Friends. Rebecca, 1994, 1994, Friends mm-hmm. comes out, uh, lights the world on fire. Did you see Friends was trending on Twitter because somebody fucking made a post saying, uh, Friends was not that good of a show and it was just about white people, um, that like look good with, uh, and you can see their nipples in their t-shirt. Like, did you see that shit? I saw the post. Yeah. Um, I think for the time it came out in, Friends is a time capsule. I think if you watch it today, there's a lot wrong with it. Anything. And with anything there is. You, you watch. Yeah, like, but, I was a big I, fan. I was a big fan of Eddie Murphy Raw. If I watch Eddie Murphy Raw right now, there's so many jokes about AIDS that are terrible. I know, I know, but at the same time, Jennifer Aniston's character Rachel constantly had erect nipples on that show for no other reason <laughs> than they could show her nipples on the show. And there were zero people of color in that show until they cast Aisha Tyler. The, the same thing with um, Seinfeld, but it's like I know, but Seinfeld. I mean, listen, I I enjoy the comedy of Seinfeld, but I think. If 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 we're talking about friends, I, listen. I I don't hate Friends. I like Friends. I think it's still there's a lot of episodes that are still funny, but I think Living Single did it better, and I think Living Single is the better Friends than Friends is. I That's I don't know. Personal opinion. I mean I don't know. I mean I I love Living Single. I used to watch Living Single. I watched Friends. I'm like, I'm I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to pit them against each other. I'm just saying, like, in but all... Friends is a copy and paste of of Living Single in a lot of ways. Which came out first, though? I, Living Single did. But Living Single was, it was... It was... Living Single was three women, and then... Right. But they were living across the way from two guys. There's, I'm not saying it's an exact, uh, exact. I'm saying that there is a lot of elements from Living Single that Friends took. I'm saying that when you look at Friends now, there's an article that came out uh, written by a woman who used to write for Friends, who was in the right. Excuse me, she didn't write for Friends. She worked in the writer's room for Friends, and she talks about how incredibly terrible the writing staff was and the stuff that they would write for the female characters that would get cut out at the last second, but that they were trying to get on air. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm not here saying like, I hate friends. I I'm just saying if we're going to hold up a show, like I think living single was the better show personally. I don't know when this became living single versus friends. I think it's because you brought it up. I, I brought it up. Yeah. I'm not saying you brought it up. I, I brought it up, but I mean, you, uh, sorry, I, I, I know I love both. I love both shows. It's it's this one. That's I don't fine. know. I don't know. I love both. Sh- can I love both shows? Of course you can. I'm not telling you what you can and can't love. You can do whatever you want. All I wanted to talk about was a fucking monkey. Well, you brought up the article. No, I wanted. So it- I wanted. I just wanted to talk about a capuchin monkey. I just, I just, I just want to talk about a capuchin monkey, and you got to turn this into fucking, you know, fucking friends versus living single. 
We are living single, single. in the 90s, 90s kind of world. I'm glad I'm I glad got I my got girl. Ow! Yeah, you better fucking believe I didn't fucking. I fucking love that show. So don't fucking act like I didn't. I never said you didn't like that No, I'm show. telling our audience. Yeah, I can fucking sing the goddamn thing song. In a 90s kind of world, I'm glad I got my girls. I fucking love that fucking show. Okay, Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah, Tootie, and that, uh, yeah. oh, I don't even remember that other girl, but she was fucking the ditzy one, but she was funny as shit, and I fucking loved her. She was related to the Wayans, I think. Well, good for her. That that family is just fucking hilarious. I love fucking living single, and I love friends, and I think they're. I I think I can love both. Different. I can love. I can still love them both. Jesus Christ! And you know what? I can also love Jennifer Aniston's nipples. You're Give me. A, you know what? I can. <laughs> I can. Get the fuck over it. I can also love her. I, okay. Like, no one's saying what you can and cannot love. I'm just saying you brought up the article. Honestly, okay, about what I love, what I love, what I love about Jennifer Aniston more than anything is just her personality and her comedic timing on Friends. I thought she was fantastic. Like, when Brad Pitt went to Angelina Jolie over Jennifer Aniston. I was like, what? What? You know, like when they did Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I was just like, who could leave Jennifer Aniston? She's just like America's sweetheart. She's fantastic. So, you know, I've always been a big Jennifer Aniston fan. So it's not like, it's not like I'm just waving a flag, you know, of Jennifer Aniston's nipples. You know what I mean? This flag with the wreck nipples on it. So... I'm gonna shut up. Um, we got a Terminator Dark, new Terminator Dark Fate trailer. Did you guys watch this? Yes. No. <laughs> what the? All right, that's fine. Rebecca, what did you, like? I can't do a breakdown right now of the. Tra- I usually only do a breakdown most of the time for the first trailer. Right. I'm not gonna do a breakdown of this Terminator Dark Fate trailer, but I will tell you what I thought about it. Yeah. Oh my fucking god. It looks incredible. The one part that I do want to talk about is Linda Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Finally in a scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger's T-800, the aged version, and she says, basically, I'm not going to say this verbatim, but she says along the lines of, you know when this is over, I have to kill you. And he's, he, and he agrees. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we know that this is going to be what they're talking about as the start of a possible trilogy. James Cameron has actually come out and said that, like, they hope that this is going to be a start of a new trilogy. I would hope that they don't wrap this whole fucking T-800 shit up in this first movie like can you imagine if this movie leaves you on the cliffhanger of Sarah Connor versus the T-800 for the second film like that I think this first movie should be about here's the thing whatever 
whatever goes on in this movie with fucking, uh, is it Diego Luna as the, as the new Terminator that she's fighting, at the, that they're fighting in this one? This new, uh, yes. Okay. So they're fighting this new Terminator. They defeat this Terminator. Let's just say that, that, that happens. Mm-hmm. She's, she's teased that you do know that after this is all over, I have to kill you. Here's the thing. The, the T-800 that sacrificed himself in T2 mm-hmm. was told to do that upon orders from future John Connor. Well, whoever this fucking T-800 is that we're seeing in this movie, has he gotten those same orders from John Connor? Because he's still fucking around. <laughs> That's so, it's 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 Gabriel Luna. Sorry, Gabriel, I always do that too. I, I do it too. Them. Gabriel and Diego. Jesus Christ, how many Lunas do we need? I know it says the same last name. God damn it! <laughs> Fucking too many Lunas. I've always said that. Um, <laughs> so it's Gabriel Luna, the Ghost Rider guy. So yeah. Gabriel. So like, okay, so he's defeated, and the John Connor that we saw in T two, uh, the T eight hundred that we saw in T two. Future John Connor told him to kill himself. So when younger John Connor is crying and saying, no, don't do it, it supersedes whatever young John Connor is saying because older John, John Connor has already said, you have to destroy yourself. This, this fucking T-800 that we're seeing in this movie, has he been, he's been around. Whoever, has he been given orders? From anyone to fucking kill himself. So at the end of the day, when Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor says, you know, at the end of this, I have to kill you. Does this T-800 have to, like, do the whole fucking thumbs up into a fucking melting, smolting pool of iron and steel and kill himself at the end of the day, sacrifice himself? Or does this one at the end of the day say, you know what? Fuck it. I want to live. You're gonna have to mm. fucking come at me, bro. And so I'm. Th- part of me is wanting to see this movie end with that, with the fact that in the sequel, it's gonna be fucking Sarah Connor versus this T800. I don't think that she's. I want to see this Sarah Connor face off. Is that a thing? Is is this T800 all about survival at this point? He's been living. Hmm. He's been living. Is his whole purpose for living at this point to stop whatever impending threat is going on and to kill himself after this impending threat is over with? Or will this T-800 at this point say, well, I'm all about survival. Yeah, I I want to live. I, I, I don't want to kill myself and make a decision for himself to stay alive and Sarah Connor's legit going to have to kill this fucking thing at the end See, of the now, that's the more interesting story to me, is if he has his own will and says, you know, fuck orders, I'm going to do, I'm going to stay alive. Uh, that, to me, is the more interesting story. Um, well, now, here's, here's my question, because I, I mean, I, I enjoy Terminator and Terminator 2, um, but I'm I'm definitely more of a casual fan than you are. 
my question to you is, do you think Sarah Connor dies in this movie? I hope not. I, I, I really hope that Sarah Con- – that's bullshit if Sarah Connor fucking – she's a fucking survivor. Just like at the end of the last Halloween movie, you know? Like, Mm-mm. you know, we saw, you know, Str- Laura Strode. Fucking- yeah, she, she still survived. Like- yeah, she still survived. She's a fucking survivor. This Sarah Connor is a survivor. I don't want to just see them introduce her just to f- have her fucking, like – punk out and die in this one mm-hmm. like if they're planning a trilogy if you're planning a true trilogy don't go fucking han solo with this with like the force awakens where han solo fucking dies fucking like if you if you're planning a true trilogy and you want people to come back people should be able to come back and be able to watch i want to see more fucking linda ham linda hamilton like she's 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 part of this every okay Every part of this franchise that has worked, which I'm talking is two parts, mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton has been involved in those two parts. Right. Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. Linda uh-huh. Hamilton has been instrumental in making those work. And I feel like even in this production, which I haven't seen this movie yet, I feel like she's going to be instrumental in this movie even working. James Cameron, I found out, was not on set at all. I, at, I read that too. I was kind of surprised at that. Actually. I was surprised at that. Because they've been t- – and, and again, the, no one is saying that he directed this film. It, it, he, they're saying he's returning as a producer. But he – like this is his baby. Like this is one of his best – properties that he's done and i'm just so surprised that he was not more involved like even just being on set a couple of days like he was never on set i'm my question now is right because they've been touting this and like you know oh he's returning to the franchise i mean that's in all the promotion for this movie every time you see the trailer right james cameron's returning to this franchise but how much influence has he really had? I, I mean, honestly, I feel that, like that's a genuine question. It's like, a I have great no question. Clue. It's it's a great question, and to be quite honest with you, I feel like he had a vision. He gave it to Tim Miller, and I think that Linda Hamilton had to keep Tim Miller in line. I really do. At the end of the day, it seems that way because it, that way. it does because. Uh, Linda Hamilton has gone to war, in my opinion, like, they're not gonna come out with this, but I think that she kinda went to war with Tim Miller during the production of this. She remembers everything about her character from Terminator 1, Terminator 2. He was trying to take things in a different direction with her character. She had to stand up to him and say, I am not going to have my character do these things. And she was ready to walk off the movie at that point. And that's that's what I I respect about Linda Hamilton is the fact that like she loves this character, she wants to protect this character, she wants to protect this fucking franchise, and uh, and uh, I, I have nothing against Tim Miller. I love what Tim Miller did with Deadpool. I just feel like if <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if I'm Tim Miller, Linda Hamilton is a resource. She was on set with James Cameron. For one and two, two of the best movies ever, sci-fi action movies ever fucking made, hands mm-hmm. down in my opinion. And if you're going to listen to anybody at the end of the day, you need to listen to Linda Hamilton about this. She knows this character. She knows this world. 
And uh, it feels like she got her way. It feels like she fucking, like, grabbed her nuts and she fucking told Tim Miller, this is how my character is going to act in this scene. It wasn't one of those things where Ryan Johnson was telling, you know, Mark Hamill, like, this is what I envisioned for Luke. And Mark Hamill was like, no, I don't see that. But then, okay, I'll do it your way. Linda Hamilton was like, no, fuck you. I'm doing it the way that I learned from the master James Cameron. And uh, she went with that. And so I think, a, I don't know, I think a lot, I think a lot hinges on the series with Linda Hamilton. I think that they they would be stupid to have her killed off. I hate that shit, Rebecca, where you, you feel like you got to get this first movie in and then you got to give us a big death of a major character mm-hmm. right off the bat. I feel like that was the biggest part of the, a big problem with uh, Rise of the Machines was the fact that they just, they threw it out that she had died. You know? Mm, yeah, like uh, 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 that, our whole idea of like an off-screen death that's yeah. just thrown out there. Like, oh yeah, she died. Yeah. And it's like, She's the biggest part of this franchise, and you're just telling me in a throwaway line that she died? Like, yeah, I mean, but my, yeah, I, so this, this other woman who's in this movie, who, she is a human, Mackenzie, but. Mackenzie Davis's character. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, do you think, I mean, I know you have your preference, but like, do you think they're setting her up to be the next Sarah Connor type? Never. Never. This movie? Like, I, I, don't, I don't mean replace her. I know. I know. Replace her, but like, never. Yeah, and, and I know that this franchise is like precious to you, and, I, and I'm certainly not shitting on it, but like, the idea is, are, do you think they're doing like a Star Wars thing here where they're gonna kill off the old guard and bring forward new characters? It, if they do that, I am, not a fan of it. I don't want them just to kill off Sarah Connor for some emotional death. Mm. If Sarah Connor dies, give it to her at the end of this trilogy. But I want to see, I want to see her throughout this entire trilogy. If it were to happen, that it's a huge mistake to get rid of her. It's a huge mistake, huge mistake in my opinion, to get rid of her. She's too important to the franchise. She's, she's more important in my opinion at this point than, um, than Arnold because we've seen what they've done with Arnold over the past past few movie movies and it hasn't been what it what it was I, I lo- god damn it I love Terminator 2 Arnold was at his height of action stardom he was at his height like there was I don't know Rebecca I know that you remember like you remember like Back in the late eight, like fucking, well, shit, through the eighties and the nineties, like what action stars meant to Hollywood, like how oh, yeah. big they were. They, Stallone, they would Schwarzenegger. Take, oh yeah, they would take a an action star like Stallone, um, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, they would take these guys and they would build a whole movie around them. I mean, one of my favorite. Arnold movies, and I this may is probably not a popular opinion, but like it's sort of a guilty pleasure. I love Commando. I love that movie, and it's like the it's like no character development. It's straight action. Was that was that that was that like was that Alyssa Alyssa Milano? Alyssa Milano. That was like before Who's the Boss, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's the one where like 
Well, actually, it might be when Who's the Boss was filming already, because she when when that started, she was real young, she was. very young for yeah. Who's the Boss. Th- this might have been like maybe I don't know season two or three of Who's the Boss. Um, but like it's it's like a, this premise, right? I'm retired from the military. Come back for one more mission, okay? Hi, and then- Rambo. <laughs> Hi, Rambo. Yeah. How you doing? I mean, all of these things, right? Come back for one more mission. They come in, they kidnap the daughter, and then he's got, what, 12 hours, 24 hours, whatever, to get her back. Like, and he's just, Arnold's just out there, like, killing guys, slitting throats, getting pussy. Like, that's all he's doing. And and they would build a whole movie around these guys. And you could... It was like a paint by numbers, but we loved it because, you know, it was these big, you know, roided out guys with the double shotguns and blowing away bad guys. I mean, yeah, T- T2, I, I just rewatched the first Terminator movie the other other week. Um, so good. And I'm going to rewatch T2 like before I watch Dark Fate. Watch it. Watch, um, like, look, look at the progression of Sarah Connor. Through those movies. Oh, no, like, no, you're absolutely Sarah Connor, right. Sarah Connor turns into Kyle Reese. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, it's, yeah. what's, what's amazing about Terminator is the fact that I, and maybe I'm just a huge fanboy here, is the fact that I just believe that it is in a lot of ways a love story. I think James Cameron, for as much as like, he's fucking too much into these fucking Avatar movies, which drives me crazy. <laughs> he's, Two into these avatars, avatar movies, he can do a really goddamn good love story. Whether he wants to do it in a movie called Titanic, which I love the story of Rose and Jack, I think it's a beautiful fucking romance, and I bought into it. Um, but the way that fucking Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese fall in love over the experiences that they have in just hours, like. I, <laughs> I'm so stupid. I believe that those two characters really did love each other. And I feel like once you watch Terminator 2, she has taken over the role of Kyle Reese in that movie. She is the new Kyle Reese in that movie. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's absolutely true. Like, when, when you watch the first Terminator movie, I mean, she's basically like... I mean, she's she's just, uh, like, screaming her head she's, off all the time. She's and, oh, my God! She, you know, and she's soft. Honestly, here's the thing. She is. It's, she, she is soft. We're okay. Here's the thing. I, me put in one of these situations. I don't give a fuck. I'm a man. If you put me in one of these situations, I'm going to be scared out of my fucking gourd. I would have to be put through the trials and fucking, I would have to be put through this stuff to fucking gain the confidence that I can be a survivor. Otherwise, I'm going to be Camille Nanjiani and crying and screaming the entire movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I think he does that so well. I love Camille Nanjiani being frightened and scared. Oh, so, no, he's great. He's so great. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing. She is very unsure of herself. She hasn't been put through any trials or tribulations. Guys, she's lived a life like most of us have lived where we haven't been through war. That's the thing that I want to throw out here is like, we all have it. Like, unless you've been in the military and been to war or lived in a place where like, there's like constant war going on all the time. Like we haven't been exposed to this shit. And so like, that's what the world that she's thrown into. So she's got Kyle Reese as a mentor who fucking shows her how to survive. 
and she survives. She survives, but she knows that there's an imminent threat coming in 1997. What does she lay down and just say it's over now? No, she fucking goes out there and she fucking continues to be a survivor. She fucking meets up with different people that fucking help her train. She learns how to use these, you know, like, she learns how to make explosives. She gets access to more guns. Like, that's the progression of this character. She becomes the fucking military leader that John Connor brags about in the future. That fucking Kyle Reese falls in love with before he even fucking meets her. That's, I fucking, I, yeah. There, there's something, there, there, it's, it, it's a real, you know what it is? It, it's a classic sci-fi story yes. of machines getting, gaining sentience and then taking over. That's a classic sci-fi story. Time travel, classic sci-fi. Right. Um, and then you throw in this sort of time loop thing of like how he goes back in time to save John Connor's mother, Sarah, because John showed him a picture of her ages ago, which he then kept and like obsessed over to only find out that he's actually John's father. Yeah. Like it's because he goes back uh. in time, sleeps with Sarah Connor and then becomes John's father. Like it's a classic science fiction story, but then they threw in like this love story with it. And yes, I, I think James Cameron did a great job, especially progressing her character yeah. from the first movie to the second movie. And I thought, you're right, Arnold is at his height. And so I think with this movie being a direct sequel to Terminator 2, to see Arnold like in real time and to see Linda Hamilton in real time, how they both aged, and she's still kicking ass, she's still badass, and she's teaming up with Arnold again, at least for part of this movie, seems like. Um do you want I don't to see know, a showdown? Man. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks like it's gonna. It's like it looks like a return to form. Do you want to see a showdown? First... Do you want to see a showdown? A fine, another showdown of Sarah Connor versus the T eight hundred. And I got another question for you after that. After you answer that, do you want to see another do final I want showdown? To see another one? Yeah, of course I do. All right, I got another question for you. Would you like to see in a fringe universe, in an alternate universe? Where you could watch, would you like to see what James Cameron could do with a Wonder Woman movie? Oh, don't no. I'm asking you. I'm <sighs> Rebecca, I'm asking you. Like, I, know. I know I know his fucking comments. I don't agree with I, him. I, 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 know I don't agree do. with him. I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him fucking I think that he's fucking I, like, I love James Cameron. I think he's a visionary fucking filmmaker. I loved what he did with Sarah Connor. I think he should have kept his fucking mouth shut with Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman because I love that movie. I 100% love that fucking movie. Wouldn't change a goddamn thing about it. But, like, James Cameron Wonder Woman, would you be curious enough to see what he would do with a Wonder Woman film, would you watch that movie or would you say, fuck you, James Cameron? I'm not watching your Wonder Woman. I'll watch your Sarah Connor. You gave that character, you breathe life, you breathe real life into that character. But Patty Jenkins, that's where it's at when it comes to Wonder Woman. Man, that's a hard question. It's a hard question. Um, I know it is. I, I, you know, I like to throw that. I, I'm okay, curious. Okay. All right, I'm curious. Me, I'm, gonna, I'm a guy. I don't fucking know. I want to know. I want to know these things. This is my absolute 100% honest answer. If you had asked me this question 
and James Cameron had not said what he said, my answer would be yes. Okay. If, but in this world, this timeline that we live in, James Cameron said a dumbest shit thing showing how, <laughs> how out of touch he is. And I know I don't want to see it. And even if this was, you know, him not saying what he said about what about Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman, if it's 2019, I think Wonder Woman, Batgirl, Supergirl, Birds of Prey, I think all of those female centric movies, you you get a female director. I I, yes. I stand by that only because and I don't take anything away from what james cameron has done for sarah connor but i throw it back to say what could a a female director do with that well Uh, like what james james cameron should be doing is opening doors for women yeah like he's been around long enough to open those doors you can do a great female story i'm very proud of you but you should understand what your limitations are and like yeah, but like if you look at if you look at hold on if you look at like here's the thing if you look at like what James Cameron did for the character of Sarah Connor back in fuck I'm telling you, Melissa you were not you were not old enough and I'm not trying to say that this is your fault you were just not old <laughs> no that's fine I'm not Rebecca by that. this is this is something that I want to get Re- Rebecca do you remember what a big deal Linda Hamilton was back in '91 when this Terminator 2 movie came out, how she took that character, how she started to go to the gym, worked out. They showed, like, her fucking vascular, how muscular she was, where she took that character in that second movie. Where, like, in the first movie, she was a soft waitress. I'm going to say it. She was a soft waitress. Second Mm -hmm. movie, she was a hardened, military-minded tactician. She was, she was, I'm telling you, like she was, you wanted a grizzled warrior. That's what you got in Terminator 2. Right. Like, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but j- just to like go back to, to Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman was never a soft character. W- Wonder Woman was a warrior from day one. She was an Amazon from day one. And I'm not saying James Cameron can't progress a character that's already strong, I'm just saying that, yes, what he did for Linda Hamilton, for for that character, for for Sarah Connor, taking her from a soft waitress to this tough, badass woman, I don't take anything away from his work that he did. I still enjoy the Terminator movies, both – well, the first two anyway. The other ones, not so much. But I I enjoy those first two movies a whole lot. But I think when it comes to – here we are in 2019 – and we're talking about Wonder Woman. I, I don't. I think the time for men to direct everything is go, is over because there are a lot more women who are directing, and there are a lot more women who have stories to tell. So and I think- you are not at all curious about a James Cameron directed Wonder Woman. Not. 2019 James Cameron exactly like if they were making the if they were making Wonder Woman back when he was making when he was making these character decisions for Linda Hamilton like yeah sure that would have been great okay like it seems like his sentimentality has changed if you ask Melissa okay if you asked 
Honestly, I think like if you ask Linda Hamilton who she would rather have like direct this film, like if you could throw like Patty Jenkins or any female, I think that I think that Linda Hamilton would 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 pick would pick Jim. I am not disagreeing. I'm playing devil's advocate right now. I'm not saying Linda Hamilton won it because she has a relationship with him that we don't have a relationship with him because for one, we haven't worked with him. And for two, he said what he said. uh, Guys, listen, I don't agree with James Cameron's statement. Believe me, I know that you don't. Yeah, I don't agree. I I know that you don't. I loved Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman. Can't wait for 1984. I'm really looking forward to it. In all honesty, I I think James Cameron basically is really good at taking a character that is kind of like weak and then like turning them into like another character at that point. Like I I think that Patty Jenkins gave us a perfect I think that Patty Jenkins gave us a perfect movie, to be quite honest with you. So if I'm answering this question honestly, would I want to see a James Cameron Wonder Woman? No. I I don't think I would. I, I'm really happy. I'm more than happy with the Patty Jenkins woman uh, Wonder Woman movie that I saw. I think that uh, when it comes to Terminator, when it comes to sci-fi, when it comes to time travel... Uh, that's kind of like where I want to to see James Cameron take his mm-hmm. movies. I it's uh when it comes to James Cameron taking over like a property like Wonder Woman that has been in existence since the nineteen thirties, uh or forties, excuse me. I I was really happy with seeing Patty Jenkins do this. Um she was the best person for the job. She really was. I, I loved Wonder Woman. Like, oh my god, that movie was so good. Now, why no, have, have we not gotten fucking any, Rebecca, why have we not gotten any trailer Wonder- for, for Wonder Woman? Nothing! Nothing! I don't know. I don't know. They pushed I, it I, back I again. I, Gal Gadot. I love her. Why the fuck have I not seen anything else? I don't know. I am... I get it. The Joker movie's coming out in October. I get it. That's fine. I'm glad they're promoting it. But you could also fucking promote Wonder Woman 1984. Well, we might... Out next year. We might get a Birds of Prey trailer, like, before the It movie next week. We pop Let me it. tell you something. If we get a Birds of Prey trailer before we get a Wonder Woman trailer, I am going to flip fucking tables around here. I will be so <laughs> fucking angry. Here's the thing. We, we get a Birds you, of Prey trailer first. I, I'm telling you that that's what's going to happen. Oh, fuck. I, I'm so angry about that. We're getting because, a Birds of Trailer. Okay, we're getting a Birds of Prey trailer before we get a Wonder Woman 1984. Why? Trailer. Why? Because why? We're, I'm telling you, like it's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. Like they've 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 wrapped filming, from what I believe. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's done filming. It's you know what done. else is done filming? Wonder Woman 1984. Well, yeah, it's true. It's they, been done filming. I know. They, they. I, I, I'm not mad at you, of course. I'm. Just I know you aren't. I'm because I love Wonder Woman so much, and I just want my trailer. They showed. They well, they showed it. 
I think it was CinemaCon. They showed some footage yeah. from Wonder Woman 1984. They showed a mall scene, and then they showed they showed a mall scene and something else. And we haven't seen anything from that. We know that we are getting. I I think what I've heard coming out this week is that we're getting a Birds of Prey trailer that's going to be released with it. Chapter two. They started filming the movie in January, so they had plenty of time to put this together. So I think that we're getting it shortly. It'll probably drop with It Chapter 2, and then it'll be released online sometime within the next couple days. So, yeah. I, I, you know, here's the thing, Rebecca. I hate the fact that James Cameron had to open his fucking mouth about fucking Wonder Woman to begin with. Because I think James Cameron is a brilliant filmmaker. And he's a visionary. And I wish he would have just shut the fuck up. I think, like, I think that's the thing we got to understand is, like, these fucking people that make these movies, they... They look at it in, through a different lens than we do. When James Cameron watches Wonder Woman, he looks at it as so like, oh, what would I have done with the character? Right. Yeah, but, you know, I, I, I get that. I don't disagree with what you're saying. But at the same time, I mean, his – and I'm not – this is not verbatim. But the idea is that he said that, yeah, Patty Jenkins did a great job writing Wonder Woman, writing the character, directing the character. But really, I did the definitive, you know, definitive, by the I way. That is the word that he is. He's trying to definitive bring. Definitive female character. And he's I'm trying like, to bring attention to fucking. He's honestly, in my opinion, I think James Cameron is trying to bring attention to his fucking Avatar movies, Rebecca. Well, that's fine. He can make all the dumb Avatar sequels he wants. At the end of the day, how tone deaf do you have to be? How far up your own ass do you have to be to understand you are attacking you are attacking not only a fellow director, you are attacking a female director, you are attacking a huge female character. He's an like old man. Woman. He's an old man. Well, he don't you know give what? a it's shit. 2019 and time's fucking up. We don't care how old you are. <laughs> Time is up. When you're, Enough of this bullshit. When you're I old. I wrote the definitive character. I'll write a definitive <laughs> character on your fucking dick. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> when you're old. When you're I, this unopinium. I hope somebody fucks him rectally with his unopinium. Wow! Wow! I cannot. Take it. I cannot. Take it down a notch. That that. Wow. I don't understand. I don't understand what what is so hard about respecting a fellow filmmaker's work that you have to throw in that you are the definitive. Why? When have I? I have not ever respect that she's a a fellow filmmaker. I have not ever heard you come to the defense of of filmmaker Mick G like this before. Like (laughs) when when me and Jake were fucking giving you know Charlie's Angels full throttle bullshit. (laughs) When we were destroying that movie, I did not hear you come to the defense of Charlie's Angels full throttle, directed by Mick G. Rebecca, what's going on here? That's a terrible movie, though. That's that fake feminism, oh, I could kill a guy with my vagina movie. Like, that's 
just so stupid. I hate those Charlie. I would. Movies. You know what would be what, what would make me so happy in the future is the I would love to see in a future in the in a, in a perfect future I would love to see Patty Jenkins direct a movie. And James Cameron be an executive producer, and we could all put this behind ourselves because I, <laughs> I'm I'm being serious. I love both of them. I love. I both know. Of Listen, them. I I'm still gonna go watch Terminator: Dark Fate. I'm still gonna go watch that movie. I still watch Terminator: Terminator Two. I still love those so films. Still enjoy Titanic. Alien. Uh, Abyss. Of course, Abyss is a. I I own Abyss. I love that fucking movie. True Lies. James, True Lies. James Cameron has done a lot. Of really He's a great, great work, filmmaker. He's a great but filmmaker. But he needs to he, shut the he fuck up. He does need to shut the fuck up. I need to shut the fuck up sometimes too, Rebecca. But do I? Do I? No. no. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes, sometimes I make, I make, I make, I make the episode 150% more rapier than it should be. No. Oh God, no. <laughs> you do not. You're the least rapey person I I'm, know. <laughs> sometimes I bring it up though. You know, I'm just bringing it up for shock value. I think, I think that, I think that there's nothing that you can't say. I don't want to, I honestly, to be quite honest with you, I would never want to offend anybody. Like at the end of the day, if like something I said, like really hurt, like if somebody didn't come at, if somebody came at me respectfully and I felt like I came at them, in a disrespectful way, and they told me it would make me feel bad. So, yeah, I don't know. I I think that James Cameron. I I I'm in agreement with you. He probably should have kept his mouth shut. It's a beloved movie. I love Wonder Woman. I don't give a fuck what he said. I still think he made the best movie that I've ever seen in my lifetime in Terminator Two. I love that movie. I fucking love it. But he should have kept his mouth shut about Wonder Woman because it's a great movie. Well, there is nothing definitive in art. So, like, to say that is just... It's an opinion. It's all subjective. <laughs> it's all subjective. I think it's I think it's, it's one thing to be, like, just, like, random. You know what I mean? Like, if you get on Twitter and you read, like, random, you know, Johnny McFuck Nuggets said, I didn't like Wonder Woman because of blah, blah, blah. You're just like, whatever. I don't give a fuck what Johnny McFuck Nuggets thinks. But, like, all of a sudden, like... James Cameron tells you like what he would have done with his Wonder Woman movie, then James Cameron's a huge asshole. <laughs> it's I try to think about it like this. James Cameron didn't go Bill Cosby and fucking rape anybody. He just said like this is this is like what he would do with Wonder Woman, I think he's stuck in his ways. I think, I think he's stuck in his ways and the ways he writes women. And I think like we, we are past that. We're, we're at a day and age where we want women to write women. I want a woman to write Red Sonia. I want a woman to write. Yeah. I want a woman. I want a woman to write Catwoman. I want a woman to write Wonder Woman. You know, I want a woman to write She-Ra. I want a woman to write all these characters because they're going to understand these characters more than I would ever understand. I, The series Pen15 I thought was absolutely hilarious because I'm getting to see, I'm getting a look into like what girls were thinking when they were fucking, you know, 14 and mm -hmm. 15 years old. And I, I'm getting a real kick out of that because you've got Maya Erskine, you know, writing this show, doing this show. 
and 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 giving us the insight on like what girls were thinking and what you know what what kind of awkward things they were going through during their years of puberty and that's that's what I want I want authentic stories if I want to watch a story about uh you know um you know uh black oppression I don't want it to be written by Brian Singer you know what I mean? Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I want it to be, I want, I want, I want, I want somebody that's, you know, of that ethnicity to be able to tell that fucking story. And that's the day and age that we're in now. Like, I, ugh, it's true. I mean, it, it, true. even think about like, um, the, we were talking about this show a little bit earlier, Big Mouth. Yeah. Right? Mm. Talking about, Boys and girls going through puberty, right? You had an episode where Jesse gets her first period and what that's like. And then one of my favorite bits of the show was when they're talking um, to one of the boy's older sister and they're trying to like figure girls out. And in their mind is like, you know, 11, 12 year old boys, girls don't get horny. Only boys get horny. Oh, girls and- get horny as fuck. Well, well, that's the thing, right? It's like when the older <laughs> sister is like, uh, yeah. girls get horny too. And they're like, what? And it like blows their mind to the point that their head explodes. Right. Like these are stories. This is the- these it's, it's the female experience it- of, gro- of growing up. That's why I loved book smart so much. Like, yes. The whole idea of, of girls and young women discovering themselves and having. Why do we a- have love? Better. Here's a. Here's the question, Rebecca. Why do we have love for the shows? We're getting deep. I'm getting deep. Getting why deep do now. we have love show? Why do we have love for the shows like The Wonder Years with Kevin? Winnie, we never saw fucking Winnie fucking trying to flick her fucking bean under the sheets. Nope. But I, I bet you she was. I guarantee, I guarantee you Winnie was fucking, she was making herself, she was making herself Winnie under those fucking sheets at night thinking about Kevin Arnold or whoever the fuck. I guarantee you, but we never got those stories. Winnie was just there. Winnie was just there for Kevin, right? That's what I do appreciate that about shows like fucking, um, it's always been kind of taboo to fucking, you know, the female orgasm, you know, girl. You know. It's, it's been taboo because society says that women aren't supposed to enjoy sex. Because if you're a woman and you enjoy sex, you're a slut. What the but fuck is that die. about? Look at a horror movie. <laughs> exactly. But like the whole idea of that women embracing their sexuality and enjoying sex having multiple partners if that's what you want to do Rebecca. or not having sex if that's what you want to do if that's those are the stories i want to see today in 2019 Rebecca that's if i wrote I a book see. if i wrote a book about my sexual encounters if i wrote a book about my sexual encounters it would be titled did you come cuz like that's <laughs> That is like that's like the important thing to a guy. We want to satisfy women. I don't know. Un, I don't understand why Hollywood is all about like not wanting people to know that women enjoy sex. Like guys want to know that they have pleasured their partner. Like that's a thing. Like. I don't know. I don't know where that's coming from. That's crazy. 
I mean, but look at like what just happened with uh, Kirsten Dunst. She just got a star on the Walk of Fame in Hollywood, right? She had a big speech. Uh, her career, uh, you mentioned earlier, has had its ups and downs. It has. Absolutely. But when she was 12 years old, she was nominated for a Golden Globe. But when Reuters wrote up the story about her getting her Walk of Fame star, they said that her claim to fame was that she was spider-man's girlfriend that was her claim to fame to the point that women on twitter called out reuters and said you are seriously defining her by her connection to a male character is that she was nominated for a golden globe at 12 years old one of the youngest actors to ever do that and this is what you bring up to the point, this is what Hollywood, this is what the media, this is what society does. It defines us women by the men that we're associated with. So, of course, the stories that Hollywood is telling are male centric stories and women are the backdrop. It's changing. Yes, it's changing. So, yeah. I don't want to see James Cameron direct Wonder Woman because why the fuck should he? When we have act, we have directors out here like Patty Jenkins and Ava DuVernay and um, the woman who's directing Mulan and her name escapes me. What? I don't need James Cameron to direct Wonder Woman. He can go fuck himself. I've got. But should he not be able from. to have his opinion on like how he would? Should he not be able to have that opinion and be able to voice it? He should keep his opinion to his fucking self. Really? You can have an opinion without acting like your opinion is the word of law. Exactly. Well, okay, so he... Yeah. Like, he's he's the best filmmaker because people haven't been at the table yet. Like, if he wants to say that he wrote the definitive female character, like, that's great. It's because nobody's had a chance other than you yet, and it's because... This is a fucked up system where we are so slow to adapt and so slow well, to I, all right, hold on. So like, Melissa. Yeah, you think you've done that, but like you need to give other people a chance and see what they can do. I don't agree. And like you don't get to definitively decide someone else's story. I don't agree with James Cameron that a woman or any character has to go through t- like horrific things in order to become like to come out on the other that, side. Right. And that's a whole other thing. I feel like the, like, I feel like the character of Wonder Woman, whether she, whatever she goes through, it doesn't matter. She's got this inner fortitude. She's always going to be a badass. So like, I, I don't feel like you have to fucking have her go through like trials and tribulations in order for her to be a badass. I, I don't think like that's like, any woman has to go, you know. But like, if they don't go through those trials and tribulations, and they are a badass, then they're a Mary Sue. Yeah. No. How did they fuck do that? that? Fuck that shit too. I fucking love Ray, and f- from I'm talking, you know, tra- oh uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars. Yep. I I fucking loved Ray from day fucking one. I fell in love with that character, and there's a lot that. You know, people, how did she fly the Millennium Falcon and shit like that? There were simulators on her planet of Jakku. Like, like, how did, like, they, it's the same shit with fucking Luke, you motherfuckers. Yeah. It's the same fucking shit. But, but, but nobody questions Luke because he has a dick. 
stop. Uh, but it, that oh, needs to stop. That needs that needs to stop. But that's but it, Brian. I know that's that's what this is what women go through on a daily basis is that we are constantly on the defensive about every fucking thing is it any wonder that i'm angry a lot of the time trust me trust me i get it i get it angry (laughs) i get it i don't understand i've never understood guys that just want to i've never understood guys that just want to date or be with somebody that they feel like they're superior to. I've always, as far as like looking for, I've always, <laughs> I've always been attracted to women that are smarter than me. I always have been. I've dated doctors. I've dated lawyers. I've always, and it's not easy to be smarter than me. I'm borderline moron, so it's not that hard. But I've always been attracted to women that are smarter than me because I feel like they have. More, they're more interesting. I, I, I like to talk to them. I never feel like, like, like uh, less superior. I actually feel like I'm more superior because I'm with them. Like, wow, look at my woman. She's fucking smart as shit. You know what I mean? Like, she's interesting. Um, I don't understand guys that are so macho that need to feel like they need to have a woman that's barefoot and pregnant, you know, within the next, within the first six months of being with, with them. I, I like a woman that can think for themselves and, um, we need to move past this. I, I, I really do think as a society, we really like need to move past this and we need to, I mean, I'm not saying like we need to, we need to, I, I would love to see a woman president. I'd like to, I'd like to see the right one. I'd like, I really would. I think we need it. We had a black president and it was, I, I don't talk politics. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. You're getting close. To I'm really trouble. close. I'm really close. I'm really close. I, I'm telling you, a feminist episode. Jesus Christ. They got both oh of you God. on here. We went like real deep there for a while. I'm telling you guys, like I can sit here and I can fucking talk about, I can be devil's advocate and I can talk about dicks and all this other shit and laugh and stuff like that. But like, I think in all honesty, I think the whole world would just be a beautiful place. If we all just fuck, if we were all equal, if I could fucking walk into a fucking like uh jiffy lube, and if uh, Susie wants to fucking, you know, fucking rotate my tires or change my oil, I have no worries about it or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. James Cameron, keep your fucking mouth shut. Wonder Woman, beautiful fucking movie. Great fucking movie. Let's talk about Blumhouse. Blumhouse released a synopsis for the new Invisible Man movie directed by Lee Winnell this past week. Um... Are you guys excited for this new fucking Invisible Man yes. movie? Extremely. I'm excited for whatever Lee Winnell wants to do. Okay. Amen. Okay. Let me hold on. I know I called it the Invisible Man, but it's actually the Invisible Woman because we've got the film centers on Cecilia Cass, played by Elizabeth Moss, a woman trapped in a violent, controlling relationship with a wealthy and brilliant scientist. She escapes in the dead of night and disappears into hiding, aided by her sister, their childhood friend, and his teenage daughter. So, Cecilia's abusive ex 
commits suicide and leaves her a generous portion of his vast fortune. Uh, Cecilia suspects his death was a hoax as a series of eerie coincidences, uh, coincidences turn lethal, threatening the lives of those she loves. Cecilia's sanity begins to unravel as she desperately tries to prove that she's being hunted by someone nobody can see. This is the, uh, it's the invisible man. It's directed by Lee Winnell, who is the director of Upgrade, which is a movie I fucking loved. And then it's not going to be The Invisible Man. It's going to be The Invisible Woman. It's starring Elizabeth Moss from The from the Handmaid's Tale. She was in The Kitchen recently. Best part of The Kitchen, in my opinion. The whole fucking... 100%. 100%. I love the relationship. I love that movie, though. <laughs> I know, I know, I heard, I heard you liked it. I thought the, I thought the movie, I thought the movie would have been better as a fucking, if they would have spread it out over a fucking. Oh, for sure. Eight and episodes. Like, I think series. the movie has problems, but I like it. Huge, huge fucking problems. I love fucking Donald Gleason and Elizabeth Moss relationship in that series. Mm, I, I would have, they fo- were great. They were great. I would have focused more on that fucking shit over an eight episode series rather than giving I'm sorry. Rather than giving this new director her th- this this movie, I think she was thrown into the fire. And I think I I don't think that uh, Tiffany Haddish, for as much as I love her, I love her. I don't think she was ready for this. I really don't think she was ready for this role. She, I don't know necessarily that her character was written well enough, but I like really like with her. Like I felt like she did a lot of. Face acting. It was. Oh, hold on. Here's. I it. was really impressed by. All she did was sneer. I know, but, but it was a good one. She, uh, Tiffany Haddish can sneer like a motherfucker. I trust me, but like acting Her is acting is not <laughs> fucking sneering the entire movie. In the kitchen, it was. <laughs> but I'm, well, that's why the movie. I'm, here's the thing. I love Tiffany Haddish. I will continue to watch Tiffany Haddish fucking comedies. I've seen, I've literally dropped money to see every comedy that she's done in the theater. I promise you. But fucking two, like an hour, yeah, an hour of her sneering at the end of this movie was just not, she was just not ready. (laughs) She was not ready for this type of a role. So, um... I think there's a great movie in there. I'm glad that you liked it, and I respect your opinion. <laughs> I'm not trying to be all James Cameron, but I, I know you're good. I respect like, your I'm, I respect your opinion, and I opinion. I do see that there were some great things that happened in that movie. I loved Elizabeth Moss. I loved her relationship relationship with Donald Gleason's character in that movie. I would have loved to see that fleshed out a little bit more. We didn't get that. This is the Invisible Man. This is fucking Elizabeth Moss. This is Lee Winnell. This is crazy. I can't wait for this. I'm super fucking excited. Aldous Hodge is going to be starring in this. He was recently in Brian Banks. I'm a huge fan of this actor. He was in um, Friday Night Lights. He played Voodoo. He's in the new series on Showtime uh, with Kevin Bacon. I The name escapes me right now because I drank an entire fucking bottle of whatever this fucking peach margarita. Is there anything left? I'm going to try to... Whatever's left in here, I'm going to try to get it. Come here. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got whatever's left. I literally have no alcohol left. I might have some beer in here. I might... Yeah, I think I have a little bit of... Uh, what's that shit called? 
It's uh oh mudslide. I think I got some mudslide. Oh, you got mudslides up? I might have to. I might have to bust that I, out here. I've drank eight beers. Eight? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> eight cans of beer. Rebecca, I give it up. Give it up. I yeah. I uh-huh. killed a whole fucking. This is like a glass fucking like like uh, this looks like an award like that you would get. You know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like you go to like, you know, like you won something. You know what I mean? And they brought you out on stage, and you're gonna go out there and give a speech and shit. Like whatever I'm holding right now, it contained at one time a peach margarita. It looks like a goddamn award. Like I could walk out on stage right now and like hold this up and like this is for you, mom. Like I'm talking about my dead mother at this point. This is for you. You did that. <laughs> and in all honesty, I'm just shaking a bottle, and I'm and I'm inebriated right now. You know, um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Invisible Man. I got the OA no, uh, the OA news right now, and this upsets me. Um, Rebecca, I know I don't think that you watch the OA. Melissa, do, have you ever started the OA? Is this something? I haven't, and I'm God damn so. It. Bummed about it. You need to start. Bummed that I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Bummed that it got canceled. Like, yes. I hate it. The uh, Brit Marling, Zalblat Maglige, these are two creators that I absolutely love. Brit Marling stars in this series. This is uh, news from Dark Horizons. I, you know, I've gone on Twitter. I've used the hashtag Save the OA. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter to Netflix. Netflix's uh, drama series The OA, which abruptly canceled a few weeks ago, after two seasons, will not be getting a Sensate-style telemovie reprieve. Variety reports, this is something that I talked about. I said to myself, like, I said it on the show, actually. I said, I don't want to see the OA get a wrap-up movie. You can't wrap up what they brought into play at the end of season two in a fucking movie. This article proves it. It goes on to say, Variety reports that Netflix... And the show's creators, Britt Marling and Zalbat Manglige, talked about the idea of tying up the uh, show's loose ends in a movie format. However, the series' original plan was to run over five seasons. And oh, a, wow. Yeah, and a two-hour conclusion wouldn't have been sufficient. And because Netflix is the self-producer of the show, no other network can intervene and save it. As a result, the cast has been released from their contracts, and the show is very much dead. Mar- oh, that's really sad. I fucking hate Netflix. Fuck Net. Thank you. Fuck you, Netflix. There are people that like, love this I show. I do not trust them, and they make bad choices. Why are you out here with the third season of 13 Reasons Why? Why were you out here oh with the my second God. season? Honestly, why were you out Thank here you. with the first season in the goddamn first place? Why okay? are you making... Now we have Sense 8, a oh. travesty, Santa Clarita Diet, The Get Down. You canceled The Get Down. You the canceled, OA, like, You canceled why? Tuka and Birdie, and you out here Tuka giving... How the you, fuck did they cancel Tuka and Birdie? You, you out here giving money to Adam Sandler and Marlon Wayans <laughs> to make <laughs> shitty comedies that aren't even funny. How, how the fuck are you going to cancel Tuca and Birdie, which was one of the funniest things I've it ever was seen good. on TV? So good. I, I talked about Tiffany Haddish and how much I didn't like her in the kitchen. 
I love her in Tuca and Birdie. She's Bernie. the bestest Tuca. She is so, Ali Wong. Yeah, Ali Wong, who is hilarious. You have two female comedians who are some of the funniest people out there right now. The show is written by a woman, developed by a woman, created by a woman, and then you're out here canceling that. And oh, but let's keep making a season of Thirteen Reasons Why they for some reason. One day at a time. Like Netflix came out here last award season and said, "We're trying to give a voice to underrepresented filmmakers," and then you canceled literally every fucking thing that's interesting on your service. Ridiculous. We're trying to give a voice to underrepresented filmmakers, and then they fucking they strip that voice. What the fuck? Come on. Because yeah, I'm sure that Adam Sandler is totally unrepre- underrepresented. That's why they gave him a nine, whatever, six picture deal, whatever they gave him. Give me a fucking break. Somebody please pick up Tuca and Birdie. Although I have a feeling that's probably tied it's, up in Netflix too. It's Netflix. So yeah. I, I hope that that's not the last you guys, one we like, see. You don't know. You don't know. If you haven't watched the OA, you don't know how this last cliffhanger from season two is going to drive fans crazy for the next, I'm not, I'm telling you, there are going to be people in 30 years. I'm not exaggerating. There are going to be people in 30 years that are talking about what season three of the OA would have brought us. Like that's how important this show is to some people. Go to the Reddit subreddit for the OA and tell me that this show is not important to people. Guys, I've been on the subreddit for the OA for since the show came out. Like, there have been people theorizing. I have watched, you know, I've completed the seasons and I've watched people as they've started to watch these seasons anew. What's crazy is the fact that this show gets canceled People have started this hashtag of hashtag save the OA. And I've read on the Reddit subreddit, saw, I saw the hashtag save the OA. It's made me curious about this show and why you guys like it so much. Mm, I believe it. That I started to watch it and I've now fallen in love with it. I believe it. And I can't understand why you've canceled this. Like, this is... It's maddening. It's fucking maddening for me that I will never know where they would have gone over five seasons with this because it is, uh, it's an incredible show. They're doing stuff that nobody else was doing and it's really sad that I can't get somebody to save it. Like, this is not like the Mindy Project where Hulu's gonna jump in and save it. This is like, it's Netflix or nothing and it's nothing now. So. Fuck you, Netflix. Why, Netflix? Like, explain yourself. Like, oh, fuck you, Netflix. How does... I'm sure these shows are fine. But, like, explain to me how Fuller fucking house gets so many seasons. Like... I, I, I don't get it. I really... It's very upsetting that they and what like they thirteen canceled. reasons why where multiple legitimate outlets have come out and said like this show is actively dangerous to teens. Like let's make more of it for sure. I the, I okay. I enjoyed the first season, but like upon reflection, I realized like how it did glam. Excuse me, glamorize suicide. Yeah, right? 
Okay. When I finished the first season of 13 Reasons Why, I was actively fucking mad. Like, this is a person who you see her reaching out for help and she is ignored, which I understand that that happens. Well, that's an important message to tell, too, right? I, and I, I get that, but like, what would have been better than watching her actually go through with it would have been watching her try multiple avenues and find one that worked for her. But it happens. Like, it ha- here's the thing. It, it happens. Okay, I'm gonna I tell you, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell you from experience. Not enough in real fucking life. I'm gonna tell you from experience. When I was fucking 20 years, 21 years old, on June 5th of 1999, I took a razor blade to my wrists. And I had to be admitted into the hospital and I had to watch as they fucking stapled my fucking hand, my fucking wrist back together. They had to put five staples in my wrist. I have a scar on my fucking left wrist from when I fucking tried to commit suicide. This stuff happens. I think, I think, I think they glamorize. I, it, it's good and bad, Melissa. I'm not mad at you. I'm saying they, I'm not mad at, they, like, gla- I'm, they, they, gla- I'm not mad they at glamorize. You. Like, I love you. They glamorize these tapes. They glamorize these goddamn cassettes. Like it's mm-hmm. cool. Oh, you're going to get back at everybody when they yes, listen. Like the when manipulation they, yes. is so ugly. When I, like when she had, like she gets the final word. Like that's what's, that's what they present as glamorous yes, about yes. suicide is that she gets the final word. I from agree. Beyond the grave. I fucking agree. When I fucking tried to kill myself, I didn't fucking leave a fucking voicemail. I didn't fucking leave a little note for everybody to read and blame everybody and say, you did this, this is your tape. I didn't do any of that shit. And there was a lot of factors going into why I did what I did. But on June 5th, 1999, no, excuse me, June yeah, it was June, excuse me, June 3rd, 1999, two days before my sister's wedding, mind you, I tried to commit suicide and um, I slipped my wrist and was taken into the hospital and they put five staples in my left wrist I remember, I remember as they were putting, they, they put like some needle into my wrist to like make me not feel it, like make it numb or something when they put the staples in and they did that. And then all of a sudden, like when they did that, like a bunch of blood just shot out of my wrist. Like I could literally see the veins in my left wrist. Like that's a wild thing when you're looking inside of your skin and you can, like those veins that you see on your wrist, like when you're actually like looking at them, it's a wild fucking thing. I was lucky that I didn't physically cut one because I cut downwards that day that I did it. I didn't do that fucking because I had heard like that's the way that you do it. Like if you're going to do it, you're going to cut down. You're not going to cut horizontal. So I cut down and I used a, a turkey knife, like one of those knives that have like really sharp fucking ridges and shit on it. 
and um, I cut down, and I remember as they were putting that needle in there to like reduce the pain, I saw like all this blood shoot out, and I was like, "Is that normal?" Because I'm freaking out. He's like, "No, it's <laughs> the doctor was a dick." He goes, no, it's not normal to have a fucking open wound in your wrist. And I was like, well, excuse me, David Spade. I was like, wow. That guy was really rude. But props to that sarcasm, sir. (laughs) 20 years later, boom, (laughs) you killed it. Like, that would be me if I was that guy. But, uh, yeah, then they put... uh, five metal staples in my wrist and to this day when I look at my sister's wedding pictures and I'm wearing that tuxedo I know that under that I have a I have a bunch of bandages wrapped around my wrist and I would have died that night I I wanted to die that night I it was just a it was a terrible I was ready to go at that time and I feel like that 13 reasons why there's a part of me that like I really enjoyed that first season Melissa but a part of me like I understand like how this can send the wrong message to teens and it glamorizes suicide there's nothing cool about suicide there's nothing cool about being taken in to the emergency room and having them put staples in your wrist and there's nothing cool about that it's not cool yeah, the visual of it is not what I ever had a problem with because it's gruesome and it's horrible. No, no, the, the, scene, the scene in the true. bathtub, the scene in the bathtub is chilling. And I think that people needed to see that. And for them to cut that out is bullshit. Yeah, that makes That's mad. what you need to you see. You put this on your service and you had it there for two fucking years. That's what I needed to see. Like, when I physically saw it, like, I have a scar on my left wrist for the rest of my life. It's a constant reminder of, like, why I... <sighs> I did it two days before my sister got married. It's a constant reminder of how selfish I was... And that marriage then led to, like, my niece and my nephew being a part of my life. It's a constant reminder. Like, that is, like, that, I think that visual for teens to see that, if, they, if, they're, if they're old enough and they can handle it and they can see that, that bathtub scene, they need to see that. It's the, I think it's the, I think, I honestly think it's the glamorizing of those goddamn tapes and the revenge. Yeah, and it's the idea that she won by doing that. Yes. Absolutely. This is, this is so, this is your tape. Dangerous. Yes, it is very dangerous. It is. I agree. I fucking agree. And don't tell me I fuck, like, this is something that I fucking, I've done. So. Don't fuck. And yeah, I mean, I'm not bullshitting. I've, Rebecca, you've seen, I've shown you the scar. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. Yeah. I, I, I got drunk and showed Rebecca and a few other people <laughs> the scar. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I'm not, I did it. It's a part of my life. It's a part of my life. It's a part of what I did. When I, yeah, it's a, it's a part of me. So, you know, it's like, I'm not ashamed. I did it. I'm, but I'm still here today. I'm still here today, and I'm glad that I am. 
I'm glad that I am. Well, I'm, we are too. We're glad you're here. I know. Too. I know exactly you are. are. I know you are. It's just, it's, I just, I just want everybody to know that like life sucks. It fucking sucks sometimes. It fucking sucks. It fucking sucks. I'm not saying like every like every day after that it's been perfect for me, and I've never thought about ever fucking doing it again. I've thought about it. I've never gotten to that point again where I fucking like sat down with like a knife or pills or anything. I thought about it. Life isn't perfect. But there's there's something. There's something. There's something you can do. Don't fucking. Don't do it. I hate that. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. Don't let anybody, don't let, any, don't let, whatever. I mean, I know we fucking joked about Bill Cosby, but man, my God. Think about what those women have gone through. Think about all the women, all the victims have fucking gone through mentally, what they've fucking gone through with people doing shit like this to them. Like, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Like, for me, it was, a lot of the verbal abuse that I've had in my lifetime. And it, it all caught up with me because I... It's another story. But, like, <laughs> it's a whole another story. Don't let anybody dictate who you are or how you feel about yourself. You can always do things to change. Yeah, I'm getting real serious right now because you never know who's listening and who might need to hear this. Um... Don't just reach. God damn it. Just do something. Do something for yourself. Reach out to somebody. Reach out to somebody that you know that cares and loves you. And um, do something for yourself. Take care of yourself. And uh, don't ever get to the point. God damn it. And for, for the love of God, don't... I did what I did when I fucking tried to fucking commit suicide. I was fucking drunk. I was on alcohol. It was the dumbest thing ever. Oh my God. You are not thinking straight when you're fucking drinking. I'll tell you that much. I was fucking drunk as a skunk and shit just hit the fan and I, I did it. It was just a reactionary thing. So are you guys speaking of fatalities? Are you guys excited? For for the, for the new Mortal Kombat. <laughs> what a segue. Woo! Wow. Yeah, are you excited? New Mortal Kombat. I know that, Rebecca, you're not like a big video game person. Uh, it, Melissa, as far as I know, you're not like the video game person. This Mortal Kombat has found its new Shang Tsung. They've got Scorpion now. New line has cast Chin Han to play Shang Tsung. Chin Han played the, uh, he played Banker Lao in the, uh, Dark Knight. Do you remember in the Dark Knight where, uh, Bruce went over, uh, and, uh, he went to Japan and took that, remember when he used like that fucking, what was it? He used like those bat wings. And he like yeah, sword uh-huh, in there. I remember. Yeah, and he took that guy back to America and shit. And they, yeah. Yeah. That's Chin Han. That actor is going to be Shang Tsung. Oh, and, cool. Uh, he also played uh, Frank Chen on Arrow. But then they got uh, as Scorpion, 
what's his name? Hiro Yuki Sonata. He was uh in uh The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise and then he was also in um The Wolverine. He was the villain in The Wolverine. Um and then in a uh, Endgame in Endgame uh do you remember uh Jeremy Renner when he was fighting the guy on the streets of Tokyo? Mhm. That's Hiroyuki Sonata. Uh, is he in the expanse? Oh no. He's not. What he This was is a, what I'm supposed No, I don't know. This is what I'm supposed to know. He was in a uh he was in a he was in a sci-fi show and I thought that he started off and I know it's a space show. And I thought he was in, I thought it was Hiro Yuki Sonata. I'm looking him up right now. I think he was in The Expanse, but I could be wrong. I don't know how to spell that. He was in Westworld. He played, yeah, he was in Westworld. He was in uh, Shogun World. He played uh, Musashi. Oh, he was in Life. That movie, the the Ryan Reynolds movie, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal film, um, Helix. He was that's the show. Helix. He was in sci-fi. Like, sci-fi's Helix. Oh, I've not seen that. I'm telling. you, If you guys saw Hay- Hayaruki Sonata, you would know exactly who this actor is. He's been a character actor in so many things, but this guy is uh, tapped to play Scorpion. For Mortal Kombat, I I know that you, I, I think that both of you are like not like invested in Mortal Kombat lore, which makes sense. It's just it's I mean you have to have been raised on these video games to really be kind of like invested into these characters, but they're doing they're making all the right moves right now. We've got some great castings here. They got. Um, Joe Solemn from uh, the Raid movies playing Sub-Zero. Ludi Lin from, he was in the Power Rangers movie. He was also in the, uh, um, was it Striking Vipers? What was it? Striking Vipers. The Black Mirror episode. Um, they got uh, Jessica McNamee as Sonya Blade. Uh, Josh Lawson playing Kano. He's in that, uh, was it, Super... Superstore show. Um, Makad Brooks from Supergirl playing Jax. Like, that's a role that this guy is made for. That, you know, he's jacked. He's huge. He's not made for fucking Jimmy Olsen. That's silly. I don't know. Louis Tan, he was our Shatterstar in uh, Deadpool. He was also in End of the Badlands. We don't know who he's going to be playing, but I don't know about you guys, but I am, I think this Mortal Kombat movie is shaping up to be a fantastic film, R-rated, with real legit fatalities, and this cast is coming from, I mean, Hiroyuki Sonata, like, I love this guy, fucking Joe Salim from fucking, uh, the Raid films, Ludi Lin, Makad Brooks, this is, I'm looking forward to this, and I cannot wait, and I hope that like Melissa, Rebecca, with you guys not being like so invested in the Mortal Kombat movies, I hope that this when that when this does come out, that this will make you fans of the franchise. Mm. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I'm definitely interested in seeing this. All my Mortal Kombat knowledge comes from pop culture leftovers. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, like, Sonya Blade, like, that character... You know, if we're, if we're, you know, if we're going with our feminism fucking theme that we've had going on this episode, Sonya Blade, yes. is, she's the woman with the strongest legs ever. And that was the cool, that's what I loved about her in the original movie and in the video games is like when she would wrap her legs around you, like she would fucking snap your neck. Like that was the part of the movie that I thought was so cool. It's like she killed, Kano killed her partner. Um, so she got to fight Kano in one of the first battles in Mortal Kombat. She wraps her legs around Kano, snaps his fucking neck. She was a badass. That actor, that, what was her name? That was, she's married to Pete Sampras now. <laughs> the, the tennis player. Mm-hmm. Oh, um. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Mortal Kombat. I'm looking up that first movie. She was in Billy Madison. She played. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I know who you're talking about. She's been in a. She was in a lot of like 80s and 90s movies. She was in a lot of 90s stuff that I remember. She might have been in 80s stuff. What was her fucking name? Bridget Wilson Sampras. Bridget Wilson. Oh. Bridget Wilson was her name. Now it's yes. Sampras because she's married At the time, her Sampras. name was Bridget Wilson. Yeah. Oh my god! I used to, <laughs> I used to have the biggest crush on her. I thought she was just so gorgeous. Oh my god! That was like when I was like a teenager, though. Yeah. She got out of acting, and she just was like, "I'm gonna." I'm going to be a mom and I'm going to live on this fucking Pete Sampras tennis money. And I can't blame her. <laughs> I really can't. She did, she did a great job in Hollywood. She was fucking Sonya Blade and she was in one of the best Adam Sandler movies. She got out while the getting was good. Yeah, so, for sure. <laughs> good, good for her. She was, I don't know. I really liked her. Um, did you hear about this news from Dark Horizons? It was, uh, it's a new Del Toro film. But it's not going to be directed by Del Toro. It's going to be written by him. Lopez Del Toro plan a werewolf western. Wow. <laughs> Have you heard about this? I did. I know. <laughs> I heard something about he was. Isn't he producing it? Yes. Rising young filmmaker Issa Lopez is teaming with legend that is Guillermo Gil- del Toro on a werewolf western drama with Lopez directing and del Toro producing. Lopez's Spanish language horror tale, Tigers Are Not Afraid, is currently in a limited release ahead of a larger rollout. Uh, set against Mexico's devastating drug wars, the story follows a group of orphaned children armed with three magical wishes running from the ghosts that haunt them and the cartel that murdered their parents. Of the project with Del Toro, though, Lopez tells Entertainment Weekly, we're prepping for a werewolf movie, a supernatural western. It's a werewolf western. (laughs) I'm super super (laughs) excited. He has the script. I wrote it. He loves it. And we're gearing up to make it. Rebecca, uh, hold on. Okay. I love everything about this, but like, let's go back to, uh, I want to throw this out to you. Uh, 
the man that killed the Adolf Hitler and the, the Bigfoot. <laughs> and the Bigfoot, right. right. Fun, right? That sounds fun, right? Yeah. I'm also going to throw out another title to you. Hold on. Are you ready? Ready? Yeah. Uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> that's not fun? That's not fun? like a hoot. Hold on. Let me throw out another one. You ready? Wait, let me know when you're ready. Uh, I'm, I'm totally ready. Cowboys versus aliens. You ready? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay. Does this sound fun? Like a, a werewolf western? It sounds fun, right? I mean, it does, but... All those other movies sound fun too. Yeah. But then you watch them. Yeah. And they're not fun. But <laughs> this is okay. This director, she goes on to say, she says the thing is, there's not really that many brilliant, brilliant werewolf movies. And American Werewolf in London is the big one. I think it's time to revisit. It's about revisiting the essence of what it is which is trying to contain the beast in you. It's as simple as that. And I think that that's perfectly relatable with humankind and particularly the moment that we're living in. There's no word on a production schedule or expected release plan for the title. Really, that's all we know is that this director is working with Guillermo de Toro on a werewolf western. It sounds fun, I'm a huge fan of Del Toro. Um, I'm not familiar with this director. I haven't looked at what other work she's done. But um, if we she can get... Some, she has a movie that's out right now. She wrote it. Tigers are not afraid. That, yeah, that's uh, that's the movie that, that was in this article. Where she's Tigers is not afraid is currently in limited release... It's set against Mexico's devastating drug wars. The story follows a group of orphaned children armed. Oh, sorry, sorry, you did say that. All that. No, it's fine. I'm just. Why would you want to listen to me? You know. I'm fucking. Sorry, I apologize. I'm I'm fucking with you, Rebecca. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was for comedic effect, and it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. But um, this uh, it's one of those things where, like, I'm I'm a huge Del Toro fan, and I love the fact – I love it when directors like Del Toro um, shepherd in a younger director. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I think that that's really cool. I really love it when you've got, like uh, – like a big director shepherding in a younger director and giving them direction and then, you know, letting them kind of like, uh, you know, learn from you. So I'm hoping that, uh, there's nobody else better. If you're seriously, if you are this director, Issa Lopez, and you want to do a monster movie, there's nobody better to fucking be. No, this is a fucking dream. Have you ever seen a tour of uh, Guillermo de Toro's house and the love that he has for the Universal monsters? Like, this is yeah. This this director Isa Lopez, like them teaming together on this project. Guillermo de Toro is a huge fan of the werewolf, the Universal monsters in general, and. Um, I'm hoping for the best. Like, we always get these werewolf movies, and 
like even in the eighties, we got Teen Wolf, we got Werewolf, Werewolf in London, we got Twilight, we've got werewolf uh, movies for days. For them to take werewolves back into like earlier, Rebecca, we were talking about Young Guns. Can you imagine like a werewolf showing up in the time of like Billy the Kid? Oh my gosh! It could be fun, right? I mean, it could. I mean, the fact that Guillermo del del Toro is attached to this as a as a producer, I think that's exciting when it comes to a monster movie. I mean, he's. He said, and even when he won his Oscar for Shape of Water, you know, he basically said that he's in love with monster movies. Like that's yeah. what he loves to do. And and I think he what he loves doing is not just making monster movies, but I think especially if you watch like Shape of Water, you see that he makes the monsters relatable in a way that you you can't believe or and then he kind of shows you how sometimes it's the humans that are the real monsters um god i love shape of water so, so much fucking good wasn't it i fucking love that movie i'm telling you like like the mm, whole so cast the, michael shannon was fantastic in that movie what was the what was the female lead what was her name oh um she was fantastic she was She's so good. great. Oh, God. Sally something. Sally that Hawkins. Yeah. Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins was great in that. Um, God, I fucking love that movie so much. The Shape of Water was so good. And Michael Shannon was great in that. Michael Shannon. Like, I think Michael Shannon. Here's the thing. I think Michael Shannon sells himself short in some of the roles that he's been taking on. Sometimes. I think he needs to be more choosy. He's that good. He's that fucking good. Like, I loved him in, um, you know, Waco. He was in Waco. Oh, yeah, he was great in Waco. I loved him in Waco. And I loved him in Midnight Express. I thought he was great in that. And Have you guys seen The Little Drummer Girl? No, I haven't seen it. Well, it's like Michael Shannon, Florence Pugh, Alexander Skarsgård. Like, it's what really the fucking good. Fuck. I love everyone in that cast. It's on AMC. Go get it. I will watch <laughs> that shit. It's so I, good. Fucking uh, Midsummer was such oh a my fantastic God. film. I'm seeing the director's cut on Sunday. Why? <laughs> so, okay. So, the director's cut, that's a real fucking thing. Is that. Oh, yeah. Is that is it is that a nationwide release? I think it's nationwide, but only through AMC. Okay. Is it a- so? It like depends on what theaters you have near you, and it's only playing like. So I've talked to another person who's seen it in a different market than I am, and it it's so in Chicago, which is a pretty it's a decent sized market for movies. Yeah. yeah. It's only playing at 9 p.m. Like the whole week it's playing. It's they're doing uh, one showing of it. Here's the 9 p.m. Listen to this fucking shit. Do, ha, you've seen the Babadook, right? I haven't. What? Rebecca. No. Have you seen That's the Babadook? Bad. I have not. What in the fuck? The director. I, I'm a big fan of the I'm a big fan of the Babadook. So I I saw that movie in the theater. I actually reported on that, I reviewed that show, uh, that movie on um, mm-hmm. PCL years ago, and uh, I love that movie. The new movie that she's got, The Nightingale? <gasps> yeah. 
It's, yeah. It's play. <laughs> I've got it playing here. They're playing it. At, okay, they played it tonight at 9.30, which, of course, I missed because I'm recording. They played it yesterday at 9.30, which, of course, I missed because I was working and I was tired as shit. And then um, they... Uh, the last day that they're playing it is Thursday at 9.30. So, yeah, like, why? I know. Why are you only playing these movies so fucking late? The people who want to see these movies, like, no offense to everybody who wants to see these movies, but, like, I'm too old for this shit. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm definitely too old for this. You're still, you're still young enough to where... I'm definitely too old for this shit. But I'm going to be waltzing into this theater but, at 9 p.m. with a fucking Starbucks in my hand, like an old <laughs> basic bitch. You guys have like, no idea how much I've been looking forward to The Nightingale. I love The Babadook. It was one of my favorite fucking theatrical experiences that I had. I'm a big fan of Jennifer Kent. I think that she's a fantastic director. The night, uh, the fucking Babadook is like one of the best horror films that I've seen in a decade. I think it's incredible. And I know the Nightingale has taken a lot of scrutiny re- recently because of some of the scenes that are portrayed in the movie, um, mm. which I think are going to be uncomfortable. Uh, but I still want to see it and pre- support this director because I think she's great. So, um, the trailer looks amazing. It really does. Thursday's my last day to see this, and I got to see it at nine thirty. And the problem is, like Friday, you guys, people don't know how much I sacrifice for this fucking show. <laughs> I, you know, I got to get up at like five thirty in the morning to go to work. And there's nights where, like, I will watch stuff really fucking late at night. And this might be one of those that I fucking, like, I make the drive out to the theater at fucking, you know, an hour away at a theater and watch this movie so I can report back to everybody just so maybe 20 people might be interested in seeing The Nightingale at the end of the day. And uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, I'm... Uh, I, yeah, I hope to report back next week. I said, I, uh, God damn it, I hate it. I want to see this movie so fucking bad. Three, fu- this pisses me off, Melissa. Three, th- they showed the farewell at the art theater for like 20 fucking days, but they're only giving the Nightingale three fucking days. Like, what? Like, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know who, who makes these decisions because it oftentimes feels like it's not people who are seeing movies. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's jump into Marvel news. I'm not going to play the bumper. What do we got? Uh, oh, yeah. If you get bored this week, uh, type this web address into your browser. Is Spider-Man back in the MCU yet dot com? So type that. <laughs> type that into your browser if you do get bored. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Um, there. Listen to this, Rebecca. <laughs> Discussing film, editor Jacob Fisher and Geeks Worldwide's Chris Polito are claiming that New Mutants test screenings are happening. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the, <laughs> Listen to this. Jacob Jacob Fisher tweeted, there's been discussions of New Mutants test screenings going around today, so I'll add my two cents. Heard it's a decent... I, I, hold on. Heard it's decent... 
Seems this new cut adheres more to Josh Boone's original ver- vision for New Mutants of a scary, uh, scarier horror comic book movie. And then Thomas Polito says, hearing the New Mutants test screenings went surprisingly well. I'm shocked by this. You think it's real? I, I don't know. I just, it's real. <laughs> what? Do you think that Disney would do test screenings for this? It's Disney at this point, right? Yeah, but like, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. Like, they're not going to release this in the theater, are they? They're doing test screenings They to figure out, to figure out if it's worth a theatrical release. Interesting. That's very interesting. What what would you do? What would you do? Would you really release this, uh, release this theatrically or would this be like something? Yeah, like, would you think? I, I'm telling you, I dump it on Hulu. But is it gonna be a? Is it gonna be like something that's gonna garner like Hulu subscriptions? <sighs> I know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but but here's the thing. Like, who who is okay? Who doesn't have Hulu and is like, this is gonna be the tipping factor? Like. I think that's a very small. It's a very small people. Venn diagram. It's gonna right? be like it's gonna be like fans that are of the X Men, and then even more fans of like New Mutants, and then maybe fans of like, uh, you know, uh, what's her name, Maisie Williams, or you know what I mean. I think it's a very small I, Venn diagram of people who would get Hulu for this to begin. I, I feel with. like it's more likely that people would like maybe keep Hulu. If they were thinking about getting rid of it for this, but like, I find it hard to believe that anybody's signing up for a streaming service for one lone thing. <laughs> like, if you don't already have Hulu, it's going to yeah. be like the addition of like, like people being like, New Mutants is great, and like all of these other things that on Hulu are great. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, new mutants on Hulu. I better sign up for it. Like that kind of seems insane to me. It, yeah, it and does, not just new mutants, yeah. but like any property. Yeah, it does seem weird that a majority of people would be like, oh my god, I just saw the new mutants movie on Hulu. Let's check out the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> like, That's so no, true. But, Do you but like being would... miserable? <laughs> Keep but watching. But they might be, say something like, oh, I just saw The Gifted. Why don't I check out Cloak and Dagger or The Runaways? Like, that's in the same type-ish of universe. Like, that, I think, is more likely. Yeah, that's true. They just, I, I think Hulu just needs to let you know. I think Hulu needs to do, do better as far as, like, letting you know, like, what they have that's Marvel-based over there, right? Like, after, mm-hmm. after, um... After you watch the New Mutants movie, it should directly, you know how like it directly sends you to like another show or something? Like it should directly send you to the Runaways at that point. Yeah, like the the Runaway starts in three seconds and then all of a sudden like you're watching the Runaways, which is a great show, people. So, um, yeah, New Mutants screenings are apparently rumored to be happening and people are enjoying it. I, think that I believe that maybe test screenings are happening, I have a hard time believing that people are liking them. That's, <laughs> that's my biggest issue. Um, 
couple more stories. We're going to wrap this up. Cinematographer for Venom 2. Have you guys heard about who the cinematographer for Venom 2 is? No. Robert Richardson. If you're not familiar with Robert Richardson, he was the cinematographer for a few movies that you might have heard of. Um, Inglorious Bastards, Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. Yeah. Hold on. I'm not done. Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. JFK. Martin Scorsese's The the Aviator. Django Unchained. I'm not done. Shutter (laughs) Island. I'm not done. Shutter Island. Wag the Dog. I love that movie. It's so good. A Few Good Men. I'm not done. Born on the 4th of July. This guy is a legend. Robert Richardson is the cinematographer for Venom 2. Yo, that's fucking wild. It's fucking, it is fucking crazy. And he was talking with Collider and he confirmed that Woody Harrelson's gonna be back to play Cletus Cassidy for Venom 2. This makes perfect sense to me. This is a big question that everybody was asking. He's like, oh, they teased him at the end of Venom. Is is Woody Harrelson going to come back and be in Venom 2? And I was thinking to myself, do you not realize that Woody Harrelson was in a movie called uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, which starred Andy Serkis, who is also directing Venom 2? Of course he's going to fucking come back and uh, be Cletus Cassidy for this. He went on to say, this is Robert Richardson. He said, I would say yes anyway. They asked him what drew him to the project. This is what he said. He said, I would say yes anyway to Andy, just because I would say yes to Andy. But I also think it's great. I think it's unexplored yet, and it's going to explode. And this film, I think it will help ex- help it explode. Because you have a remarkable central character with Venom. But now you've got Woody Harrelson. He's going to obviously make his own little interest here. And we'll see what else comes in with the Sony-Marvel collaboration. I look forward to it. It's a massive change for me, but I'm excited. I think Hardy is one of our best. So, yeah. It looks like, yeah, we're getting Woody Harrelson confirmed for the role of Cletus Cassidy for Venom 2. I never had any doubts. Yeah, I mean, they, they introduced him at the end of the first one. I mean, he was in it for like, what, 30 seconds or yeah. whatever? His, it was his really limited screen time. Like Post credit scene, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here's, this is interesting. John Schnapp, before John Schnapp passed away. First off, I'm going to say, Rest in peace, John Schnapp. I really, I really liked that guy. I thought he was a cool guy. Um, before he passed away, he said that Spider-Man was going to show up in the Venom film as Peter Parker. So first he was like, yeah, Spider-Man's showing up in Venom. And then he like, then he came back and said, no, no, it's not spider it's Peter Parker. Oh. But then, listen to this. Apparently, it's true, according to Jay Washington, he was on an episode of Collider Live. He said, Tom Holland filmed a scene for Venom. Marvel Studios made Sony remove it from the movie. Here's his quote. I'll tell you the truth. Tom Holland did did film a scene for uh, for Venom. 
Marvel saw the movie and was like, take him out. Take this scene what? out. Peter Parker was in Venom, not Spider-Man. That, that, John Schnapp, 100% correct. One, I've reported this on the fucking show before that John Schnapp said that Peter Parker had a scene in Venom. We've got Jay Washington on an episode of Collider Live saying that this was filmed. I'm telling you that by the time we get to Venom 2, we're getting Peter Parker or Spider-Man in that fucking movie. This is happening. I'm, it's happening. It's going down. I'm ready. I am, honestly, I'm pissed at fucking Disney for this shit. We talk- I'm pissed at Disney too. Keep your fucking gross capitalism out of sweet, precious Spider-Man movies. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Fucking one. It's bullshit. Y'all don't have enough fucking money? Are you kidding me? Why the fuck isn't Sony making any money off Infinity War for fucking having Tom Holland in in Infinity War? He was a huge part in Infinity War. Are you kidding me? Why didn't Sony make 5%, 10%, whatever? That's insane to me. I, I, I read the same article that Disney told Sony to remove Tom Holland's Peter Parker. And I remember that original article saying that Peter Parker would be in Venom, not Spider-Man. John- people were like – "Yep." People were like, oh, my God, they're going to tie it in. I can't believe it. And then he didn't show up, obviously, in Venom. And now we're finding out that Disney was like, you need to take Peter Parker out of Venom. And it's like – I don't think wow. that, I, and Sony did it. I think this is fact. I think this is fact. The article that I read was just from fucking Collider. Like, uh, it was from a website talking about Collider Live. But I remember fucking John Schnepp talking about this. John Schnepp. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. John Schnepp was saying that fucking Peter, first he said Spider-Man and then he come back and he's like, Oh, hold on, hold on. Chill the fuck out. No, it's, it's not Spider-Man. It's, it's Peter Parker. Peter Parker makes an appearance in this. I have full faith. I want, I will want, fuck it. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. I'll fucking, 100%. I think, I think Peter Parker slash Spider-Man is going to make an appearance in Venom 2 in a post-credit scene somehow. Yeah, now. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. So, I don't know. DC news real quick. I won't play the bumper. We're just going to get into this shit. shit. Uh, Speculation is that we're going to get a uh, Birds of Prey trailer arriving with uh, It Chapter 2. I got a Riddler rumor here for... uh, We talked about that earlier, so I don't want to get into that too much. Riddler rumor is... uh, We got this cover. is talking about Chuetel Ejiofor is one of the actors that's being eyed to portray the role of uh, the Riddler for um, Matt Reeves' The Batman film. So what what's crazy about this is that Chueto Ejiofor is playing Baron Mordo in the MCU. <laughs> and so if they're eyeing him to be the Riddler for The Batman... I'm just trying to think of I'm I'm trying 
has this ever been done before? If this does happen, like where we have like an actor playing two major villains for two major <laughs> franchises at the same time. Has this ever happened before? I love Chueta Eji for. I think he's a fantastic actor. I'm just trying to think if we've ever seen two, two, two different roles played by like from two different comic book companies played at the same time. I don't. Um, The only one that's coming to mind, and it's not really. Uh, a villain? It's gonna be, um, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, as, uh, Perry Play- White, and then also yeah, as, as, as uh, Dr. Bill Foster. I mean, I guess you can yeah. make an argument for Josh Brolin playing Cable and Thanos, but they're both Marvel characters, so. Yeah. Just different studios. Yeah. But, like, Lawrence Fishburne having a role in both a DC movie and a Marvel movie, I mean, not a huge role, but. Certainly a role. It's not like they're not saying that he's definitely going to be the Riddler. They're also saying he could also possibly end up as Two-Face or Lucius Fox. So that's a rumor coming from we got this covered. But, yeah, uh, it's definitely sounds like there's talks between Warner Brothers and Chuetel Ejiofor. And I loved him in... Uh, my first experience with that actor was uh, 12 Years as a Slave. And, mm. of course, I watched him as Baron Mordo in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and kind of fell in love with that actor. Uh, Nathan Fillion and Taika Waititi are joining the, Taika Waititi are joining the cast of James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. So <laughs> okay. we don't... Mystery roles. We, we have no idea who they are playing. Uh... We all all I know is I've heard there's going to be a table read from the cast on September 11th, and they're going to start filming on September 23rd. I have no idea who Nathan Fillion is playing. I have no idea who Taika Waititi is playing. Neither of them are playing King Shark. We already know that role has been cast. I have no fucking clue who they're playing, but uh, I think that uh, be. I want to know. Rebecca, Melissa, I'm curious on your thoughts. What's your most anticipated DC movie? Wonder Woman 1984, The Suicide Squad, or Joker? I'm talking, guys, I'm talking fucking... These are three big movies, in my opinion. Um, For me, personally, it's, it's Wonder Woman 1984. As, as most anticipated. I'm having a hard time between Wonder Woman and Joker because Joker's so close. <laughs> like, I'm about to see it. I'm so excited. Um, but just, like, all things equal, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. Guys, Because like- I, if I could trade them in existence, I would have picked Wonder Woman out of the deck to get made in the first place. Oh, yeah. Same here. <laughs> I can't decide. Like you, put, <laughs> like, you put a gun to my head. I can't decide. I, I, I know what Patty Jenkins did with Wonder Woman, and I love it, and I can't wait for Wonder Woman. On the flip side, it's like we've got James Gunn working on a Suicide Squad movie. 
But then we also have Martin Scorsese producing a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Are you, I know. Are it, you I, fucking kidding me? Like, this is a great time to be alive where I, I have this discussion of like, which DC movie are you looking forward to the most? Wonder Woman, which like, I loved Wonder Woman. I'm, I can't wait for Wonder Woman 1984. Fucking Kristen Wiggis cheetah. I can't wait. Oh my god. Suicide Squad directed by James fucking Gunn of the Suicide Squad. Are you kidding me? And I'm getting a fucking produced. Martin Scorsese is producing a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, Mark Marin, fucking uh, Zazzy Beats. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god! It's fucking wild to me that Zazzy Beats is in that movie. This is this is the world. Zazzy Beats. I love. You know what? Honestly, I think. Yeah, do you, are you watching Atlanta? I'm not. No. What the fuck? Watch Atlanta. It's a problem. I know. Yeah, it's a problem. We gotta address <laughs> that shit. It's fucking great. You like Brian Tyree Henry? You like Donald Glover? You like uh, uh, what's his name? Lakeith. What's his name? Lakeith Stanfield. Is that his name? Fucking. You name? know. I these people. What the fuck? Why the fuck are you? Why the fuck are you watching Atlanta? It's a great fucking show. It's so no, good. But speaking of Lakeith Stanfield, everybody watched Someone Great. It's so good. What's it called? It's a Netflix movie. What's it Someone called? Great. Someone Great. It's a, it's a it's a Netflix original. Yes. I haven't seen it. I haven't even heard of it's it. A beautiful film. Um. On the very surface, it's about female friendship, but it's also about like figuring out. It's about like, a, she, hey, does Shira show up in this movie? <laughs> Listen, no, but like she would love this movie. Wow, Rebecca, you hear that? Yeah, I, I heard it. <laughs> Rebecca, am I? Is, the, am the I? Music am I is complete so good. Lakeith Stanfield plays a precious boy who you love, but like they. I don't want to spoil it. Don't spoil it. Because I've already gotten in trouble. Give me the, give so me just the, go watch Someone Great on Netflix. Okay, someone bye. Great on <laughs> is this Was this a new release this year? Uh, yeah, it came out in April. I fucking love Lakeith Stanfield. I need to watch this shit. Are you she looking? is a beautiful song. Have you guys signed up for the Knives Out fucking um, the text messages that they send you? Like the text service no. for Knives Out? No, I didn't know this was a thing. When you go to the movie theater, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Johnson. I'm a huge fan. I'm not as big a fan of Chris Evans as Rebecca, and I never will claim to be, but I do enjoy well, some Chris Evans. Well, nobody is, except maybe Brooke. That's exactly. <laughs> Brooke Doherty. But, like, I love Chris Evans. I love Ryan Johnson. I love this cast that they put together for Knives Out. And so when you watch the trailer at – um the uh at the movie theater there's like a text message service that they give you and they tell you to text what was it i'm gonna look it up for you guys if you want to it's like it starts with a two jesus christ i'm looking through my text messages right now it's ridiculous oh have you did you guys see that fucking ashton kutcher text message service like te- what <laughs> yeah, Ashton no. Kutcher, like, re- like it was this whole thing where like Ashton Kutcher like gave out his cell phone number on on fucking Twitter or Instagram or something, and so like text me if you're being sexually trafficked. What? 
<laughs> he has a nonprofit. Yeah, he's done a ton of work to help sexually traffic children and people. Well, that's good. That's yeah. a fantastic thing. Yeah. No, it was not a great joke, but it is a good thing he's doing. No, I, <laughs> you're being sexually trafficked. No, this is not what like like fucking. He did the, okay. If you want to text, if you want to text fucking Ashton Kutcher, text him. You can text him at three one nine. Five one nine, oh five seven six. It was a thing on Twitter, and he fucking like here's my text, and you text him, and then all of a sudden, like so randomly, I just get text messages from Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Wait, what does he, what does he tell you? Like, what do they say? Just, sometimes he talks about him and watch my new movie. No, like- nothing like that. Sometimes he's just like. I was fishing with my dad today. <laughs> it's true. Here's what he just want. Here, here's one. Here's one. Just wanted to send some weekend love. I'm sorry I can't respond to every text I send, but my hope for you is that you take one step in the direction that delivers the future you want. Choose direction wisely. And it's followed up by Tom Cruise is running, laughing emoji, and a YouTube <laughs> video for you to watch. <laughs> this shit is getting out of control. You guys know about the Jeremy Renner app? Yes. What? Yes. Jeremy Renner has an app. What the fuck is Jeremy Renner app up to? It's like a Jeremy Renner social media app. Like, you join this app, and he, like, posts to it, and, like, you can read his post to it, but you can also, like, post to it and then be in, like, a closed-loop social media situation with, like, other Jeremy Renner super fans. <laughs> but, like, doesn't it also give you, like, recommendations for stuff to buy and, and stuff like that? I honestly have no fucking idea. Why? <laughs> it's a thing though. Like it, it's Twitter like, is it good enough for it. y'all? It's a real thing. <laughs> it's too much. Oh my if the, if you went to Applebee's and okay, we were talking about a Jeremy Jeremy Renner app. Apple. What if there was a Jeremy <laughs> Renner appetizer? What would you want it to be? I would want it to be a fucking, I would want it to be like potato skins and they call it the hurt locker and it's just like double loaded fucking potato skin. I'm talking like, what? I'm talking eat. twice baked. I'm talking double the chives. I'm talking double the sour cream. I'm talking double the bacon, double the cheese. I'm talking like three cheeses. Double the fun. Double the fun. Double everything. And they call it the heart locker. And, like, it explodes in your goddamn mouth. It explodes somewhere else, too, probably. It explodes Yay. in your butthole when it comes out the other end. <laughs> your butthole done explode. <laughs> That's what they, they call it the heart locker. <laughs> Wow. We're going to wrap this up. I, Rebecca, Melissa, you guys are awesome. Thank you. 299. This is one episode before. This is 
one of the worst episodes I've ever recorded. <gasps> but on the flip side, how dare you? <laughs> no, I like honestly. I think like listener enjoyment is going to be like I don't know, maybe it two percent. Like you know what I mean? But like for me, for me, I've had a good time. I've had a good time. Rebecca, have you had a good time? I had a blast. Rebecca, has I had a, a wonderful time. Melissa, have you had fun? I, I, yes, that's all I'm concerned yeah. about. I'm, I'm never. I, I'm gonna be offended if these listeners don't have a great time. Ah, that's how em. good of a time I had. Ah, fuck these little bitches and their fucking ears and their little <laughs> headphones. You know what I mean? Fuck them. I'm listening. Fuck you and your ears and your whatever. You know what I mean? I don't give a shit listening and shit. Give me a one star. I don't give a fuck. I got. Over 600 that say that me and Jake are kicking some ass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being a dick. I am being a little cunt. (laughs) You know, (laughs) next, oh my God, Rebecca, are you, you're, you're rocking it for 300, right? We're doing this shit. For one more week, my friend. Yeah, 300 next week. I will be on. We're doing this shit. To be a whole, I'm looking forward to I'm it. I had you. fun being on 200. Yeah, uh, but you, when were, I you was on, at, were you on? Were you on? Were you on the whole episode? No, I was not. I joined at the end yeah. for the last Welcome. hour. Welcome um, to the whole motherfucking shebang. I am extremely. Um, I'm, and this is without sarcasm. I am extremely honored to be a part of the whole Don't thing. Be. I really am. You fucking earned it. You fucking earned it. Oh, thank you. This is like that commercial where that fucking woman is like going in for that promotion and that fucking fucking dickhead, that white male yeah. dickhead gets she that She always fuck, gets passed over. And she gets passed over. That doesn't happen on PCL. We recognize, we fucking, PCL recognizes fucking like, fucking talented vagina we're like just like oh my god that is that was a horrible thing to say i'm sorry i thought the rest of me is is pretty okay too (laughs) not just there's a lot of (laughs) i was i was trying to be funny there i know oh okay let's 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 take something serious and take it like a down a dirty road and it didn't work out so well but no we recognize you not only for the fact that you have (laughs) female female genitalia are you gonna do it okay (laughs) (laughs) rebecca we have you on this show because you have great opinions we love talking to you you're great you're fantastic I fucking I can count on you. You're so fucking wonderful. That's why we have you on this show. That's why you're gonna be on fucking 300. And that's well, that's why I have I oh my god I drank an entire bottle of the ultimate margarita, the peach mix. It's gone. I finished that oh. shit like an hour ago. I've just been like rambling on. Like <laughs> I, I'm like running on like margarita fumes right now. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I would just like to say that there are a lot of talented women involved with PCL. There are. Um, yeah, like. Wow, why um, are you trying to call me out on that? I am stuff? not trying to call you. Wow. Oh, Brian, I just want to, I just want to correct you and just say oh, that there's not only it. just me, but there's a lot. There's oh, Brooke Doherty who's killing it, right? She's really helping yeah. out, especially with the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, right? Yes. There's, Who else? There's 
There's Brooke Doherty. We have a lot of women who contribute to the Leftover Army Facebook page group. So like Bridget and Jesse and Laura. Stephanie Chapman. Stephanie, my good friend Stephanie, who I have not hung out with in a while. Um, We have to fix that. Um, Melissa here on the fucking show. Of course. Uh, We also have uh, Michelle, uh, Jake's better half, who's a big part of our group as well. Like, there are a lot of women involved uh, in on PCL, on the Facebook page group that are doing stuff behind the scenes. Cindy, Brooke's roommate, Cindy. I mean, there's a lot of women involved. If I forgot your name, I'm sorry. I'm very drunk. I've drank nine beers now. No, no. I'm sorry. Um, But I I think uh, that's – I think I – I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for anybody else. But, like, if PCL wasn't a place that I felt comfortable as a woman to listen or to come on the show and feel like I would be heard – if I didn't have those feelings, I would never come on your show ever because why would I want to go to a place where my opinion is not valued, where I'm not valued, where I feel like the hosts are treating me like shit because they're men and I'm not. Like I would never come on a show oh my God. that like, it's, made me feel that way. Yeah. And so whenever you text me and say, hey, do you want to be on? I always try to say yes because I love being a part of this. I love being a part of this show when I can be and I love being a part of the community. So. You're a fucking blast. You're fu- you're so much fun to talk to. The the whole thing we were talking about earlier where people are like, oh no, another Rebecca episode. That doesn't happen. It's not existent. Like I, if if anybody's the villain of this show, it's me and I have, I've embraced that and that's totally fine. I will take all the fucking slack for this show, but I'm not going to stop being me, people. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. You shouldn't, because who got to episode 300? You did, with the way that you are, with the way that Jake is. That's that's how you got to 300. Why change now? (laughs) It's no... It's there's no point to changing now. I'm just glad that like throughout doing this show, I've got to meet people like you. I got to meet people like Melissa. I've got to peep... I've got to meet so many different people, like Joe Vitale from the Vintage Geeks, David Isaac uh, from the Vintage Geeks. I've got to meet Scott Schutte. I Like, I'm going to save this all for 300. I'm probably going to be crying. Like, I've been tearing up all fucking week thinking about 300. And, like, the nearly seven years that I've been doing this show, and it's... Rebecca, it's really a cool thing when you get, a te- like, a, an email... From somebody that's saying they've had a rough time, they've listened to you mm-hmm. and your show, and that your show has made a difference to them. And I agree. That's like a huge thing. And Rebecca, you're a big part of that too. You're a big part of that. And you're a big part of this show. Like, it's not like, God, I, I can't even say that I was here from episode one because I wasn't. From episode one, I wasn't myself on that. I was still just getting used to podcasting. Like, I, it takes a while before you can really kind of like be yourself and just like be out there and. Oh yeah. You're always you're, self, you're, you're so right. You're self conscious of like, I'm getting recorded right now. I'm getting recorded right now. I'm a, I'm at the point where this is second nature right now. And like, I'm, I'm like, I know I'm being recorded, but on the flip side, it's like, 
I can just be me. I can just be out there. I can just say whatever the fuck I want to mm-hmm. say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What the fuck is texting me? Is it uh, your mom? No. Wants to know about the cauliflower pizza? It's not <laughs> my mom. Mom. Fuck Jimmy. Is it my mom? It might be. Fuck Jimmy John's. <laughs> Can, have you guys been following this Jimmy oh, John's shit? Yeah. Fuck Jimmy John's sandwiches. I will never eat. What the fuck eat. did he do now? This motherfucker. This motherfucker. A bunch of these pictures surfaced to him fucking, like, uh, with the elephants, killing oh. elephants and all these endangered species and shit. Yeah, and- he's, he's like a big game hunter and oh, he yeah. takes all these pictures, which I did not know to be, I, and to be, to be honest, I don't think we have a Jimmy John's here in New York, Good. although I heard the name J- Jimmy John's. We got um, one. I got one down the street. I used to fucking eat at Jimmy John's. It's been years since I ate at Jimmy Boycotting Jimmy John's. Fuck Jimmy John's. Like, all the animals that I see him posing with, the dead animals, it's not like I can get an elephant burger at fucking Jimmy John's. For real, though. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Okay, their their headquarters are in Champaign. That's probably why you got one right down the block from you. Uh, Champaign, Illinois. Jimmy John's I, was started at Eastern, where I went to college. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. So their, like, original store was right there. And we ate it all the fucking time. And then it was like, yeah, the big game hunting. And then it was like, I have friends that have worked there. And, like, you wouldn't fucking believe the rules that he has for like his front of line people, Fuck like, really? like the demographics of people who can work together, the demographics of people who can be managers and who can own stores. Well, fuck him. It's ugly. Fuck the franchise. Stop eating at Jimmy Chat. Army strong. It's, <laughs> honestly, if you need a fucking like. Deli meat sandwich, get it local or go to the fucking grocery store. If you store. want a deli meat sandwich, you know my number, send me a text. Ashton Kutcher texts me all the time. I'll make I, you a sandwich. Ashton, I will make you the sandwich personally. Ashton Kutcher, personal friend. Ashton Kutcher, personal friend of mine. Text me all the time. Talks to me about family and life and fishing with his dad or whatever the fuck. He sends you Tom Cruise videos. He, he clearly knows you really well. No. Rebecca, oh my god, I give I you. Mean, I give you so much. I give you. So, I my my goal. My goal before the end of 2020 is yeah. to make you a fan. Of- <laughs> I I I seriously, my goal before the end of 2020, I I want to make a trip out to New York, and I just like unannounced and unannounced, and I want to show up. I want to show up at like your doorstep, knocking Uh on the door, ringing the doorbell, just like Uh you're gonna hear the doorbell just going off like crazy and shit. Just gonna be what the fuck, what the fuck. What the, is this Jimmy John's? What the fuck? Wait, who's delivering these? Who's delivering these sandwiches? Oh my God, Ashton Kutcher, and oh, he wants my phone number. I know. Send me Tom Cruise video. I am gonna be there, and I am gonna open up this fucking briefcase, like the fucking, like the briefcase from Pulp Fiction, like where he opens it up, uh-huh. and it's like you see like the gold light and shit flash and shit, like in front yeah. of your eyes. But it's gonna be that briefcase. I'm gonna open it up with all these. The latest Tom Cruise films. 
and I'm gonna be like, get your ass inside. We're gonna watch. Oh my God. We're watching. We're watching all the Mission Impossible movies. Oh, we're to, we're no, 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 no. It's me it's and you. So late. Why do you always bring up Tom Cruise at the end of the episode? You should bring it up at the beginning when I have energy to fight with you about it. All right, guys. Rebecca, thank you so much. Melissa, where can people find you? Can they find you on a podcast somewhere out there in the interwebs talking about oh stuff? Oh, my God. Yes. You can find me on the Wild Pretty Things podcast co-hosting. It's a bunch of other feminist crap that we love. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. Wild Pretty Things on the iTunes, on the Apple Podcasts, on the Stitchers, on the Spotify. Yes. It's there. Check it out. You know what else? Rebecca, thank you so much. Next week, episode 300, Jake's coming back. <laughs> You're coming back. We're all coming back. I'm going to fuck some shit up. You guys are going to get to talk to me. You're going to get to talk to me. It's going to be fucked up. It's going to be fucked up. There's been so many people that are like, you know, like, if I got to talk to this guy, this is what I would say. Welcome to my world, bitch. I'm going to Fuck your shit. I'm gonna fuck your shit up. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna have so much fun. I can't wait to interact with you. It's gonna be so much fun to talk with you. I can't wait. Talk, Rebecca. We're talking to new people. We're talking to How new exciting. people. How exciting! That's awesome. I mean, we got some familiar fucking voices. We got some familiar faces, but we got some new people coming here. People that have been like, I've not. You know, I've been listening to PCL. I can't wait to talk to these people. You're gonna. They're gonna get a dose. They're going to get it. I'm going to give them the real. I'm giving them the real. I'm giving them the real. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to have good people on here. We're going to have a blast. We're going to have laughs. We're going to have drinks. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. You know what I always tell people, Brian, um, because we have met each other in person in Chicago at C2E2. Yeah. I I tell people all the time, the Brian that you hear on PCL is the Brian you will meet in person. (laughs) He is, and I, I, I sincerely mean this. You are the most genuine person I think I know. That you are not like this is not. You, you are Brian twenty four seven. Like this is who you are, and you make no bones about it. And I really respect that about you. I really love that about you. That when I when I first met you in Chicago a couple years ago, and. It was like we we had been and I had only been on the show like one time, but we had talked on Twitter a bunch and we had talked like on Facebook a bunch. And I don't know. It just felt like we had been friends forever. And and then that was it. We were friends. And that and that was the end of the story. And and I tell people this all the time that you are the most genuine person I know. <laughs> cool. Ah, stop it. But it's true, you are. You are genuine. Like, I'm going to make you emotional. But yeah, you're very genuine. And I I really love that about you. You're not fake. And there's too many fake people in this world. People who pretend to be your friend or people who pretend to care about you or people who worry about you. But then in real life, they could care less about you. But you're not that guy. And I, I really appreciate that about you. I won't bend over backwards for anybody on. I won't bend over any. I won't bend over backwards for anybody that isn't my friend. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I consider you and Melissa, I consider you a friend and I consider everybody that's like come onto the show a friend. And so like I won't bend over backwards for any, but like if I know you and I, and I love you and I care about you, I'll bend over backwards for you. I'll tell you that much, but like, I don't know. There's some people that are cunts and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, thank you, Rebecca. That was really sweet. Thank you. Yeah, I meant it. Sometimes I need to hear nice things because I hear a lot of bad things about myself. And I know. It re- I know. It reminds but me ev- of like everyone... living. It reminds me of my mother. And <laughs> oh, Jesus, listen, everyone on this. Well, let me rephrase that. Um, yes, everyone is deserving of love. Everybody deserves to be loved sure. and cared about. And there are some people that sometimes challenge that viewpoint I have, but at the end mm. of the day, um, at the end of the day, everybody deserves to be loved and everyone deserves to hear nice things about themselves. So yeah, you, you deserve it too. <laughs> well, thank, I really appreciate that. I'm not even going to try <laughs> to say anything stupid and silly and funny. <laughs> at this point, I'm out. I want to thank you guys for joining us for episode 299. Next week is not going to be a regular episode. It's going to be episode 300, and it's all about you. It's not about me. It's all about you. We repay you. We are having you on the show. You get to talk to us. We get to talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what episode 300 is all about. I'm sure that we're still going to have people on here sucking our dicks and saying, you guys have done a great job. Thanks a lot for six years of PCL and whatever. <laughs> but on the flip side, like every year, every 100 episodes we like to have you on because we want to get to know you and we want we just want to get to know you i'm not i'm not afraid i'm not there's podcasts that are out there that are afraid to have listeners on sometimes to talk to them and when it comes to big things like this like i'm not afraid i want to get to know you like i want to get to this is like episode 100 200 i've got to that's like where me and Jake got to talk to Cheyenne Nechi for the first time, who's one of my favorite people ever. I love that fucking guy. And so we're going to have you back on for episode 300. We're going to get to know you. It's going to be a fucking blast. Come back 300, just like all good leftovers say their doggy bags. Thank you for your patrons. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Ready like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a Womp But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it take Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture Push over pop culture Leftovers. Podcast.